You know, that wasn't bad. Yeah, I think it started with We're Live. I'm not sure. But anyway, PKA episode 311 with our guest Richard Ryan. Kyle? Several sponsors tonight. Lyft, of course. Casper. Zip Recruiter. Me Undies. And a brand new one, Stance Socks, that we'll talk about later on. Uh, I've been liking Stance Socks a lot. Did you get get free socks socks you've been talking my ear off about? They're very nice socks. Um, I'm digging them a lot. I don't have a pair on right now. I'm barefoot. Uh, but uh, they're they're on the wash, but they're very very nice socks. I used to get all the PKA swag. Like I, I got a, a case of wet platinum, and we're almost. I started it, complaining. By the way. Yeah, now I get none. Now I'm like, <laughs> I don't know what these socks are like. I want to know. It all goes to Kyle I, now. I, I think I, I don't remember what it was that you got all of one time, and I was like, well, shit, I didn't get anything. I, I, I was like, throw me the next one, and then the next one didn't like go through. Like they were supposed to give us credit on online on their website, and I just never got the credit. I was like, ah, you promised, but I never even got this. So when the socks came around they came to kyle first didn't didn't woody get all the stuff from the wine sponsor yeah being the only guy on this podcast who wouldn't <laughs> drink any wouldn't wine drink at all like if, if kyle got a bunch of free wine he, he wouldn't sit there and be like oh i love this wine but i guarantee you'd try some and you'd be like yeah, hey you know what it. this goes well with this this dish that i cooked or whatever sure. but woody's like oh no 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 there's a lot of lemonade in the fridge that's an emergency like if we <laughs> desperately need calories and we're freezing to death in the winter and the grid goes down like that, that <laughs> wine came up big on the drinking episode though right because i ran <laughs> right through the the uh moonshine and and then i had to break out the wine speaking of which are we recording Yes, although I'm glad you asked. Yeah, yeah. I, oh, I am so, like, conscious about that now. Uh, anyway, Richard Ryan, what the heck is new with you? Uh, no, it's, it's just funny. I love listening to you guys talk about sponsors because I was thinking about I was like, should I bring it up before we, like, go live? Because it's like every single time I come on here, I end up using one of your, like, coupon codes or, uh-huh. or whatever. So I did, I did that with the mattress. I How? did that with something else. I think it was food. I don't know if it was Blue Apron or, like, a snack thing or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Nature but... Box, probably. Nature Box, that's it. Yeah. So Two I'm like, snacks. I'm like, what, what interesting things are we going to have today? Socks. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Yeah, <laughs> maybe a job. Well, if they have if they have wool socks, I will guarantee that I will probably end up doing. It. Yeah. I um, need better socks. No. Well, we're going to talk about that later on. Mm. Uh, you'll you'll okay. see in the ad read. There's a little special thing for for me and you, Woody. Uh, so, so we'll definitely get to that. Uh, yeah. I think this is I the like first episode in which I've shaved. I don't like it. I really like the beard. I felt like I was. Mm. I, Oh, there's well, no bad, I know, Woody. You know what? It was subconscious. I didn't put the things together. But when I looked at your face and I got on the call, I was just like, I just don't care for this guy as much as I thought I did. Like, <laughs> so you know what? I, I thought much. he was a, some sort of rugged mountain man. Dude, and now my wife has had the opposite response. <laughs> like, like I, I, it's subconscious. She's actually nicer to me when I shave. She's more huggy. There's more inappropriate touching, which no, is one training. of my favorite things. She's very manipulative. <laughs> she just like hugging on me and like being nicer to me and and like she just likes me more when I'm shaving and it's to my advantage to be shaven, even though women are so fucking clever with that kind of like training and reinforcement that uh-huh. like I get sucked into it sometimes where I don't notice it when it's like, you know, I, I just, you know, you know, when you come home and you just feel like you have to have your hands busy. And so you're just searching for shit like, oh, there's some dirty dishes. Like I'm going to get all this done. There's some laundry. I'm going to do that. And you end up doing all that. And then your girl comes home or sees it later. And is like, oh, my God, you did this. I was so worried about having to do it at work. And then 40 minutes later, you're getting blown and you're like, oh, I, I'm being trained. <laughs> I'm being trained to think that if I do all the chores, I'll get a blowjob. I'll just be waiting at the this door is like exactly a exactly like how we taught the dog to ring the bell before he went, before he. And you know what exactly, you do? Kyle. You know what you do with that dog? <laughs> with that with that dog, the first few times that it rings the bell to go piss, you give it a treat. What do you do the 900th time it does it? 
fucking nothing. You're <laughs> right. cashing in That's all right. of your short time for a couple of beaches in the in the short term. I, I don't know. It's not what you want. This is a good trade, I think. <laughs> I'm really happy with the arrangement thus far. Since I've shaved, things have been way better for me. It, it's, I, 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 so I don't see myself all the time, but I'm looking at me right now, and I, I wish I had a giant beard, but, you know, you get what you get. Yeah, Melissa likes mine. I don't, I don't like not having any facial hair. Hmm. Too big of a head. It's, it's startlingly round, you know, if you saw me in person. You, you wouldn't want that. It's unpleasant. I'm different. People hate sitting behind me in the movies, and I'm not even extraordinarily tall. You struggle at paintball because of it. Struggle in paintball. I catch a lot of headshots. Yeah. Constantly. <laughs> uh, Always giving our position away. He'd pop his head up. They'd yeah. all see it. There they are. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey, where's the rest of the troop? Oh, it's near the guy with the big head. <laughs> He's like an Elmo head. with the... yeah, Richard, I was watching people do the wingsuit flying. You've seen that, I'm sure, with the like jets a few on the times. side. A few times. Uh, yeah, a few times I don't buy. I don't which, believe which, you. Which, which time? In, what, what video or uh, were you watching? This particular one was in Dubai, and to my surprise, it seemed like there were six or eight pilots in it, as opposed to the usual one or two. It was recent, I think. And um, anyway, people do this stuff to me. They're like, "Hey, Woody, here's something extreme and tangentially related to something you do. Why don't you do that next?" So, but you're actually a wingsuit pilot. This seems like strapping on some like fiberglass wings. Is next step ish. Have you thought about it? What what does it take? Can you buy those? It's so expensive. Yeah. I'm, I'm so sorry. I just wanted expensive. to clarify for those of us who aren't as into this scene. Is yeah. this different than what you were? We watched a video yeah. of you Could last you time where you had the, the suit because... on, like the flying squirrel suit. Is it that thing or is yeah, it yeah, yeah. Okay, so the squirrel suit. The squirrel suit is the typical wingsuit, right? Because it's it's a it's a fabric that pressurizes and fills with air whenever you're you're falling or flying it um with the a lot of the stuff that happens in dubai the rigid wing stuff where it's a carbon fiber thing has uh small jet engines on them and yes, uh the, they yeah they those, those are so sick so <laughs> sick you become the rocketeer can when we I watch this together video, please yes or, or maybe if we it. just mute it and have it like so people know what yeah, we're that's talking cool. about. Okay. When I, I like that better. When I first saw this video um, of the guys in Dubai flying around, I was like, oh, my God, this is like the Rocketeer, that, that, that corny movie from my, my childhood days. They really made the Rocketeer suit. Um, all right. So on three, two, one, play, and then we'll talk about it. Yeah. Three, two, one, play. All right. So I'm gonna... Alpha Jetman. Human flight and beyond 4K. <laughs> Am I the only one who wants to see this weaponized? Like, I want to see some sort of, like, crazy elite commando force flying in with these. It's funny right? to me if that, that, were, that if is that were a good idea, they would have already done it. That's Kyle's default response to a lot of things. Like, oh, did you get, like, a styrofoam remote-controlled airplane? What kind of weapons can we put on that thing? Like, oh, a paramotor. You really need to strap some guns to that puppy. Like, uh... <laughs> Oh, snap. Yeah, but what I if, that's, seen that's neat that you're flying around, but what if we get into a Red October-style scenario? How will, we, <laughs> how will we storm the Russian base? Like, that's I like Kyle's questions on it. Yeah, are yeah. L30 so far, these are just regular jets, as far as I can tell. Uh, just little jets. Hang in there, I promise you. It'll get interesting. That is sick. So they're going to do a flock. Uh, a flock? Yeah. Is, is they're that clearly the... flocking, Woody. I haven't seen this. Is that the term for formation flying? Yeah. Yeah, a group of uh, pilots flying together is like <laughs> flocking. 
It should be called it's a murder. So crazy. <laughs> uh, the guy in oh the red God. suit, as he's flying Man, with this thing on his back, incredible. does not look confident in his his back wing suit. The guy in the yellow, like he has his arms back like a superhero. The guy in the red's kind of like, oh, it wasn't worth six hundred dollars to do this. Like I shouldn't have taken that bet. <laughs> like, look at him. He looks so uncomfortable. Every now and then, I get a good look at the engine. I'm so interested in that technology. I want to see that up close and and know more about it. What's the range on this? How is fast that, is it Richard, going? Is that right something now? you know? The range or speed? Uh, I, you know, I don't know the range. I know. Um, so one of my buddies uh, has like one of the only uh, legitimate uh, rocket packs. So the, <laughs> the ones that you, that are capable of vertical uh, takeoff, oh, flight, and landing. Stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and they've been perfecting that for the last like 20 years or whatever. He's flown over like the Sydney Harbor and a bunch of other things. Uh, but he was telling me those engines are like a hundred grand a pop. Yeah, um, that's what. Oh, that's what I'm thinking when I'm looking at him. I'm like, that's so small. That's got to be crazy expensive. Because who else is using that tiny jet engine? It's only for this, I bet. Yeah, this I mean, I don't. I can't, I can't speak to those um, specifically. Cool. But he had to source his engines from, uh, I believe, the Czech Republic, and um, and he was telling me they're over 100 grand a piece. And like the, just what was their original the, purpose? I, so the guy who helped uh, engineer it with him, um, he does a bunch of avionic uh, engineering, um, like helicopter mounts for uh, the film industry, um, weaponizing them, stabilized gimbaled payloads and stuff like that. Cool. And so he just started it as a pet project with this other investor and uh, created – actually, I think they even have like a, um, a thing on their website now where you can go like – sign up with your email and you get a chance to fly it they're just trying <laughs> to get wait wait they let people. regular people fly it not not right now it'd be like a tethered flight um but they're they're trying to raise awareness for it um yeah i'll find out tether me yeah what are you tethered to who cares <laughs> uh, like another i don't know plane? i don't know it's a jet pack so i don't know so those um, things are more tethered to something else in the air, and you start falling. Then you're just being dragged behind a plane, right? <laughs> sure. Sure, which, okay with that. Yeah, which delays you get death. That high off the ground. It, it delays death, which is the goal, right? You know, to... it it would delay death. <laughs> of all the flying stuff I've seen, <clears throat> that is the coolest by far. Of all the like on your back sure. doing that, like if only because I'm sure that those regular planes were in like they're idling through a parking lot speed. But the fact that those guys were going the same speed as that, it, it's incredible. Like what? I can't imagine how anxious and stressed. Like there's no way you're having fun there. How could you do that while without being so scared? Is it fun out? though? Like it, I, I feel how could it, it not be fun? Okay, okay, it's fun. fun. Let me just lay that out yeah, there. I'm sure I, it's a it, great so, time. It, it, I would say for you, like, it, it, for well, it depends on like how how well you act under <clears throat> stress. But like, Woody, you you probably have a really good idea of like the very first time you went um, paramotoring. Um, it, it takes time to develop that faith in your equipment. It's just like riding a motorcycle. Actually, that's the best analogy I can give for people who've never done like a a skydiving type of sport or canopy related sport. Is that when you drive a mo motorcycle the first time? the no normal people don't go, hey, I'm just going to go do a willy down the road going 100 miles per hour. It takes time to build up that faith and the profile of the tire and being able to, you know, trust that you're going to go into a corner and it's going to do its thing whenever you lean and not steer. 
because uh, it seems somewhat counterintuitive. And and I would say it'd be the same thing with that. It's a different way of flying uh, on a rigid wing than it would be with a fabric wing or a um, you know a, a canopy or something along those lines. And it just takes those those small small steps in the learning curve to b- develop that, and then you start having more fun. But I mean, watching that, I mean, they're jumping with tandem um, parachutes or canopies on their back. So that, I mean, when they when they deploy, they're throwing a a big old a big old uh, wing out into the wind and everything to catch that. So I mean, there's so there's heavy, a lot right? of that's why they're using a tandem yeah. chute, I guess. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah. So I mean, they're. You mentioned the motorcycle thing. Like when I first learned to ride a motorcycle, people don't know I've rode motorcycles for years. There was a time when I didn't have a car and um, I was kind of fearless and fine on a motorcycle, but on a paramotor, I was terrified. Like it took me a while to even make good decisions. Like when things went wrong and stuff, like I, I felt like I was disappointed in myself, you know, that that my gut instincts weren't always clear headed and wonderful. Like, like they had been on other things that I've done. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I you know, I, I, I saw your, um, you, what do you call it? The paravlog? <laughs> yeah, I call them that sometimes. I saw, I, I saw, I saw, Still working I, on yeah, the naming. I, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, Jesus, did, did, did Woody get hurt? <laughs> But, oh my god, I didn't get that. <laughs> Hello, this is Woody's Gamer Tag. I will no longer be able to show you all of my fun adventures. I was reckless with my flying machine and I cannot use my legs or my arms. I will show you all of my adventures possible through technology and the use of my tongue. <laughs> no, You could definitely see a... Um, a an ease about you compared to when you first were going right so there there is that i w- there is that trust that you have in your equipment now that it's going to respond in a certain way whenever you use it and you can kind of rely on that and i don't know focus on other things in that sense and um you know what's crazy is is i feel i don't know if, if somewhere in the vlog or something you were you were talking about safety and and one of the decisions you were going to make on either your takeoff or how you were going to approach or something and and I, I will say this just as some someone who's got a buttload of skydives in or wingsuit flights in the last couple of years I'm probably like not nowhere near like a lot of pros or instructors out there uh, but I've got close to a thousand in a few years and um, and I will say that after like 50 jumps I was probably the safest I've ever been because you're still so scared, but you're developing that trust in your equipment where you're not going to panic, uh, where you may not panic anyways, but, but you're, you're always checking your gear, you're checking your, your safety, you know, you're checking this, you're checking that. So when you were talking about how you didn't like how your lines were set, I was like, Oh, good for (laughs) you. Good for you. That's awesome. Because I think the, the biggest pitfall that you see guys in any, any sport that has, fairly significant consequences is 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 complacency is like the 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 biggest the biggest killer if not anything else i mean people just get so so complacent in their ways and they're like oh well you know what uh my parachute's going to open i'm just going to jump out and they never did a a a check or something there are so many youtube videos of guys pitching and there's no pilot shoot (laughs) They go to reach back, and there's like, oh, oh, there's no, there's no, I forgot to put my pilot chute on. I'm like, 
<laughs> so wait, how do you forget? How do you forget? To hit that? <laughs> what, is, what does that mean? That if something went wrong, they just fall to their death? They probably uh, well, have no. a reserve. So. so so you go through your emergency procedures. So there's a few things. Some guys, like uh, if you're on a base jump, uh, some guys have like pitched and there wasn't like uh, a pilot chute on there. And what does he noted mean? it. Uh, so that pitching is just when you grab your hacky and you throw it. That's pitching your your pilot chute or the smaller parachute into the wind so it opens up the bigger uh, parachute or your, your canopy out of the container. And... Um, on a base jump, you only have one. So if you reach back there and there's nothing there, you need to grab whatever you can and pull that pin so the main one comes out. So but the, on a sky the pilot chute is like a small hand size thing that just pulls the rest of it out of the backpack. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, base base ones are a lot bigger mm. um, because it, it opens faster. Uh, but on a skydiving scenario if that were to happen you probably wouldn't screw with that you would go to your emergency procedures and you would cut away your main parachute you'd pull red and then it's like look look red pull red look silver pull silver so it's just cutting away your your main canopy so that there's no chance of two parachutes being out getting tangled up or splitting apart and you going straight to the ground and then it, it it deploys your reserve parachute so you just go through those emergency procedures but you have to have that kind of awareness about it and not just oh okay i'm gonna pitch <laughs> you know if, if if people who get set in their ways and they're like oh, okay it's it's open 700 times before it's going to open up this time and then they, they do that and it's like oh nothing's happening nothing's happening you just lost 2,000 feet it, you know it's like you gotta really I almost don't Always like this be- question when people ask me, but is there, like, what's next for you? Like, is there something after wingsuiting? Are, are you going to go proximity, or have you decided that that's just dangerous and not for smart people? You're pretty much astronaut adjacent at this point. <laughs> right? Not, not, not much else you can go to. <laughs> I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't throw base jumping off the table, um, mm-hmm. but it's not something that really, really, really drives me. Um, I never say never because I never wanted to get into skydiving. I just, I was terrified of heights and I just don't, don't like it. It's weird because I never have that perception of heights whenever I'm skydiving. Um, and even when I'm landing, I'm looking at the horizon. So I'm never actually looking down at that hundred foot mark that really kind of gives you the perception of falling and I'm already moving forward. So it's like, I, I never really get that sense of falling except for balloon jumps, balloon jumps. I'm like, like my mouth is like dry, my hands are sweating, and every single time I jump, it's like three, two, one. Have and you I seen always balloon make... rock crawling? Yeah. Oh, my oh, hands get so sweaty. Oh my god! Oh, if yeah. I could skydive, that would be the target that I'd work towards. So if people haven't seen this, and maybe I can find a video of that too. There's a balloon, right? A hot air balloon that we've all seen, and then below the basket, they hang what look like indoor rock climbing walls, right, with little yeah, grips and stuff. Okay. And people just go kind of bouldering under a hot air balloon, looking like, I'll make up a number, 2,000 feet down, 4,000 feet down, until they either jump or lose their grip and then parachute home. It's yeah. the it's the sweaty, palmiest thing I may have ever seen. It's that sounds, if they told me, hey, you have to spend a week in Oz 
or we're going to put you on this hanging <laughs> death contraption where you have to have sweaty palms and try and slippery hold on to it. And then eventually they'll be like, you have to jump because we can't land with you on there. And I'll be like, fuck you, figure it out. Like, get me down to like 15 feet and then I'll jump. Like, oh, I. It's, it's all the same. It's stressful. It's. I'll be on, like, I don't like completely how you're shaking you loose. You. Can, can we watch this one? Slowly as it yeah. swings. I like what we did before where we just kind of mute it and talk. Yeah. yeah. Are you guys ready? I am. Oh, hold on. I got an advertisement. Okay. I, I don't have that ad block on. No, neither do I. <laughs> it's called GoPro Awards World's Highest Rock Climbing Wall. Go, yeah. You guys haven't yeah. been to the GoPro channel. They have some really, really cool stuff over there. They do. Yeah, for sure. Are, are we ready? Uh -huh. Ready, set, play. Yeah, I tried to get sponsored back by GoPro. Like, I was kind of at the peak of my popularity at the time, and um, GoPro was new, and my friend knew the owner of it. A guy I worked with at Cisco was like old high school friends with the guy that founded GoPro. And uh, he actually gave us GoPro units before they were for sale. We like put them on our surfboards and did new things. The reason the surfing kit comes with that like condensation pad is because of the problems we had in the Dominican Republic. We were like, this thing's getting foggy. So they just added those strips and solved it. Anyway, um, I was like, yeah, you know, why don't I do a deal with you guys? I'll like pimp your product and you can give me more cameras or whatever. And they're like, yeah, Woody, you're adorable and everything. We don't really have a problem getting our name out. You know, everybody wants to use these things. So all I ever did is get a free camera maybe. This is terrifying. This is an awful idea. I don't you like know, it. we've gone too far with science and technology if we have this much free time yeah. as a species. <laughs> look at oh, that! You want to go this look at so that! Safe. This is it's safe, so safe. safe, though. I yeah, believe I you. It, just, even that rope being would, there makes me nervous. I know, I feel like that would climbing. cause trouble. At its core, it's not safe. It's a guy <laughs> climbing in the middle of a, the sky with <laughs> a fabric on his it's back like that he is of, really banking on. He has like some nice handles. when you would make a platform just in the middle of the sky and he's on it. Those are like the beginner trail handholds at the indoor yeah. rock I get place. anxious going halfway up the one at Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, look at this! Oh, he's hanging from his feet. <laughs> he's hanging from his feet! You spiteful dick. What are you doing? Look at him. He doesn't care. Oh, oh there's some paramotors flying around. <laughs> what if you fall into one of those guys? It's a, it's a, it's a, I'm told that if a paramotor that. flies over a hot air balloon, it's like instant collapse and problems. Like, oh, like it, a dude, whole series of bad oh, events go. goes wrong as you fall into the hot air balloon. And yeah, I'm told it's a Christ big mistake. Christ Almighty! That's I, what what I didn't catch was like there was a guy above him on the platform who didn't seem to have a parachute. He just seemed to be tethered. Like, yeah. how does he get back in the balloon? Yeah, well, how does he get down? <laughs> I, I think he like clambers down, like he just doesn't give a fuck. I hope he just he had shimmies. A yeah, I think he shimmies. <laughs> I think he like... shimmies. Like, like I don't know if you've ever seen that video, like that ONA was like looking at of the guy changing the light bulb on one of those crazy, crazy fucking radar uh, radio towers. And when you get to the end of this job, there's no more ladder. First of all, the ladder then turns into a uh, a, a, a pipe with rungs sticking out of it. It's like, it's not even a ladder antenna. anymore. It's it's, it's those one-handed rungs. And then you get to the top of that, you just shimmy a little. Like, it's it's not, you know, you could do, if it were six feet off the ground, we'd all be like, yeah, get right up there. But it's, it's like, not. Yeah. It's like 1,500 feet off the ground. So he's got a shimmy. And the it's, whole way up, he's, he's carabinering on everywhere he can. But 
It's bullshit. I, I, I would not want that. That's like balls. The that he's using is bull. It's like 1,800, 1,700 feet tall. And it's like the guy reading it, like the documentary narrating is, is talking about it. Like you are like, he's telling you how paint dries. He's like, <laughs> you know, Richard has a busy day ahead of him today as he begins his summit to the top. And then, like, you keep watching, and you're like, all right, it has to be near the top because you're running out of shit to grab. And then you get to what you think is the top because it's just a spire with little <laughs> tiny wiry handholds going up. And you're like, all right, this is where they put the thing. And it's like, only 60 feet more to the top. It's like, what? <laughs> so now you're going to climb this thing? Like, you're swaying in the wind, and the carabiners, like Kyle was saying, there are not carabiner holds. It is just, you know those those hooks that, like, people who work on uh, uh, electrical poles will stand on it's just that and they take a giant a carabiner the size up. of my head and then just kind of lazily put Think, it on top of that's it. what like got you too and you so don't the, fall exactly straight down that, that does nothing the, for you. the carabiner is like the size of my face like, well i'm exaggerating a bit but like it, eyes it's to the, mouth it's, it's, it's like way too big carabiner. yeah and then it clicks on i'm gonna call it a three-quarter inch thick like rod that goes sideways with a little hook that goes He's up at the end and little. Uh, it, I linked it there, Woody. He's so fucking high. He is yeah. so fucking high at the end. Like, but, like I, I can, I'll start let's it back do the at thing. zero. Yeah, let's start yeah, yeah. It at zero. And, and I just wanted to verify this was the correct video. There's two and we don't have them. to listen to the sound because this guy is not, not very. <laughs> yeah, there's, right. there's no relevant audio. Richard, are you ready? It, where, where are you going? Like it's six minutes in or something like that? Six forty in? Want to go that? Are you going, or do you want to start it from the beginning? If okay. You want. All right. Okay. Ready. Set. Play. Yeah, so yeah, that, if this is the one I'm thinking of, I, I could be wrong, there's two of them, but one of them involves not using the carabiner a lot. And the guy says something like, hey, you know, OSHA regulations don't require you to use the carabiner. This is called free climbing. They found that using the carabiner every step is, uh, I don't know, too much of a pain in the butt. The thing is, it's not. And OSHA regulations do require you to use the carabiner every step. And those guys got fired. And there's like rebuttal videos to, I think, this video where uh, they're like, this is how you're actually supposed to climb it. That dangerous fuck, like not strapped in most of the way, did it wow. wrong. And uh, the, the, the whole beginning of this video, for those of you just listening to audio, it does that thing like when you watch a, a video about stars sizes where they're like, this is the sun. And then this one's like a billion times bigger. You know, isn't the universe grand? Like it did that thing where it showed like a, a pretty tall building and then another pretty tall one and then up to the Empire State Building and the Sears Tower. And then to the left on the graphic is this thing. And it's so <laughs> tiny that it is almost literally a line drawn because if you put it next to actual buildings, it's just it's just a spire. A there's no there's no actual girthiness. A thread to it. into the sky. It's he's like it's, Jack climbing the fucking beanstalk at, up this shit. At, at so so because this dude's going to be climbing for a few minutes, can I tell you a really quick story? Yeah. <laughs> Real quick. So so <laughs> I uh I so I worked construction in LA for uh about 4 years, 3 4 years and we built a 28 story high rise uh next to the Staples Center and so your tower cranes have to go say 35 37 uh stories up in the air uh so it can clear and cable and all that other stuff for all the materials and um you know I was just buddies buddy buddies with everybody out there and they're like hey you know um, since I was the uh, labor foreman, I would just put people on different jobs there and everything or help out where it was needed. And one of the guys was like, hey, uh, can you help me on the crane? 
I was like, uh, um, sure, what do you need? And uh, he's like, I need you to help me uh, lube the cables and everything, so I need you to go out on the on the boom. He's like, I need you to come up to the, 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 the tower. Actually, I have a video of it somewhere. I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I climb up there, right? Like these, like freaking 35 stories and i am gassed getting up there <laughs> and i get up there he's like anything or just walking up there i'm it, it, i i was just climbing up it right and just like this dude here like up that ladder and everything i'm just free climbing it all the way up and everything and uh and i go up there i help him you know get the grease on the cables and and all that other stuff because he has to move the the crane while i'm out on the jib or uh, the boom to be able to to get the cables going and stuff. And then when we get back down on the ground and everything, he's like, where's your harness? And I was like, well, what do you mean? You told me to come up. And dude, I about passed out. Like, this is I already, I already did it, and I was on the ground. I about passed out. He's like, no, you see that cable? That cable that goes up the ladder is where you hook your, your carabiner and clutch brake on. So whenever you fall, it slides a little bit, and it gives just enough so it's not a, a blunt force trauma yeah. uh, and, and keeps you from falling. And I was like, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Your balls <laughs> are bigger than your climber. brains. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Well, I, I didn't enjoy it. I just didn't want to get fired because I was crazy. making money on construction. <laughs> Good God. So he's well, getting know to what a I would part do. now where they're just – He's still not This part in. right here. He's, he doesn't. There's no handholds at this point. It's yeah. just a. It's just a pillar into the sky. Like I thought, you would think that these things they would give them like a ladder or something. Oh. Nothing like it. Nothing like a ladder. Oh God, it's so bad. That's it. You, Taylor said it perfect. You would think there'd be a ladder built into the side of this thing that someone would climb all the way up. And even that's no. kind of exhausting and sketchy and whatever. This oh, guy so is not hooked in. He rarely hooks in. You know, you're supposed yeah, to like put your hand on it almost wrong. every. They're like big nails. Yeah. This is the size of a. It looks like giant nails that like are like railroad ties, thin railroad ties hammered into the side of what has the same girth as a stop sign. It's like just a, a stop sign pole. with a bunch of nails in the side. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what else? Like I, I bet, I bet that he's experiencing a lot of like swaying. Like I bet he can feel this thing. This thing's moving a lot at this uh, to be this tall, and he's feeling every bit of it. Yeah, I'll you think you so, think the tower is swaying? Oh, at that altitude, there's oh, always wind. Uh, yeah, it, that thing's swaying a lot. Like I, I, I yeah. got up on top of a small tower in Tennessee one time, and just feeling a few inches of sway is really unnerving. I can't imagine. This I, is so scary. So, I, it was you just can call like, bullshit on it, but um, so OSHA does have certain regulations. Not maybe from bullshit. what they were talking about <laughs> the uh, the tower stuff, but. Um, some of the guys I was talking to whenever we were working construction after that whole crane incident, when we'd lay rebar for different floors, like whenever I put slab grabbers out on the edge of the – so when you lay a concrete floor like mm -hmm. or a level, um, you have to go out to the edge and put these things called slab grabbers on, right? So it's like a, a C-clamp that goes down on the edge of the concrete, and then it has an arm that goes up that you put two-by-fours through. So it's a, a fence that ends up going around so people don't fall off. But you have to wear this harness, so in, in case you fall, um, you know that that saves you. But some of the guys for certain jobs, OSHA says that they don't have to have those harnesses on because they can cause 
more of a trip hazard or something along those lines where it gets in the way where it caused more people to fall mm -hmm. than it actually prevented people from dying or whatever. But I don't know what the stipulations are, but it was something that I was like, no, no way. It was like those dudes on those steel beams. That's exactly what it was. Like the Empire State Building. Right. Like the those old photos, those beam workers, once they get up there and start working, they don't have to have that stuff. Those Still? old pictures of those guys like sitting, enjoying some bullshit 1931 sandwich, sitting on a, a big look at this. horizontal He's... post in the middle of the air, some I-beam, those stress me out just to look at. It's like that guy's life isn't even good enough that he's like, I'm not, I'm not even going to strap in. What if what happens <laughs> if I fall off? I have to work another 18-hour shift, <laughs> half a mile in the air tomorrow to feed my kids a couple of <laughs> shitty old soft potatoes? Fuck you. I'm just going to enjoy this sandwich and live and let live. Maybe I'd fall off. Yeah. <laughs> I was next I to a tower. I don't know if it was this tall, but it was really tall. It seems like it'd be in the class of one of these things flying around like 10 days ago. And I was like, I'm going to fly next to this thing. Like, I want to I want to like see it up close. And as I get closer to it, there are these wires coming from the side. Yeah. Like, guide wires. Dude, guide wires are nearly invisible from the sky. Like all you the, forgot oh, about the guide wires. I didn't know about the guide <laughs> as wires. As soon as you started talking about flying near it, I was like, "But what about the guide wires?" Oh no, <laughs> I, I missed guide wire class. I don't know when everyone well, else learned about these things, but I just I've, got um, close enough. I saw the wires, and I was like, "No, no, 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 no! This is a huge mistake. I'm out of here." I've hunted on property that had towers like that. They're mm -hmm. usually on like cheap, like big parcels of land like that. And there's those t those wires are everywhere. Even on a small one, it's just a few hundred feet. There's just a, a spider web of wires around those things. Yeah. There's not nearly enough in this yeah. video. You know, if I were this guy, I would want an entire, almost like a TP of of wires coming down, knowing that that. How much? Not how, all right, for, for you to do this job, how much can it pay? Like, like, what does this job pay that that you couldn't find a job? He that didn't pays... make six million dollars that day. <laughs> that it's not worth it. If he made enough to retire on and put he his kids be through a, a decent college. Hey, we better be getting $10,000 per step to climb that motherfucker because that is outrageous. This guy like shouldn't be job. worried about car insurance, and I bet he probably is. I feel like I would really enjoy that job, like being outside, climbing around on towers. I'm not saying I'm fearless, just that I could get over it and really like it. Like I, I think there'd be days where I'm up top replacing that little light bulb, being like, man, like this is a million-dollar view right here. This is... I've got the coolest job in the world. I'd take it over a cube. You want to watch Richard's video here? Looks like he's got oh. uh... a... <laughs> It's not It's not that impressive. It's just you can see how old I was when I was oh. working construction. But I like this. Oh, you look young. 40 seconds. Yeah. All right. Ready, set, play. Young Richard with no beard. Should we listen to the, the audio? Nah. You just see you how high up we are. That uh, Richard goes like fucking shit or something. I think. Yeah, the I, first, I don't have the, the audio the first on. Twenty-second video has the. Uh, that, you can see how high it is. Yeah, I'm not uh, seeing how that, high That's is. just. There's two videos. The first one. Oh. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My mistake. Yeah. It's I'm just on high the second enough one. that in the middle of the fall, you'll realize you're gonna die. So we were doing a Carhartt uh, shoot that day. That's why all of us were out there on the boom for that one. Uh, so if you if you go through some of the Carhartt catalogs, you see the the guys up on those rebar towers hanging off the side of the building and everything. It's me, <laughs> <laughs> dude. All uh, all bullshit aside, Carhartt makes some good clothes, don't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, Carhartt sponsor us. We'll talk In you up big. Jobs, you... My grandpa fucking <laughs> loves Carhartt stuff. All those like waiters. 
or Carhartt. Carhartt's like, like a uniform for for a certain group of people, you know, like like yeah. like, yeah. like rednecks. Not necessarily rednecks, but like uh, people who work blue with their hands. Heart. Yeah, blue yeah. collar people who work with their hands. That's definitely uh, sort of a, a uniform for them, especially the jackets. I remember in high school, like there was definitely a class of guys. Certain guys had their Letterman jackets, but then there was an equally large group of guys with those Carhartt jackets on too. And there's the one guy with like the bootleg Carhartt jacket, and everybody's making fun of him. And you can tell who like the, the fakers are because like if you hang around, I'm sure Kyle knows, and so does Woody from being around people who farm. Like if you see a real farmer in that stuff, you can tell because their hands are three times as big as a normal person that age. My grandpa can't put his own hearing aids in or get them out because his <laughs> his hands are enormous. Is like, it just like, muscle? What is that phenomenon? It's just I think it's just corded hand muscle and calluses and just. Like when you spend 65 years working on a farm with machinery every day and, you know, you only could afford a tractor 30 years ago. But like there was a lot of time where you were not, bailing. It's not just calluses. Like the back of their – the back of my hand is a city slicker's hand, right? Do you see like veins and tendons and shit? On a farmer, this whole thing just doubles in mass. It's – it's it's you don't yeah you don't see the like if someone works out a lot you see like the the vascularity in uh -huh. their hands people like farmers don't have that it's just like yeah we the vascularity it looks nice but uh we, this you're just a utilitarian tool so we're just gonna make this into a big gorilla mitt and you can you know get what I, you need done i was but. on the r farming subreddit i'm on that subreddit sometimes because i think farming is interesting and uh there's this guy is a mechanical engineer and he was showing his hands next to his brother who was a farmer and oh my god the farmer like i don't even know they must not be able to buy gloves everywhere like extra large doesn't cut it for those hands like you know how shack has to have custom built shoes this would be the equivalent of a size 16 shoe like something you just don't find all the time farmer hands they've got like they've got level. brock lesnar hands yes and then like a big beer belly but it's not <laughs> like uh if they had their shirt off and they walk it's like a jiggly fat it's like you walk around and it's like there's like if I hit that, it's going to feel like I'm hitting like a piece of like wood like or something like my, I, I can wrap my <laughs> my nail, like my uh, my knuckles on that. Like it's just I don't know. It's a very interesting body type uh, <laughs> farmer body. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, I don't know. Have you ever like pregnant bellies are hard, too. When I like before we had any you can babies, whale on them. Like I hadn't really touched. I don't think any pregnant bellies before Jackie had one. And uh, it's just like, like that shit's harder than you'd guess. It's not a big flabby like cuddly thing. It's, it's hard. Yeah. Pregnant bellies. I think that's more hard because it's just so much stuff being pushed to the front. Like if you ever watch those graphics where it's like, this is what happens to organs organ when she has a baby, and it's like, oh. well, that's fucking horrifying. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's just it's liquid just tightly wrapped with stretched human skin. You know, it's, it's yeah, it's what you got in there. Care for that. It's, that is cool though. Like, makes you wonder. Like, all those organs are in there, and only when they're pregnant are they like, "Oh, we can still work in like a fifth of this space." Fine, like whatever. Like, I mean, they. Uh, I want to get back to the titty milk. I, I want to see what Richard Ryan thinks about this I'll because we found um, we found this website that <laughs> that sells breast milk, mm -hmm. and I thought that we should uh, we should all drink the breast milk, and 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 Taylor here is just completely anti drinking the breast milk it's yeah. a real drag it, i'm very anti drinking uh, any stranger's bodily fluid 
I had I had a different I could issue. See that. My wife considered it a form of cheating. She didn't think I should be drinking some other woman's breast milk. In the same way that like I don't know, if your girlfriend bought some packaged cum and drank that, would you be like That's that's, that's definitely not the intended purpose of that's cum though. Yeah. Uh, it is in my food. book. <laughs> no, yeah, it's not really. <laughs> that's not sustenance. <laughs> that's great yeah. for you. Um it, it, I don't even think she doesn't even have to invoke. I don't even know why Vokey, or Jackie would invoke like a that's almost cheating argument when the only argument should be, Woody, that's a that's a stranger's bodily fluid that you're oh, gonna buy off the on. internet. Are you okay with that? And you should be like, ah, <laughs> no, probably not. But no, it's I, for I don't babies. Want... It's for it's drinking. Just, I, I bet it's delicious and good for you. Like delicious might, and nutritious. We might. So, so first of all, this, this <laughs> stuff is like it's like gonna be it's like two hundred fifty dollars or something to get enough for all of us anyway. It's very expensive. It's not yeah. cheap stuff. You know, I mean, it's not like we're milking a goat here, right? Like someone's taking time out of their day to make this happen. And uh, but so I'm thinking, what if we see some health benefits from this? What if all of a sudden we start <laughs> feeling more youthful, more stronger, fitter? What's like funny, we start, we... the website, though, just advertises fat kids. They're like, oh, you want some breast milk? <laughs> Check out how fucking fat my kid is. <laughs> Do you want your kid to be as fucking fat as this one here? I'm going to put my bucks. before and after pictures on there. It's like me working out. <laughs> <laughs> my bitch press went up 35 pounds in four weeks. But in addition to that... On this, and I'm like guzzling. But you've also got like a six year old, a six month, six month old, like round gut. Like, like yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to see you drinking it, but like the way that they drink Gatorade in sports commercials, where it's just glug, 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 huge gulps, just trying to get as much down as possible. I'd put the little baby nipple on it. But then, like, work out super hard. Uh, Do you think no, that they have I see, a problem? No, I see you more with, like, the, the milk jug so that once you, like, you have, like, the weights there and you take a big sip and then you have the milk stash. And then it's, like, like that Dave Chappelle episode where he's, like, he's only drinking Cambodian breast milk or whatever and he just got it all <laughs> in his face and everything. I love this idea. I wish that everybody else was uh, able to drink titty milk with me because I think you it's so funny. You still can, apparently. If we, um, if we I guess started I our own titty milk order, company. Order and I'll drink it. We could, you know, if they just sent you a thing of Pedialyte, how would you know? It's not like milk at all, Pedialyte. It's more like uh, fruit juice. I know titty milk when I taste it. Am I yeah. thinking of Ensure? I don't remember. One of them <laughs> looks like <laughs> like, like, it's like cocaine in a movie. Like, you trying to fuck me? You trying to fuck That's me with video. This is clearly cut this with 30% vanilla Ensure. <laughs> you don't get this kind of electrolyte dispersion in natural breast milk. I will tell I you right now. have a whole like, Scarface <laughs> moment with a little chainsaw over some fake titty milk. Yeah. What are the legal implications if you were to prank somebody with breast milk? So you just gotta tell your neighbors about it whenever you move. <laughs> well, you buy some, <laughs> buy some, and then say you make coffee for somebody with breast milk, and then you're like, "Oh, how's that? How's that coffee, Jim?" <laughs> you're like. So let me tell you about the lady who donated the breast milk for that coffee. <laughs> Her baby's this fat. Yeah, she's got a very fat baby. You shouldn't be upset. Uh, yeah. I kind of want to get weird with it too, because I've got I've got an ice cream churn, and I was thinking, what if I make some breast milk ice cream? I bet that's the most delicious ice cream you've ever had. That would be an expensive ice because you need a lot to get a little ice cream. You know, so you I mean, dumping some. I don't know. I, that's something that's pretty interesting. I'd never considered breast milk ice cream. 
or cheese. Maybe I could get into making my own cheese. Well, that's pretty gross. People cheese. Uh, <laughs> People cheese. This <laughs> <laughs> is untapped market. Come on. <laughs> People cheese. People All natural. Cheese for people. Uh, no animals were hurt in preparing this or whatever you yeah. want to say. Yeah, if, if someone's not eating dairy because of some sort of uh, moral implication, then hey, it's people. It's oh, people. this is I this is a great fucking idea for like hardcore vegan people. You just yeah. get a bunch of people who are like, you know, you know, we, we are totally against using animals for their products because they're unable to consent. They can't All consent. of our women are consenting 100% of the time. They donate their milk in very comfortable uh, conditions and uh, the pasteurization process for the cheese is is totally above board or whatever the fuck it is. We don't even hurt the bacteria. Pasteurized? I wanted it like, raw. I don't know. That's illegal, I think. In some I'll only for cow oh, milk. is that where this gets illegal? <laughs> is that no, where this whole no, thing no, falls no, apart? No, only this cow milk. Be illegal. People but then definitely would the, vegan. Would donor people have to be vegan or vegetarian too? Yes, Ooh. they are. That's that's on the website. Like they detail their vegan diet and stuff for the breast milk that they're. Producing, yeah, I swear actually, to God. When you yes, buy a titty milk, like yeah. Some of them brag my, my that they're vegan. Milk, of I'm course. a vegan. My breast milk doesn't have enough protein in it. My <laughs> breast milk isn't the best it could be for your child. She's on I'm sorry, we're omnivores. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like that idea a lot. I think we should dig deeper into it. I, maybe we'll get sponsored by them. and, and we, That would be funny if, if uh, you know, their, their target audience is, of course, mothers with babies who want breast milk. But what if, what if our fans just started buying it up? To, to drink it because of my, because of my reaction it opened a whole new market for that lady then we, uh, I think they should do I think they should should reach out to you guys soon and do uh, PKA 20% off coupon code for that and everybody should make their own breast milk cheese for the Super Bowl and have some mm. breast milk nachos and uh, this I think great. that we need to go the like that stock movie and we will short the breast milk market and and make a lot of money. I, I didn't watch enough of the movie and pay attention yeah, to it. Yeah, because that's the opposite it, but, of what but it, No, no, no. It's definitely Woody. I watched the movie. I paid but attention to it. But if you short it, you're betting half. it goes down. Yeah. No, no. That's those. That's speculation. Well, we're going to take the breast milk. I'm totally milk. right about <laughs> this. This is like a thing I know. Make the <laughs> drop out of the market. That's what we're going to do. We need tainted breast milk. Then that would work. Yeah, Kyle's uh, right. Yes. If you were to destroy the breast milk market, then no, you would No, no, no. Not destroy it. We poison babies. Then the, the bottom falls out of the market and we make a killing. No, you can't poison the babies. Babies die all the time for no reason. They just say it was SIDS. We'd have to poison one of the adult creeps who's drinking this for fun. I'm not yeah. sure I follow this, I don't like this that plan well enough to make money off of it. <laughs> no, no. We're on step two, which is a lot of question marks, but trust me, on step three, I a real Trump way to figure this out. It's all going to come together. Trust me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, speaking uh, I'm of Trump, I'm definitely going to do that. Though, are we going to talk about it's the Donald good. subreddit? Sure, let's talk about it. All right. So, uh, if people don't, know, I think most people know what Reddit is. Kyle said it was the fifth largest website in the world right now. Oh, I'm sorry, Seven. eighth. I got eighth out of that. Um, Kyle says eighth. Okay, so and it's the eighth largest website in the world. Which, when you think about it, you add like a YouTube and a Google, and like it's it's huge. It's got to be bigger than CNN, bigger than New York Times, like big, big. And um, there's a if you don't know, there are these like areas where people with common interests group together. You know, motorcycles, paramotoring, of course, right? The DIY. big ones, DIY, and the Donald. The Donald is the largest of the Trump subreddits. Three hundred thousand. Three hundred thousand people. So 
very active sub too. I, I just just to add, like mm-hmm. there are other subs with, that have three hundred thousand members, but if you compare their 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 analytics, it's ridiculous. Like guys are passionate on the Donald, whether they're after uh, uh, karma or they're passionate about Donald Trump himself. Who knows? Maybe a little bit of both. But it is a very hyperactive subreddit. And I think of it a little bit like a YouTube channel. Like there's YouTube channels where they're like, I don't know, they got three million subs that they've built up over the course of seven years. And then there's YouTube channels that are three million subs that built up in the last three months. And that second YouTube channel is, you know, while they may have the same hot. lifetime achievement award, the second one is hot. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so anyway, the Donald is hot. It's big, it's growing, it's exploding, and it probably contributed at least a little bit to how Trump won the election. Like, Trump dominated the internet, and this might have been the center of all of that. It is the center of his internet power, I think. Like, yeah. like, like I think that the <clears throat> Donald is the center of Donald Trump's internet power. It's been proven that he goes there occasionally. Um, you know, he's used stuff that's basically taken from the guys on the Donald and used it at, on his Instagram or his Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's taken points that they would make. They would point out some hypocrisy, maybe, uh, and then all of a sudden he he would voice that hypocrisy on his Twitter. So it's clear that either he's going to this subreddit or someone who works for him is. Right. So it's a. It, I'm trying to say, like, even though. It seems like it's Reddit, some irrelevant corner of the internet. It's really not. This is kind of mainstream now. And so... I think, like, just to jump in, like, a real mm. quick thing. I honestly think it turned more people off than turned them on. Or if there was a difference there, I don't think it was as big as a lot of people think. Because I think a lot of people who go there, if they're on the fence, they're going to see how extreme they are and be like, ah, this isn't for me. You know, who knows? Know. There that, must have been people who I'm sure there were people who were attracted and repelled to it. That, yeah, yeah. So anyway, this uh, all that lays out that the Donald was kind of a big deal. And uh, the Donald also, like in terms of subreddit or Reddit culture, kind of a misbehaving subreddit. Uh, one of the things they would do is they would they would pin a topic. And then they created this culture where like, hey, if you see something pinned, you upvote it so that it gets to the Reddit front page and gets even more exposure. Pinned topics everywhere else are like things the mods want you to see or know. Oftentimes they're rules of behavior for the subreddit. They did it kind of to manipulate the homepage, right? Like they put something, make it popular on that subreddit, and then that would make it popular. Why don't they just make it so pinned posts can't go to the front page? We'll cover that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, because... Well, it, to fast forward, they did that, but only to the Donald. They made it so that the Donald, who's the only subreddit who did this bad behavior, can't do it anymore. And they feel really censored. And me, like, I don't know. I'm banned from that subreddit for, like, nothing. Like, I politely pointed out someone had facts wrong, and there is a strict no dissent policy. You can't say anything negative, it's pro-Trump, etc. They censor the fuck out of people in their subreddit. But if you censor them even a tiny bit, they're very, very upset. And that's where they, <clears throat> that's where they are right now. One of the largest websites in the world has 300,000 very pissed off users because they, their pinned posts don't get to the front page anymore. And there's another thing. The CEO of Reddit... Um, I forget what he wrote. Oh, I read some of, like, so mm-hmm. I... Do you want to do it? Kyle, maybe you know more about this. I think that he went into people's posts on, like, a, 
a, I don't know what the word is, a coding programming level and edited them to be referring to different people and made it so it looked like they were saying different things. But usually on Reddit, if you go back and you edit something, it'll say edited at like last edited whenever. The way he did it was it didn't show as an edit. It just showed that's what this so person wrote. Kind and of. And people it, got very upset. People were attacking him. Which is a thing. You're in here in public. People attack you, and they were calling him a pedophile. Oh, I remember. There was um. There were there was something called saying, Pizzagate, right? It started with Pizzagate. And uh, Kyle, do you want to jump in, or do you want me to lay? Yeah, out? yeah. So okay. they they were definitely sending him messages calling him a pedophile because uh, they removed the Pizzagate subreddit, which was a conspiracy subreddit based around a theory that John Podesta is involved in some sort of globalist uh, pedophile ring that may or may not involve the Clintons as well, based on lots of coincidences they found in the WikiLeaks stuff, but it's all horse shit. He took news. that down. Yeah, he took that down, and so he got a lot of messages calling him a pedophile. They're like, oh, you took down our, we're looking for pedophiles, you must be one of them, and they called him a pedophile lock. But the comments that were edited are were on, were on Reddit, and they said, um, fuck Spez. His username is Spez. Fuck Spez. And what he edited was he took Spez out and he replaced it with different names of the Donald moderators. So he made it seem like users were saying, fuck Jimmy Cracks Corn, who's moderator one of the Donald, and, and Billy Bob Thornton, you know, moderator two. So he made it appear that way. And then he... Was he only doing this to the Donald people? Yeah. Oh, well, he admitted that he had edited comments in the past. Um, I, I missed that later part. on. But Yeah, he's... Yeah, he said not the Donald specifically, but um, he said that he'd edited comments in the past uh, on two different occasions. Oh, so so what he did for less than an hour was programmatically changed all like his insults to point at like basically it was people from the Donald hating on him. He made them hate on their own mods for like forty minutes or fifty minutes or something, and then he apologized and said he did it, and they went bananas about that. You know, more like censorship, changing posts, etc. And uh, I, I can understand a lot. That. that. That's pretty creepy. It got covered a lot um, by mainstream uh, you know, news out outlets. It was pretty interesting. I, I view uh, it from the other side. So in, on Woodycraft, in, in the Minecraft world, uh, there's a term for uh, an admin who like misbehaves or cheats in game, and it's badmin, right? Now, I cheated in game all the time. But it wasn't like a secret. It was like, hey... Here's my big base. I, I used a program to create it instead of placing every block. Um, if I did it any other way, then I would just get destroyed by all 300 of you so instantly I wouldn't even finish it. You know, I have to make mine in a hurry. If you get inside, there's a fucking coupon code for you on the store. Like, knock yourself out. And uh, I, like, I was just a different kind of player. But people would sometimes call me... Like, oh, another thing, like, other people would work really hard for their armor. But because if I go into a public area, it would be like literally 50 people trying to kill me at once. I couldn't work five hours for my armor. You know, I just had to whip it up. And then you kill me, you get it. It's a gift, right? Knock yourself out. And um, anyway, if they wrote badmin, it changed that word to say, hey, guys, I'm stupid. And they'd write it in chat, and I would get a big kick out of it because you couldn't say badmin. And it was really hard. We'd change all sorts of variants. You could put letters in between. You could change the A to a 4. didn't matter. We caught you, and it would say, oh, I'm stupid. Or, hey, guys, I'm stupid. And I just see that, and I'm like, man, if I'm a Reddit admin, I get that they shouldn't. I get that it's censorship. And, and their site is, is not a, you know... This is the number eight website in the world, not the number one Minecraft server in the world. <laughs> There's a huge difference. But... Um, uh, just the same, I did see it from the other side. Like, man, if they cursed me out every day and I kind of, like, like pointed the, the finger back at them, 
it's a mistake that I could see myself making. I, it's definitely different than than doing that on a server. Like yeah, it's someone a funny, pointed out it's a that, funny joke that if you do that, because people go, oh, okay, when I see you're a big goober or whatever, or I'm a big goober, I know someone wrote fuck Woody or bad mod, mod bad or whatever it was. Bad men, but yeah. Bad men. And like, that's, it's fine. Everybody understands what's going on. If someone goes and checks your Reddit history and something has wildly changed, like it, it really can reflect you in a bad light. And in some ways, if they decide to do it, you, they might, you might not even know that this edit occurred. Like it's it is very creepy, regardless of who that's happening to. They, like someone pointed out that it, you know, it's it's against the site rules, and I guess they pointed out that in some way it opens up Reddit to being responsible for the content that's there. I guess part of right. them not being responsible for what I or you or anyone posts on Reddit is this sort of line that 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 divides the man divides the management of the company from its users, and by them tampering with it, even in a way that that didn't matter that much they sort of broke that confidence and then of course that people go far with it and they're like hey what if they made it look like i posted child porn they you know all they had to do was put child porn there instead of some you know fuck this guy or fuck that guy and all of a sudden uh, you know law enforcement is after my life is ruined you know all of a sudden this this thing that is normally screenshotted as rock hard evidence this is what this user did this is what that user did and, and now it's not so rock hard i don't know it didn't it seemed like a, a really innocent thing that he did, and I think he probably had innocent, uh, well, yeah, not innocent, but he, not, he, he didn't think of what he was doing as, as anything criminal or like, uh, I don't think he thought he was going to get as much attention from what he did, but I don't know. It, it's not the worst thing ever. Oh. Yeah. On, a, on yeah, an unrelated note, if you guys heard that like knocking sprung sound, we don't know what caused that yet. There it is. Did I you just guys heard just it. hear that? Yeah. I just heard it. Yeah. Do you know what that was? It, it's, it's not me. I have no idea. I hear it in my headphones. Wrong sound. Yeah. Did you not hear it, Taylor? No, I haven't heard a sprung sound. I haven't touched anything. I think it might be in <laughs> Taylor's world. Can we be quiet for a second? It's Taylor. I don't know what it is. There. Um, it's a fuck. Fuck. It's it's actually happening a lot now. Like almost every yeah, four like, or five like seconds. Almost with, yeah. Winston hates it. <laughs> Winston Hayes. Um, do you, can you look at your browser tabs? Do you maybe have a little, you know, how it shows you what, uh, which tab is playing something? Yeah, nothing's playing anything. I thought it was me at first. When you guys didn't hear it, I was like, oh no, it's totally coming from me. But oh, what? It kind of stopped. I, I tell you, if it did comes. it stop? Yes. There was a pop up in the background trying to load some bullshit ad over oh. and over, going. <laughs> 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 All right. yeah, I missed it. Sorry about that. Can you sorry. tap your mic and just be sure that's... Yeah, it's, it's the right mic. All right. All right. All right. I'm sorry. I just didn't want that no, to happen no, for the rest of the night. Call out. Let, me, uh, <laughs> let me take this moment to get a, uh, an ad read in here. Let me tell everyone a little bit about Casper mattresses. They are obsessively engineered American-made mattresses at a shockingly fair price. And now you can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash pka and using code PK, listen, you spend about a third of your life sleeping. Let's make sure you're doing it on a good mattress. Casper brings together two comfy technologies, latex foam and memory foam. So they've got just the right sink, just the right bounce, no matter how you sleep. They've got a risk-free trial and return policy that'll deliver it straight to your door. And you can try it for 100 days 
And if you're not happy, they'll pick it right back up. At the store, maybe you get a minute or two to try out a mattress, but with Casper, you'll get to actually sleep on the thing. It's $500 for a twin-size mattress and $950 for a king-size mattress. Uh, comparing that to industry averages, it's an outstanding price point. So, good. Uh, $50 towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com slash PKA and using code PKA. I think Richard Bryan has a Casper mattress. I have a Casper mattress. Uh, my friend Kitty has a Casper mattress. Winston here sleeps on a Casper mattress. <laughs> he calls it the big sleeper. It's uh, He loves it. He calls it the big sleeper? Yeah, I'll call it the big sleeper. <laughs> is Winston it is a- awesome. As oh, no, soon as I moved to Nashville, that's what I did was I, I bought a Casper mattress. Because uh, when I talked to you guys last, I believe I was moving back to Nashville or something. And um, I, they just delivered it straight to my door. And... I didn't have to do the whole moving truck thing from L.A. to Nashville. And I just brought the mattress in the room, opened up the box, and it's it's vacuum sealed. Cut it open, and it just kind of pressurizes or whatever it does itself in the room. And then, boom, it's good to go. Dude, that yeah, show like in it. itself is, like, I don't know. I, I almost it wish is. I needed a mattress. like Because it's curiously small. <laughs> Taylor, can you check your pop-ups? Um, it, the, the mattress is... Uh, it's just the same sound, that's all. Oh, well then, fuck. Did you click there. that Taiwanese pornography link I sent you the other day? Because that will cause this. <laughs> you don't You don't see anything it could be? Let me know if I'm sorry. Talked. Anyway, it's really cool when you open the box. That, that's all. Well, let me, uh, let me do one more little ad read here before we move right along. And I'll let Winston go outside. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me tell everyone a little bit, bit about Lyft. I'd like to tell you about a smart way to earn extra money. And, uh, and get an extra $500 bonus uh, drive for Lyft. Looking to put away some more money in your kid's college fund or going back to school yourself to get another degree or your first one? Or maybe you're just looking for some extra cash. Then drive for Lyft, the ride-sharing app that lets you be your own boss, pick your own hours, and earn up to 1500 bucks a week driving your car. There are other ride-sharing apps out there, but everyone likes driving for Lyft best because they treat their drivers right. Lots of people started as customers and now drive for Lyft. It's a flexible way to make extra money anytime from anywhere. All you need is a car. Driving for Lyft pays up to $35 an hour, and getting started is fast and easy. You can drive mornings, nights, or weekends. Just flip into driver's mode and, uh, and start making money. Plus, only Lyft drivers can earn tips from within the app. Those add up fast. And you don't have to wait days or weeks to get paid. You can cash out instantly with Express Pay. It all adds up. It's super flexible. You keep your own tips. You get paid when you need the extra cash. Sign up today at lyft.com slash PKA. And right now, Lyft has a special offer for our listeners. Get this, a $500 new driver bonus when you sign up using our show. So just go to lyft.com slash PKA today so you can get started making that extra money and get your $500 new driver bonus. That's lyft.com slash PKA. Richard, so the, the, the Lyft thing spawned this in my head. I personally value like flexibility and owning your time a lot when I look at jobs. And I've got a friend who's, I don't want to put his business out there, but he's figuring out what to do next like you know, in terms of career, like where he wants to go. He's got a lot of wide open options. What do you value in a gig? Like, is it, would you work nine to five in a cube for a lot of money? Would you use less money to say work from home? Would you, like, is it, a challenge that you look for flexibility you want to be able to if you need a tuesday afternoon you want to just take it because like nine to five doesn't give you i've that. thought about this a lot mm-hmm. and then i i apologize to everybody who's going to be like richard why don't you just give him a straight answer well <laughs> i feel like i feel like you are at different points in 
your life and can or need different things, right? So for me, sometimes you need the structure of a nine to five um, and you need to be able to just turn that switch and not have to deal with work, right? I like now that I work for myself and I actually, I have two businesses that I work for myself and I have one business that I'm a salaried employee that I have to show up for. Um, and that's, that's the worst scenario. Don't ever do that. <laughs> because <laughs> The pros, the pros, the pros of working for yourself mean that you can take off hopefully whenever you need to, mm-hmm. but on the flip side of the coin, you're always working. It, you really need to figure out to how you can separate. For me, I needed a separation from home life and work life. So even if it's carving a section of the house off where that's only where I work, and but when I'm in the living room or I'm in the bedroom, there's no TV, there's no computer work or phone or whatever. You need to be able to separate that stuff because mentally you'll burn yourself out and you'll just, it just, it's so frustrating. You're always on, if that makes sense. But there, so that makes there's something to be said for punching a clock, right? Because nine to five, man, that weekend is awesome. Because mm-hmm. five o'clock on Friday, you're like, man, I got I got college football Saturday. I got you know I could go I could go do this. I could go I could jump down to Florida if I wanted to and go hang out at the beach for the weekend. I got I don't have anybody blowing up my phone. Um, but then you know. <laughs> There's the gratification that you get for working for yourself. I don't know, man. Like you talk about Lyft, uh, it's so funny because a lot of those guys, I'll 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 talk to them whenever I'm I'm riding around with them and everything, and they they're always like more times than not just extremely happy to be able to set their own hours, and they do they flip the switch ironically enough because mm-hmm. they're driving in their office and this is this isn't an ad for lyft this is actually just me realizing oh wow that's kind of cool because it kind of takes away from what i was just proving as a point was like i work from home because i do internet stuff or i work in an office but in a car you can flip that switch and turn off the office and then go home and still set your own hours and everything i think that's the biggest problem that i have is being able to differentiate home life from work life because it's consuming me. I'm like, I'm like, I, I work all the time. I mean like, and I know like as I get older, as I get like to the point of marriage and kids and stuff, I've got to figure that out because right now I'm a madman. I am, I am go, 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 go all the time. And I need to be able to shut that off. But I, I do really enjoy what I do. You know, like, you know, please like, don't take it as like, what was me? Because who wouldn't want to get paid to go wingsuit you know or go do this explosive thing or go do this or that i mean i have a really good life in that sense where my job isn't physically demanding at times but uh mentally it can be exhausting because you're you're non-stop there is no separation because i mean your computer and your phone's always there so for me i don't know man it's it's very political um answer to say but it, it it's hard. It, it just depends on what point in your life you're at or where you're at in your life. Um, because some people need that structure. I, I loved working construction, man. At, at one point, um, yeah, I was, I was working construction from five 30 in the morning until three 30 in the afternoon. And those hours were great. I mean, I hated, uh, you know, getting up early in the morning. I love to sleep, but there's something gratifying about just being forced to get up early in the day and then just 
carpe diem, man. I'm just like, I'm doing something. I'm building something today. And then as soon as I punch that clock, man, when I go home, if I had a beer or whatever it was, man, I was just, I slept good. I slept hard, man. I just like, I hit that pillow. I was out. And, and, and maybe it was the physical labor. Maybe it was the structured environment. Maybe it's a combination of both. But it's now terrible. I find it challenging at times because I'll wake up at like one o'clock in the morning and go, oh man, I need to put this on my to-do list. I need to do this. I need to do that. And because I have so much stuff going on, uh, if I like my memory is shot, if I don't take and I do a notepad of things that I need to accomplish in a day, it's like anywhere from 50 to 80 different tasks that I need to accomplish in any given day. If I don't write those down when I think about them, forget it. What forget I've... it. So it interrupts my sleep cycle and stuff like that. So I mean, there's pros and cons to both. I mean, the the risk and reward, right? I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't come close to being um, financially as successful working for somebody else as I would probably for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just have to weigh those things and what works best for you. So I honestly, I think right now I'm okay with working for myself and somebody else. But it's it's. It's the best of both worlds. So the, it's the worst of worlds. The question was, what do you value most? Like, what do you want? Like, what, what's the situation oh, you prescribe to yourself? I just went on a rant, and I mm-hmm. didn't even answer the question. I didn't, no, I didn't get it out of there, right. but it was all right. Yeah, yeah. So so what do you value what in a gig? dick. <laughs> it wasn't even a rant. If that, you're such a nice. I we think we should all take note of Richard how little I interrupted. Is, because that was wild. Right here. Look at, <laughs> also take note of Richard is such a nice guy that he referred to that nice, measured, uplifting thing as a rant. Just because uh, you, you talked for a couple uh, minutes. Like, that was, I don't know, I think that's funny. So what do you value? He's a genuinely nice guy. <laughs> so just to answer your, your question, what do I value in a job? Um, I, I think physical labor is is something that is uh, is great for me i love just being physically exhausted at an end of the day mm-hmm. um and personal gratification um and this is this is the thing that that kind of probably gets to a lot of people is um that that gratification of not even a job well done of just completing a task um and even even if nobody acknowledges it, but if somebody does acknowledge it, it makes it worthwhile. Um, especially if you're helping somebody, you know, like uh, uh, be it in the customer service world or or whatever. And that's why, like, you know, people who who work in customer service, like be it waiters, bartenders, you know, I've, I've bartended and and everything, and I I just I love it, man. People who are helping you throughout your day. Uh, enjoy your time or whatever. I, I just feel like that that gratification goes a long way, and that's kind of like what I look for. You know, that it, what we do uh, in the enter- entertainment side of stuff. I I just I enjoy it. I I love it. When I worked at so when I worked in tech, right? I was a programmer, sysadmin, lots of stuff. Um, I think creating original stuff is the most highly regarded like task that you can do as a programmer or tech. But what I really liked doing was fixing broken things, solving customer problems, um, especially if someone else was stumped at it. Because what I got off on was wearing a cape. Like if, if when you make new things, like yeah, there's like it's, people give you this like printed out spec and things that you're supposed to implement, and it's what you're supposed to do, and then you meet the minimum standard if it's perfect. Like that's that's what that job is like. But when there's some diving catch in there and they're like, holy shit, we were losing a million dollars every minute that the system was down. And then Woody came in and brought it back up and saved the day. That's what I got off on. 
in the tech world. Like that was what you talked about satisfaction and like customer service. And it was like, yeah, I really liked that. It, that was, it was really rewarding for me for people to be like, you know, give this guy, I'd get little trophies. Like if they fucking get fortune 500 is silly, but yeah, they would like give you crystal trophies and stuff like it quarterly man of the quarter, whatever. And, uh, I'd line my, you have them still. No, I threw them out when I stopped working, but, uh, they, they were like, I have them all like, I collected more than my share of these things. <laughs> and, uh, like Dundies. Yeah, I like Dundies. <laughs> like Dundies. Yeah. And, and I would have, I would decorate my bookshelves and stuff with like these. Sometimes they were crystal. Sometimes they were plastic meant to look like crystal. And I just, you know, I'd put them everywhere. Every quarterly, like bonus and shit, I'd frame the damn things and like. like... All of your Sitskis. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would, I would, my cube was decorated with uh, my achievements. And. So well, I think I think it is in human nature though to like to want to be wanted or needed at some capacity. That sense of community, uh, that that I guess that reward goes a long way. I think people find it in work or whatever, you know, groups. Yeah, games, you want to feel needed. Whatever. Taylor, yeah, kind of same question for you. What do you value in a gig? And I, and you might be in a tougher spot because you're working right now. But like, what you like time to yourself? You like money? You like Low hours, oh, high hours, yeah. Like, what what is it that that defines a like something important um, about work to you? Really, it's just as much of the work itself. It's the people that I'm in contact with every day. Like, if I have a really good job, but my boss or some coworker is an asshole or is just not even if they don't do their job well, just if they're unpleasant or something that that that's that's something underrated. That if you're not in the workforce yet, you may find out if you go into a traditional line of work where you're working next to colleagues is you can be doing something fun that you're like, man, this is exactly what I want. Like I'm making a marketing proposal, whatever the fuck you're doing that you're kind of enjoying, like looking at the numbers, mm-hmm. trying to figure it out like a puzzle. But if the person you're with is an asshole, it's not, it, it, the whole thing is shot. Like that's all it takes for a job to suck. One person to be shitty. So it's the person, the people you work with, and then um, not having to work a lot at nights. Hmm. I feel very <laughs> constrained at night, I get a little more, like, if, if something comes up at, like, 10 p.m., and I feel like I have to go address it or shoot off some emails or, like, uh, put out a fire or something, I really don't like that. Like, I do it, but I, I don't, I feel almost like I'm on a leash at that point where it's like, oh, you thought you were watching Westworld? Not today! Like, like I don't, I don't like stuff like that. But. Night, nights don't bother me, but I will say, like, to tie into your first point on, like, happy coworkers, happy customers makes a big deal, too. So, so my daughter's, true, you're in retail, yeah. my daughter's 17, and she's, you know, like, got a whole world of of careers to pick from and because she does so well at speech one of the ones that keeps popping up is attorney right that's someone who might have to speak in front of a crowd or or present or what have you and it's like man the problem with attorney is most of the people you deal with in a lot of different kinds of, of law are having a bad day you know the same is true in my mind with doctors you know like if you work in the top or cop, yeah, that's a great example too. Like I think it, you just got to pick the kind because if you pick a breast augmentation doctor, it's a happy day every time. It's titties I, all day. I feel that way about OBGYN. Like, yeah, if you're oh, delivering no, babies, you just never seen a bad with, pussy with, uh, though. Yeah, you, you're just you're picturing you're picturing what you see on Reddit, like like the the uh, the simp the R simp uh, subreddit of all these perfect vaginas. You're picturing a bunch of Australian pornography legal pussies. But there's a whole vast world of vagina out there that the normal <laughs> human beings don't get exposed to that an OBGYN well, yeah. does. When pussies show up at the OBGYN, 
they're not sending their best. No. They're sending their moist. They're, I'm talking about they're in fact, delivering they're cheesy. babies. They're though. slightly yeasty. Um, <laughs> things like that. They're very overweight. You know, they're sending the, the ones. You're not going to walk in and find, you know, Katy Perry or someone sitting there like, hey, just wanted to make sure that you thought I was hot. I got a nice vag. Nothing's wrong with it. And you're like, thanks a lot, Katy Perry. I'll just put my glove on. Or do you mind if I don't? Wink, wink. Or whatever the fuck you would do. It's going to be like... My pussy hurts, and I think something's stuck up there. And you're so like, that's oh, gynecologist, well, let me get these right? What I'm actually talking about <laughs> is OBGYN <laughs> delivering babies, and like a lot of people, you ask them the best day of their life, and they'll pick the day their kid was born. Right? That that's a good day. Most babies of the die time. sometimes. Babies sometimes do die. Sometimes you get a Zika baby. Sometimes it comes out black. <laughs> oh you know, sometimes God. these days aren't so great. All right. I'm sure that's you're right. I'm, I'm just a saying, if I was a doctor. I think delivering babies would be my gig. Like most but of the time, babies and, then, and then it's not all baby delivery too, right? It's the first heartbeat. It's it's a lot of neat stuff. So all right, go ahead, goof off. That's your seek of babies. But, <laughs> but, yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. You think you would like that? I feel like it would very quickly turn the miracle of birth into um, something very formulaic and not as magical. It would go from like wow. Can you believe this human body basically homebrewed this little animal in there? That's really neat to like, all right, and now we should be expecting about six gallons of placenta in the next <laughs> few moments. Oh, here it comes right on schedule. All right, can we get a mop and a bucket in here and take I this out? I think it'd to be cool to be competent at that job and to do it well. And to, oh, you no, know. that would be a nice skill to have. I think, like, I like think you, humans have been really good at giving birth since way before they've gotten to hospital, False. Right? We sucked at it forever. Oh, we yeah. Real bad at it. <laughs> that's yeah. that's so, okay. You know right. your Bible. God did this to us. God did. That's why. That's why people have to farm too. God said, "Hey, you have to push a kid out of your vagina. It's gonna really suck." And men, you have to deal with her and work <laughs> your whole life. And everybody's like, "Oh man, this is this sucks." You know? Apple. <laughs> and ladies, you have to deal with your angry man when he gets home from work. In retrospect, in retrospect, what would you change? Shouldn't have eaten the apple. Hmm. Yeah, you know, honestly, all it needed was like one generation of no apple eating, and then they could have just built a fence. Yeah. They could have just made it so it's like, what's under that tarp? We don't talk about it. Just, are you enjoying life, asshole? Then don't question. What kind of, we were talking about how, so lawyers, you're dealing with like the scum of the earth or people on their uh, Mm -hmm. worst day ever or whatever. What are the lawyers who don't? What are the lawyers who deal with happy days? Like maybe someone who does closing costs on mansions or something like that. Like, like, like that sounds like you're, you're like hobnobbing with really wealthy clientele who, who are like very likely to, you know, maybe make you your friend. Maybe you take a step up in life because you're, you're selling these big yachts or these $8 million. Is anybody ever something. happy to pay a lawyer though? You know, when we signed, ah. I, I bought two homes in my life and each time it was kind of a good day. Like you know, when you sometimes. sign that paperwork, you go to the closing and, and they seem to get like $750 for an hour worth of sitting there doing fucking nothing. <laughs> um, yep. It's and they were worthless. Like our real estate agent, in both cases, caught mistakes that the attorney made because they sit in probably as many as they do. And so, so yeah, they, they just. They, but that's a good job too, real estate attorney. Uh, the real estate attorney we talked to most recently used to be a criminal attorney. Used to be the prosecutor mm-hmm. for this area, and he's that. like, never no, do shitty. that. He's like, because you work with criminals all day long, it's terrible. Yeah, and and you're pissing criminal. At least if you're a defense attorney, the worst thing that could happen, I suppose, would be that like you get somebody off, and you're like, oh my god, he really did rape those women. I got him free. But if you're a prosecutor, then maybe you're putting the rapist in jail, and he's like. I'm going to get you, motherfucker. And you deal with that every single day. 
Like, like that would I, I couldn't do that. Like, like or every defense day, attorney, you don't get someone off. off, and like the Messini family sends off. someone, and and you say hi. Like, I feel like being an attorney in that criminal world, this is probably just like a movie bullshit thing. But I, I feel like so. you'd have to be a little bit scared, where it's like shit. Yeah. Like, I didn't get that guy off. He's really well connected, or oh, I got that guy off, and he is clearly shady as shit. You're and as nervous I as a North Korean he, soccer yeah. player. Like, oh, God, don't, <laughs> don't kick it too hard. Please, those this guys is my life. It, yeah, those guys have it rough because, they. first of all, you don't get enough food to grow into an athlete of any kind, and then they put you out there against the best that, you know, England or Spain has yeah. to offer, and they just get butt-fucked. Yeah. Like, not but even... I, why would he, they even field a soccer team just to show that they, at the very most, have a cursory understanding of the sport? and haven't eaten nearly enough kale and whey powder <laughs> to be competing at that level. Whey powder? <laughs> yeah, whey powder. Whey yeah. protein powder, I'm whatever. I'm really sorry for North Korean athletes. I've heard, you know, throw, they throw them in, like, vats of acid or something if they do poorly. They, those guys are often under threat. They're like, you better score a fucking goal tonight or, or your, your wife gets it. That's just it. I feel He's like if I'm from Sweden, up. I give someone a pity goal. Like, you know, here, exactly. guys, we're up 7 to yeah. nothing. Here, 7-1, knock yourself out. If, if, Please, if can I'm you let me score? Korean, I want I'm my like, wife to take at least eight fingers. You know, <laughs> if I'm North Korean, I'm like screaming it to like the the Brazil, my Brazilian counterpart. Like this means everything to me. You don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> there are guards in our locker room right now. There's a feed. My whole family has guns to their head. Just let it in. Do you notice how 22 guys went in at halftime and 17 came back? You know, <laughs> there's a reason. All those guys are dead in the showers, piled up. <laughs> All right. I feel like they get a lot of red cards. Let's they like, they'd be so aggressive. What's Kyle's Did you see the story here? of the lady kidnapped in California? So she's 34-year-old, blonde hair, blue eyes, 5'3", 100 pounds. Beautiful lady, and she was kidnapped a couple weeks ago, been missing for a while. And when someone's missing for that long, especially a young lady like this, you figure she's dead, right? She's, she's just yeah. dead somewhere, or even worse. And, and then all of a sudden, she turns up on the side of the road, emaciated, tortured, branded, hair chopped off, beaten, chain marks on her wrists and ankles, and she has one of the most ridiculous stories that apparently is true. Apparently, two Hispanic women kidnapped her and held her ca captive for days, beating, torturing, and, and cursing her. And they say that the brand is a message, but nobody knows what it says. Hispanic women? As soon as I heard women, I Get thought... Fire. I thought... As soon as I heard that. I was like, <laughs> women? I wish a motherfucker would try. <laughs> you know, like, bring your shit... Hispanic men, or any men, really. Two men? No, thank you. No, no, you just stay at home. Two women? Let's do this. Let's go, bitches. How many North Korean <laughs> soccer players do you think you could beat up at the same time? One. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine they're the best they have to offer, but, but a, a couple... Here's about this. Donald Trump is going to like this one. He's going to be talking about those those bad hombres coming in. He's going to want to build that wall. This Dude, is if this is true. This is incredibly sad. It, it it is true. Apparently, like like when I first heard it, I was like bullshit. That's not a thing that happens. But the more they vet her story, the more it turns out. You know, the evidence backs it up. Yeah. And I doubt she tortured herself. Right. So, yeah. You know, exactly. And kept herself bound. Man, that is that's really shitty. Yeah. How so, and also women. So I guess she wasn't sexually abused. Oh, I bet she was. Sound like it. Uh, they haven't said anything about sexual it's not abuse. not on the list. Yeah. Here, let me read it. 87 pounds, so down from 100. Severe burns, rashes, and chain markings on her body. Her hair chopped off and branded. Just like Kyle said. Dude. 
But she got abducted she's, by women? Now I'll give her a pass because she's a five foot three hundred pound girl. But me yeah. I got a gun. Yeah, and I, I have a gun. Oh. Maids from the Hilton kind of wide stance, like bulky. Oh come those, on. Those, those yeah, right? Like, like, like... Come on, Richard, back me up. You wish a motherfucker would try, right? Couple women abduct you? <sighs> come on. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Oh, you like, I, Oh, you know you're thinking it. You gotta be. No, you wouldn't want to. Two girls? Then, because even if it came out in a story that, like, uh, famed YouTuber Richard Ryan, accosted by two Hispanic females, manages to escape, going to Ryan now, <laughs> and then it shows you and these two cudgeled and bloodied women behind you, no one is going to be like, wow, that was really brave of him. How did <laughs> he just one of those situations. It's one of those situations where you lose either way. Oh, no, you don't? Right? It's oh, it's like, well, you lose either way. It's like, okay, uh, they they win and they kidnap you, beat you up or whatever. Even if you get a black eye, they're going to be like, come on, dude, bro. You couldn't handle two chicks? Come yeah. on. You and then if you you fuck, you end up killing two of them, or you beat them both up. It's like, oh, Richard thinks he's a big man now, beating up on two little women trying to just play games with him. See, what I could picture Either happening way. is like that, like maybe you get a little too aggressive, like or a little too defensive, and if they come up to you, kind of just go like, fuck off, and you like push them real quick to try and de-escalate, and then they have like one of those uh, million dollar baby or whatever the fuck, like stumbling backwards, and they crack their head on a, you know. Curb side of the road to the curb and you're just like oh oh shit i hope there's a camera somewhere oh shit like <laughs> you really hope there's not a camera somewhere you yeah. gotta you gotta just back out of this situation oh not yeah me. whenever I... I see that in a movie it's that nightmare self-defense scenario where like the guy is just standing there being himself and then like a drunk belligerent person just chooses him to be his victim and he does his, his best to be defensive about it but in the end he hits the guy and the guy falls and dies right there and then that guy's three friends are screaming you killed billy he killed billy did everybody see it he killed him like that's the nightmare scenario but the dream yeah. scenario is this first of all there's cameras. There's cameras from six different angles, so we can edit this into something nice. And then, yeah. second, the women come. They try to abduct you. You know, they're grabbing your shirt. They're trying to pull you away. You wrestle yourself free, and then you fucking let the fists fly. And they just, like, go... It's like... They melt under your advance. Exactly. Just, they just, just, just fucking... Just, uh, just, knock <laughs> One hit drops to the ground. The second one foolishly doesn't learn from the first example. You're doing the Ali she shuffle, comes at, like, yeah. right in the middle of the second. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> the second one drops. By that point, the first one's gotten back up again, and she's stumbling. But we've proven self-defense at this point. She's still coming at me. Equal rights, equal lefts, bitches. So that that's the dream scenario. And then, of course, we yeah. edit oh, together. Jesus. If that's not a shirt already, you need to sell that one with me. <laughs> oh, equal I didn't right, it up. equal lefts. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that before. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> I, my my fantasy of like the defense thing though has is not defending myself against women because no one will be like wow Taylor you really muscled that that five foot six hundred and fifteen pound girl to the ground you really showed her what was what like no I, if anything the fantasy is you are in the hallway as the school shooting is going down you don't have a gun you don't you don't have anything so you have to like pick up some implement 
out of the corner of the science room like some like metal rod and then like as they're running down the hallway you get the jump and you beat them to death or something and then you get to be the guy on CNN being like well everybody else was fucking terrified not me though found the, the science stick in the corner position myself and you'd say it in a way like where you planned you'd be like well I watched a lot of survivalist YouTube a lot of Richard Ryan on YouTube and so I got down in the corner waited and then I struck like wow that is so brave you're a hero I heard you started a GoFundMe yes that's GoFundMe Taylor the hero um, <laughs> the goal is 10 million and I agree with you but this was all predicated on this woman that got abducted by two other women and it was like oh yeah fucking bring that shit my way that that that's where the girl beating up came. There was a story years ago that I read part of it where it was um, a guy in like Germany or Russia. I think Russia. This is a very this is a very Russian thing to do. Where a guy broke into somewhere, tried to rob this place, a woman's store, and she ended up getting the upper hand on him somehow by like uh, he wasn't paying attention and he knocked him. She knocked him out and she tied him up and raped him. For days. Wait, she raped him, him for days? Yeah. She was feeding him Viagra and stuff. She was feeding him Viagra. Again, like, I wish a motherfucker would. Yeah, <laughs> no, you <laughs> don't. Because you'd be knocked out and tied up and forced to have this uh, priaptic penis that looks like it's going to rot off. What do you know? Maybe that's like, my kink. No, it's not. It's not anyone's kink, Woody. It's not anyone's kink to be to be to be fucking kidnapped by an ugly Russian widower and Wait, then banged never, every night. Like, shit, no, that who knew awful. ugly? God, you ruined then, it. Of course, it, it's Russia, and so I'm pretty sure that when he got out, they were just he was like, you know, she raped me for days, and they're like, you were in there <laughs> trying to steal her biscuits and her kolosh. That is all she have. What do you expect her to do? You know, like that's, that's all that they would say. Like they, yeah, they no even, charges for her. I guarantee it. Like, she might get a medal in Russia. Dude, America has a real... The rapist cross. Frightened yeah, view of Russia, cross. don't we? Like, I can't think of another country where I just assume everybody is like a MMA-trained badass that can drink liters of vodka and shake that off. They're all, like, just tough and maybe dumb, but, like, a real problem in any kind of fight, military or personal. Like, that's my view yeah. of Russian. It's it, even tough. No, you know why? Insurance regulations, because in Russia they have to have dash cams <laughs> for insurance regulations. And so we see all the crazy shit that goes on in Russia because of dash cam footage. We don't see nothing in the U.S. So it's just like Russia's the craziest place. On Look, there's a meteor. That those people are running towards it. What are they doing? What yeah. are they doing? Rich, for people who don't know, it's not that you have to, but you get a discount on your insurance if you have a dash That's cam. That's right. Yeah, that's and, right. and uh, I like that idea. And fraud is very prevalent there. That's, fraud, that's, that's right. And People will jump out bats. in front of you, take some bullshit like fender bender off their ass, and then sue you sue you badly. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're a Russian, put all of your rubles into the aluminum bat market because <laughs> every single person in Russia has three aluminum bats in different areas in their cars. That it's it is crazy how quickly like they take it out the way that Kyle if Kyle went to a gun range and he had a gun in his holster he'd just take it out and he'd start shooting plinking away they do it like that where they're like oh you have to get too close to me I'm trying to go through the light well I see what we have to do and then you just go up there you know around the top grabs the bat and usually what happens is he walks towards the other guy and the other guy goes oh you think you have the only Louisville slugger in Russia and he pulls his own out and then they go and then they kind of like take a couple stutter steps and then they go, well, I like your tracksuit. And then they walk back and they go, oh, keep going. 
like, it's rare that you see when both of them have weapons that it I've really seen gets it. out of control. The I guy pulls out his like he one guy short aluminum bat. Like he, it looked like a kid's t-ball bat, and I picked those up at Walmart and thought to myself, like, God damn, you could pull yeah, somebody right. with this thing. It weighs nothing. No, it's the opposite. It's like a, a three foot long aluminum bat, and it weighs fucking nothing. You could flick it with your wrist and knock somebody out. He pulls that thing out and starts advancing on the other guy. The other guy reaches into the bed of his truck and pulls out like a long wooden dowel, like 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 two and two and a half <laughs> inches thick. And it, but it's too long to wield. He hits the guy and breaks it on the first whack, and then the other guy just wails on him with the bat. It just beats the shit out of him. Can we watch this video? It's probably yeah. uh, we've watched it before on the show, so it's a bit of a repeat. But that's what I do, and it's probably been two years. So, the, oh, I not, love this video. I this watched not, this like thank twice you for a month. the support. I appreciate that. This yeah, is a great, great one. Uh, Richard, are you ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Video because the font is uh, chiller. <laughs> <laughs> chill or whatever it was ready i'm ready set play so this one we need audio for the audio is key because there's a ping involved so these guys are in the street just picking on cars that go by kicking them it's being no good nicks yeah street thugs this is when you, okay, there's a guy just walking up onto the hood of a car that for some reason has stopped. Ah, dang. He went oh, out the window, like, full on. Like, they're attacking the guy's car, basically. He's just trying to pass it. There's, like, five, five of them at least. He's pulling away, but he's, he's stopping now. He's is he stopping on yours? You're ahead of yeah. the stream. Yeah, he's, he's not leaving in a way that he actually wants to. He's brooding about whether or not he should start shit. Or finish it. They're, they're alternatively screaming, drive away, and let's go. Babe, go in the bathroom. So, I, well, he can't see it. The there it is. <laughs> he stopped at the end of the street, and he's challenging, like, four people to a fight. But he has a bat. And I, I want to be quiet at this point, so you hear it. You hear that sickening crack? That's no, not a crack. Yes. God dang! Yes. Listen, there's more. Yes. This guy's beating the shit out of these guys with a bat in the middle of the road. <laughs> he's clubbing the fuck out of them. And There's he's a coming yeah. He's bouncing from one yeah. oh my Dang! God. When he hits people, this it goes tame! shit on him. Have you ever played one of those? Oh my god, this is like Assassin's Creed. He lost Creed, the bat! He lost the bat! Let my motherfucker run! The enemy locking on. <laughs> they're all chasing him! He had to run for it. They're trying to get him out of his Oh, ass. they're all over him. Someone's hanging on, yes. but he drives away. <laughs> oh, and the guy who was hanging off gets his legs run over. <laughs> now there's a group of defeated people trying to admit that four of them just all got beat up. Every single one of them deserved yeah. every hit that they got. Yeah, I think in Puerto Rican. Yeah, they got what they deserve. Is that? Right I couldn't make it. I, I was going to call him Italian, but I wasn't sure, a, so I said nothing. What kind nothing. of flag is that right there we're looking at? Like, next to the American flag. Oh, I don't know. Does anyone know? I think if those guys were Italian, the the in-charge Don or underboss or whoever would have come out there and told them to, to stop. You know, <laughs> hey, we actually make a lot of money, so please don't harass random Uber drivers in alleyways. <laughs> That guy got out and, and really threw a whooping on those dudes. He did not give a shit. He went in there like he was Bruce Lee confident with taking on a group of five. Yeah. It, that, that was great. It, it, have you seen uh, from, from Paris with Love when Travolta like beats up like six Chinese guys with a, with, with a club? like that? It was like that. It was nuts. Although they really took it well. You know, in the movies, you hit somebody with a aluminum bat and they're just down for the count. 
He didn't knock anybody down. He definitely hurt a lot of people, though. The, yeah. yeah. I, and I, I had to wonder if some of those tings weren't against human flesh. Like, what do you hit on a person that goes ting? Like, it goes thud, Shins. right? Yes. Eyes. Elbows. Elbow. Elbow, yeah. I, elbow. Uh, can you imagine that hitting your elbow, though? Oh, oh that's horrible. Shatter. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, that that cool. guy... That guy's a real badass. Cause like I'm like, oh, two girls. I wish a motherfucker would. He's like six guys. <laughs> I wish a motherfucker six guys. I wish you wouldn't. I, I, kindly <laughs> let me pass. I, uh... You know what I would like to keep in my car just in case is a collapsible trident and net, so that if <laughs> they do come after me, they'll be so baffled by me getting out, and I'll keep a, a, a gladiator helmet in there too. And so I'll get out, you know, <laughs> pull out my 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 my. Tr- fucking trident and then my, my net and I'll goad them into it. You know? I'll, I'll say things in Latin or, or like in, you know, the way that old people scream something about that. Poseidon. Like, like, as soon as like get your, get your trident out. I'll have your head if you take another step. That would battle. about taking them back to the depths with you. Nobody would get in a fight with me. They'd be like, this guy keeps gladiator shit in his car. This at the very least is going to bite me and I'm going to catch something. Like th- this guy's a maniac. <laughs> yeah, maybe in Westworld, I would, I would, I would like, I would want that, you know. But in this world that I'm in right now, I'm terrified of confrontations because it's like I feel like I'm gonna lose either way. I always, I always look at it that way. It's like I'm gonna, I'm gonna hurt somebody and they're gonna sue me, or I'm gonna try to assess it and take too long to assess it. And then I'm gonna get fucked up <laughs> or killed, you know? Because like it's like I, I don't want to like like even even concealed carrying. There's like such a huge responsibility, right? Because you don't want to like you know you need to clearly identify the threat <laughs> and everything, and not just randomly shoot somebody. So it's like you you want to weigh the pros and cons, but it's is that gonna take too long? And then it's like being it is what we do. I'm sure there's people out there who would want to look for confrontation just to say that they did or whatever, you know. Have you ever um, needed concealed carry, troll. Richard? Like, is it, have, you, have you ever needed concealed carry, used it, like been happy you have it? Um, actually, there's been times and I, I was really glad that I didn't. Um, um, and I, I didn't at that time. Um, because I'd, I'd be afraid, because, I mean, you, you'd use it in the... The you wouldn't p- draw on somebody to get them to leave. You draw mm-hmm. on somebody in the event that you needed to defend yourself, right? Right. I remember one time I was in L.A. and um, and obviously I couldn't conceal there. And uh, it's right when I first went out there. I was uh, driving my truck, and I- I'm just gonna tell people what happened. I'm not trying to make this uh, topic of conversation. This is just what happened. Um, but. Um, I was going, I didn't know the streets that well, and I had just moved there like a week or two prior and Olympic downtown LA turns into like a dead end and you have to like, all, both lanes go into a left-hand turn to get on this other area. So everyone kind of tries to merge over at the last minute. And a lot of people get frustrated with people who wait to the last minute to merge because that's a dick move, right? That's mm-hmm. ar- arguably a 
big source of a lot of traffic problems, people waiting, and then everybody has to break and blah, 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 blah. So I understand why people get upset about that. But I, I, I couldn't see what needed to be done. And this was pre-GPS. So we had um, Tom's Guides. So it's this big, thick, like, phone book thing that grids out L.A. And so when you wanted to figure out where you would wanted to go, you would you would go, like, H5. And then you would flip to H5 and figure out how you would get there and everything. So I'm trying to navigate my way around Los Angeles. And, um, and so I need to merge to get over. And I put my blinker on and everything. And, and I merge over. And it wasn't in an aggressive way. I mean, this was, like, legit me with turn signal on and uh and and just slowly getting over and this guy and his 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 girl pull up to me and just lose their mind just start losing their mind and i have a tennessee tag on and everything and uh he gets out and my what, window's what down you say? it's you hot a, or whatever a, a tennessee tag a tennessee license plate oh okay. yeah a tennessee tennessee license plate sorry mm-hmm. um and he gets out and then um just runs up to my truck and like sticks his head and and like he's like going to grab me and everything he's just like so what the what the fuck is your problem blah, blah, blah. it just starts like going off he's like he's like that's why nobody likes you people blah blah blah, blah. and i'm like <laughs> like whoa 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 what's going on and so like you know i just started like kind of like that situation where i'm like just driving off and everything but like had that dude like pulled me out of like the truck like like in a situation like that, I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess that that would be a good scenario for like pepper spray or a taser or something like that because it's like a a less lethal thing where I wouldn't mm-hmm. really afraid for my life, but I could have got really like screwed up. But um, as far as situations, actually, yes, yes, there is there. It is it, not necessarily concealed carry, but open carry. Um, so another California story. Um, you remember the Chris Dorner shootout? I don't know if I've told this uh, on the know. podcast here, so forgive me. I don't know. Forgive me if Even I have. Even if I did, the um, viewers might not. Okay. Um, so Chris Dorner hmm. was the um, the former LAPD officer who ended up uh, killing uh, maybe one or two people, and it was a huge manhunt in mm-hmm. LA. They shot the the LAPD shot up like a um, a, a vehicle something. that looked like his, yeah, mm-hmm. and one. it was a Korean lady driving it. I mean, it was a big, massive manhunt. Well, it just so happened that um, they had. Uh, while we were, I used to film at Big Bear a lot. So we had like a property out there that was uh, maybe a couple hundred acres, which is off a four wheel drive path, like fire trail. So only us and maybe the fire, the um, park rangers had access to it. So it take, if you go up to Big Bear, the road that goes up the mountain, you have to exit going halfway off the mountain, unlock a gate, and go on this fire trail for like an hour and a half to get to this property. It's extremely remote, extremely remote. And, um, and we, we were out there filming early one morning and I was setting, setting stuff off, making noise and everything. And a drone flow flew over us. And I was like, all right, uh, we, we should start packing up because it takes a while to break down a slow-mo camera and all that other stuff. And, um, sheriff's department rolls up and like a black SUV and everything, AKs and all this other stuff. And they're like, what are you guys doing out here? And like, uh, 
it's our property filming. <laughs> um, what's going on, officer? And he's like, well, you need to, there's like a, a potential murder suspect coming down this ridge here. You guys need to get off the mountain right now. He's like, go up that road um, or go up the trail. There's going to be a roadblock, um, you know, blah, 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 blah. I was like, wait, so there's a potential murder suspect coming down this ridge right now. Um, we're on private property right now. I have guns. Um, it's not necessarily legal for me to carry them loaded in transport. Is it all right? Is it safe for me to carry that in transport just in case we run into them? It was so frustrating, the statement that came out of this guy's what did he mouth. Say? He was like, you should be all right. <laughs> he paused. He paused. He paused for like five seconds, not even a beat. It was like two or three beats. And he's like, You should be all right. It's like, Fuck that. As in, like, and, go unarmed. You'll probably be not shot. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, If you see, if you see, and, and this was, this was the funny thing. It was, he was like, If you see, if you see a black man, uh, in the road or whatever, or the trail, you, you just, you just, you just keep driving. You hit him or keep driving. <laughs> I was like, wait, so you're telling me there's, there's no, there's no like uh, black officers on, on the, the police force there, LAPD or Homeland Security? Probably not. <laughs> <Or anything like laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. There, there's only going to be one guy potentially coming down this ridge. But that was the one time, like, which, <clears throat> I mean, not trying to make this political in any, any way, but I was like really really frustrated because you know people talk about firearms laws and restrictions and regulations and how they affect certain people and they're like oh when will you ever need that when do you ever need that let me tell you at that moment i was so angry that the state of california put me and my crew in a significant disadvantage with a potential murder suspect who had stuff that was not California compliant. Could had we gotten to had loaded magazines and cause it doesn't take long to put so, a mag in. But here's the thing. So, mm -hmm. uh, I had, I had, uh, AR 15, mm -hmm. um, rifles. And so you're limited to a, a 10 round magazine, uh, and you have to have a bullet button. So, uh, I don't, I don't know I don't if know you've ever seen is. those. So a bullet button is a thing that so the the law is written that you can't have a semi-automatic firing rifle that doesn't have a fixed magazine. So they came up with this bullet button, which is a um, a device that you put on your magazine release, um, which it, it just it makes it so you have to have an Allen wrench or a bullet. So you stick a tip of a bullet into the hole. And it will depress the the mechanism so you can release the magazine. It's a very cumbersome way to, you know, manipulate your 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 firearm, uh, and it adds a lot of time in in the event that you it's, need to do a it's magazine change. It's part of change. loading, though. The idea is that you can't quick change a magazine anymore. It's I it's see. it's it's doing the same thing as only giving you ten rounds. It's making you less lethal. I understand. Yeah. So the loading would be quick. So, just if you needed more than ten rounds, you'd have a real problem. Ah, uh, no, because you have to because no, no. you no longer have a mag release that you can just tap with your finger. You have a hole there that you have to insert something into. Now, th the idea was that you have to go back to a bench and use a tool, but the way the law is written, everybody just takes a bullet and psh, pops the mag out and puts another one in there. So he's saying quick changing his mag isn't going to be a thing. What, what I'm trying so, to ask so is the, the first ten rounds though is one of the magazines. 
that's the, what I'm trying to get at though is the 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 first shot, right? So you can't carry a loaded weapon. Can you not just put the magazine in a hurry in there? Like because it's otherwise empty, right? There's no magazine at all. Could you load it real no, quick? Because in, Cal- in California, firearms have to be in lock uh, a locked case for transport. Oh god! So you had <laughs> a hard a hard pelican case and useless. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. Okay. So if something does go it's bad, it's just a valuable item for them to steal. Here I'm thinking yeah, it's a sling you, that you could load in two and a half seconds. It was so interesting to see the the opposite of that in Georgia. There was this guy who uh, he murdered his girlfriend and like her mother in South Carolina, and then ran, uh, came down Interstate 85 into uh, our hometown, and then ran out of gasoline at the elementary school and abandoned the car there. So they find the car the next morning. So now the manhunt is on, and this is like right next to my dad's farm. And uh, and so my dad and all the farmers are up there talking to the deputy and they're like, well, we think he's over there. You know, we've we've sort of quarantined him off to like 200 acres of that. And 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 like my dad and like four or five farmers got their shotguns and and start and just spread out 50 yards and started going through the woods. They ran him out of the fucking woods. <laughs> they ran him out of the woods, like ran him out of the field and they got him like, like they weren't close to catching him or anything. But there, but them like going through the woods like drove him out in the open and they caught him. Damn. And the, sh- wow. the sheriff's department was like, "Yeah, yeah, y'all come in from that side and just bang and make a lot of noise and keep your guns with you." <laughs> <laughs> y'all been deputized. <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, when, yeah. you got butt when, shot? When, we, <laughs> when we got to the end of the road, I never drove my uh, truck that like that off road before. I mean, we were we were wrecking my truck to get out. Uh, to the main road, and I'd never seen anything like it. I've never seen this type of police. People talk about like they'll see a bear cat uh, or something like that. You know, uh, a police force with a uh, bear cat. And Department of Han- Homeland Security had that. Um, the uh, what was that movie with Van Dam? Um, that they had like the Universal Soldier, like the the semi truck, the Homeland Security <laughs> mobile. The oh, mobile wow. command station yeah. that like comes out and stuff. They had they had ATVs, side by sides, Bearcats. They had. I mean, this was like one of the biggest police forces I'd ever seen. It was. It was. Him? It was impressive. Of course they did. Right. It was like, impressive. When did they finally get him. That day, they they that was a thing. There was a cabin up on the the ridge there. Um, it wasn't it it wasn't really that close to us. They just they were worried that he was gonna flee the cabin and then come down the ridge or something. Um, but um, it, it, I think they ended up killing him in the cabin, like the cabin caught fire or something like that. And they, uh, I, I don't know the details. I think there so was a I'm shootout, right? Like they, but, but there was, was a lopsided there was, shootout. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, Very lopsided. I mean, yeah. the only, the only thing I saw was like helicopter cam footage. <laughs> I was like, well, he's not going to make it. The closest yeah. I've <laughs> ever come to being happy with concealed carry. I, I, I was in a, um, like a quickie mart, like one of those gas station rest stops or whatever. And two or three guys came in and they just, they didn't do anything to me, but they walked around like they owned the place in a frightening way. Loud, booming voices, knocking shit off shelves, talking shit about people in the store, you know, this woman, this, like what? They were just lawless, is how I imagine. Who was that guy? Michael Brown, maybe, who like stole the Swishers and strong arm robbery the guy for the cigar shortly before the yeah, police killed him in Ferguson. Yeah. yeah. Um, they acted like that. They acted like they were just fucking above everything, ruleless, 
that, like messing up displays and whatever. And I had a gun in my pocket, and it was just like, you know, I'm not starting anything. Were these like young kids, like teenagers? No, call them like. I'll just say it: big, strong, black, maybe twenty-four to twenty-eight. They, they all. Older well, than yeah, I it's, it, yeah. You know what's crazy though is like when it comes to concealed carry though. Um, I had whenever I was younger, I had um, kind of preconceived notions about uh, why you would do it and the people who do it. And I do see, see people who kind of see it as like a power trip, where it's like, "Ooh, I've got this gun," you know, blah 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 blah. Honestly, it had the exact opposite effect on me. Like I'm, like when when I I carry, it's like, like I am a million times nicer to people. I am a million times more of a de-escalator uh, than if if somebody like was was doing that and they're like being loud. I'm like, yeah, how's it going, buddy? Yeah, you're like, hey man, how's it going? Nah, oh no worries, no, nah, I'm sorry, I'm in your way here. Blah 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 blah. You know, I am like, I'm not. I, I'm just I'm just a de-escalator. Like I am I'm I'm not. I just don't want to have to get in that situation. Is like, it a reminder just, to you that other people could be having a gun in their pocket just like you no, have? No, I don't even care. I mean, I probably should, but it's more its more of a an ego check for me. Where is it's it, like, it's like, no, man. Is it that you don't have to save face when there's a gun in your pocket? Because that, that includes, that, I'm not a perfect person, I guess, but that somehow impacts my mindset. Like, if, if for example... I don't know, some guy were to come up and bump my shoulder or something and I had no gun, then I might be inclined to be like, hey. But if I have a gun in my pocket, it's like, I know exactly how this would you go You almost down. have a duty to de-escalate because you know what it could evolve yeah. into. There's that, and, but, and but yeah, that's not even where I was headed. Where I was headed was like, you know, he bumps your shoulder and it's like, you almost don't have to like prove you're a tough guy because you know there's a fucking yeah. gun in your pocket and... Like, if it, anything, there's plausible yeah, deniability. But, but have you thought like, that all the way be, through, though? I don't have to be the big you, man on not, campus. But yeah, but you can't, you can't draw on somebody for bumping into you. You'll no, go to but jail like, for like, that. Like, let's just say hypothetically, you've got two options. Someone bumps you. You can either just not say anything and continue shopping for donuts, or you can say something and be like, hey, man, what's the scoop with this, right? If there's a gun in your pocket, then there's, all in my mind anyway, no need to, like, prove that I could have you know, won yeah. that scenario. It's already won between yeah. my ears, you know? Like, so let's just not play this out. Whereas if there's no gun in my pocket, it's like, oh, is, am I going to let this guy bully me? You know, they, they call it in gun circus the, the tiger smile or something like that. Like, like, you know, you just look, you know how it would have gone down. Let's not do that. Yeah, yeah I think I think that I think it depends on the person, really. I, I, I think different personalities feed on it the energy that it it brings to a situation differently for me it like i mean it just it 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 makes me more aware of the consequences of a potential situation so it makes me that much more uh trying to de-escalate in that sense right like, as, as much as i, I goof know, I, about it there's some guys who do the whole like this is what i train for how dare you bump my shoulder right uh that that's not what goes through my head it's it's more like ah, oh, there's I don't know. Like, it's pre-1. You've got a gun in your pocket. You don't need to follow yeah. this down this rabbit hole. Well, yeah, it makes I know. you a responsible I th- I gun that, owner. Like, some... Yeah, I think escalate. at some point, though, like, those, those, those people haven't really thought it all the way through, right? Where it's like, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, if, 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 you, if you do get in that situation, you're like, oh, 
you bumped me. Fuck you. You know, like, hey, you got a problem, buddy? I got a gun in my pocket. Whatever. Would you like? Would you want it to get to that point? And even if it did, would you be able to justify killing somebody just for bumping you? If you do, then that's, in my opinion, well, that's never bit the of way a... it would play out, right? Like, so the, no, the, that's the hypothetical mean, like... gun in your pocket situation is he bumps you, you say, "Hey, what's up?" If he's like, "What's up?" is whatever I say is fucking up, pushes you again, like, like obviously it never goes to like, "Hey, shoulder bump, bang bang," like that. That's not the scenario. The scenario is he continues to escalate. No, that's what I'm saying, yeah. though, is like, so like, that is the ultimate escalation of that scenario. So why? Like, so I, I would just personally say, like, well, the, it would be like, well, if somebody does bump you, then why would you why would you not deescalate it? Why would you want to escalate it or potentially be like, fuck you and like try to stand, you know, like, I don't know. It's like it, Maybe it's you're... different. No, go ahead. Sorry. I mean, it'd be different. Somebody's like, like trying to rob you in the intense right there. But then, like, what if there was an honest mistake and that somebody just didn't see you or bump you or or whatever? I don't know. It's just like I, 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 I don't. I, don't. Yeah, I, I mean, don't know. it's always best to de-escalate if you can. But I think just Woody's point is that you are more likely to de-escalate if you have a gun on you because I am. it's like. If you if you get bumped and you don't have a gun and you're with your girlfriend or whatever it is, like there's an intrinsic like I need to demonstrate that I'm a man and that this guy isn't gonna walk all over me and be like, you know, hey, what's up, man? Like, what the hell? And then if he goes, Oh, what do you mean? What's up, faggot? And like just gets in a big thing, then you've <laughs> escalated into a real thing. But if you have a gun and you get bumped, it's more like I have a responsibility as I've, a gun owner to I've not escalate. Traffic. And so the girl next to you goes, Look at that guy. He's not being a pussy. He's being he knows he has a gun in his pocket. And he cannot escalate this because there's no way for it to go well. I've no had way. traffic situations where, like, the guy literally has tried to run me off the road before because he just wants to pass me that bad, and he's going to go around through the the, cur- the on the shoulder and like swerve and almost hit me. And part of me wants to stomp on the gas because my car's faster. And I, but what am I going to do? Run him off the road? And I looked at my girlfriend. I was like, that guy's an asshole. If I were an asshole, then this ends with me fucking killing him because I chase him, and then he's like, pull over, buddy, and then he gets a bat, and then now I've got a gun, and now I have to shoot him. Let's just let him win this this stupid fucking like caveman victory and continue down the road where somebody else is probably going to take care of his ass anyway. In driving, yeah, I, I, I wasn't always this way, but I've evolved into this real like, hey, we're all same team, man. We're all just trying to get where we're going <laughs> without hitting anything. Oh, that are, is not my. Are you struggling track. merging right now? It wasn't when I was twenty five either. Are you struggling to merge right now? I got you, bro. You know, like, and like, I have a friend who's like, look at this guy. He needs to merge into traffic. He has neither like made room for the guy next to him or done anything to match traffic speed. Like this guy's just really fucked up. And in my head, I think I've probably been there. I've probably been that guy and, and driving. I'm actually really like, you'd like driving with a thousand woodies. Like it would work out well. We'd all be cool and chill and, and same team and just work our way down the road without hitting shit. Um, Do you listen to music or podcasts when you drive? Uh, I listen to talk and news uh, like almost yeah. exclusively. There's Pretty almost never any. Music. I've got serious XM, the key. so like it's a lot of Stern, um, and it's a lot of like. And lately, it's been a lot of a uh, lot of uh, Jim uh, Norton and uh, Anthony. Uh, no, no, who is it? It's oh, it's not O and A. It's fucking. It's uh, it's it's Jim it's Norton Jim and, Sam, Norton Roberts. and yeah. Sam Roberts. Yeah, I've been listening to their show a lot. And uh, and of course, since Trump is one man, CNN, MSNBC is is its own entertainment channel. Like like, mm. who needs Comedy Central when you can go there? Like like, it, it's been really fun to watch 
uh, the news go down I, the last uh, few weeks. I'm strictly a good mood music guy. That's what I listen to. And, you know, what kind of music do you like? Whatever puts you in a good mood. You know, it, it could be an upbeat, like, 99 Problems type song. It could be a Katy Perry thing. It can, whatever. I, I pill to Ibiza. I like that song a lot. Um, but what, On the flip side, you got that other guy who's driving like an asshole. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the <laughs> if that puts him in a good mood, it's fine. But the, the, to me, no, music, he's angry. It, it might, yeah. it might do that. But sometimes when I listen to that, I, 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 I like that song. Not every mood, but sometimes I do. And uh, yeah, I, I, to me, music like in my head, why would anyone listen to music that doesn't just like improve your mood like a pill would? You know, like that. Every time I, I get in the car, I put on something that should just yeah. make me happier. If I'm listening to music, it's because I want to get into a different mindset. Not, and it's it's never the mindset of, you know, like like when I drive around with Melissa. If I'm in her car, obviously she gets to she wants to listen to music more. Than, and if it's my car, I like podcasts more because it passes the time faster. I think, but. Man, even just sitting in the passenger seat when she's like, oh, we're going to listen to some Marilyn Manson or whatever. It's like, this is just angry, and, and he's so upset about all of these things. And I feel like it's going to make us upset about all these things. Like, yeah, you know, the fucking meat industry, man. You know, I'm going to paint myself in fake blood and, and dress like a woman, you know, to protest. Like, or whatever it was. Like, it, it's just, uh, like, I like uh, Pretty Lights. That's an electronic, like, very, very relaxing band. And then I like Muse a lot. And Muse. Yeah, I saw you uh, to Muse the other day. I was trying to turn you on to Marty Robbins instead. I listened to some Marty Robbins, and I really I, I don't even know these stuff. songs. I, I, I have a question for the. All right, so here's the scenario. It's summertime. It's like a hundred degrees out. You hop in the car. You're in the passenger seat. Do you fuck with the climate control? Yes. If it, it's it, whose car are we in? First of all, well, look, it friends. goes maxed out. It, it, like, I, I, no, I don't mess with anybody else's shit it, like ever. Um, I don't, I don't want to touch anybody else's stuff. But in my car, it's like max everything out. Like, let's block it, it, if nobody's in the passenger seat. Like, I, 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 let's close those vents so all of the force is coming at me. Like, use all the air conditioner. I was telling Chiz the other day about this friend of my dad's who's super wealthy guy. They have like a farming end empire. Like, it's mm -hmm. thousands of acres of like corn, wheat, you name it. And uh, they will not run the air conditioning in their Toyota pickup trucks. They roll the windows down no matter how fucking hot it is for the fuel economy. They will not run an air conditioner. Dude, if and, I, I mean this guy. If I'm so in your wealthy. car, climate control is a service I offer. <laughs> you know? I will crank that shit up. I will like if, if I'm in your car and it's like this happened to me in the summer a couple of times. I'm in someone else's car. And they're like chit-chatting before we get going. And I'm sitting in there like a mistreated dog, just like melting. <laughs> I will turn your shit on. I will crank your AC. I will take total control of all the controls. I, you know, the people are like, you changed my music. I'm like, no, I'm your DJ, baby. Like, I got this covered. We will get this nice. We'll all have when a good I'm driving, time. I I tell my pastor usually, uh, especially if it's a girl, I'm like, look, I'm the captain. All right. You're the commander, though. You have a lot of responsibilities as commander. If we get lost, it's 100% on you because I'm just the fucking pilot up here. I'm Lieutenant Sulu. Think of me that way. you got to get us there. All right? You get us lost, it's on you. And you should be the DJ as well. And you got to entertain me. You can't just pick something and I don't like it. You have to have a skill. You have to make the driver entertained with your with your music selection. It's just not a, it's not all about you. Just because you're the passenger, you get to pick the music, but not just any music. you gotta you got to keep everybody happy. You're a DJ now. I, I don't make a lot of sense. I usually keep the climate control. control on like 72, and then uh, I'll screw with people whenever it's like hot or cold out. 
And like I'll just like get going down the road and like turn the seat warmers all the way up or <laughs> yeah, like the that. AC seats hot seat, all the yeah. way on. Yeah, we yeah. all do that. <laughs> yep. I like that. See, with like I I do I always get my car too hot. Like it was not super cold out today, but it was cold compared to this year we've had. And so I was really chilly and wasn't dressed appropriately. And so like maybe three minutes into my car drive, like my ass and my back is so hot and just the air coming out is just like I'm working in some like Your the bellows in some furnace. My lips are getting chapped. My eyes are dry. But like my in my head, I'm like, yeah, but this is way better than the cold. <laughs> and then and, like I just sit there stewing, almost sweaty. And then if I turn it down to like 76 degrees, then you're so conditioned to feel hot that it feels cool coming on you. So you get stuck in the in the hot zone, the hot seat, as I call it, starting now. <laughs> let me uh, let me slip an ad read in here if Winston will let me. Yes, good call on that. I always like make a mental note like six minutes before the second hour or third hour to be like ads and then ninety five percent of the time this happens and it's like, Oh well you fucking forgot you know like oops <laughs> I, I <laughs> a little bit late. On the car like I, I have friends who don't like me controlling their climate, but I really feel like I do it perfectly. <laughs> you know, I just feel like <laughs> Well that's all that matters. <laughs> they have a body like you, they'd love it. Yes, yeah. If Are they you hiring? <laughs> Am I hiring? I'm sorry. Yes, are you hiring? Do you know where to post your job to find the best candidates? Posting your job in one place isn't enough to find quality candidates. If you want to find the perfect hire, you need to post your job on all of the top job sites, and now you can with ZipRecruiter.com. You can post your job on, on up to 100-plus job sites, including uh, social media networks like Facebook and Twitter, all with one click. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just uh, one second, it reset in front of me. Yeah. Find candidates in any city or industry nationwide. Just post once and watch your qualified candidates roll in with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use interface. No juggling emails or calls to your office. Quickly screen candidates, rate them, and hire the right person fast. Find out why uh, ZipRecruiter has been used by over 1 million businesses. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash painkiller. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash painkiller. Uh, go right now. It's, it's free. Yeah, if you're if you, definitely if you're hiring, ZipRecruiter wow. is a great service to do, to uh, to use for that. And it's that free. is easy. I talk about some good coupon codes. This is perhaps our best one ever. Free, free. ZipRecruiter.com/slash/painkiller. <laughs> yeah, dude, the difference between the right employee and the wrong one is gigantic if you own a business. So I, Y'all. I, I like the idea of yeah. casting a wide net. And it's a mistake that if you make it and you hire that wrong person, it's not always necessarily like, oh, we'll just you know get rid of them and then bring the next guy on. Like, it's a decision that you really want to make sure that you covered your bases before you have them mm. sign that paperwork. Or and it can be hard to let them go sometimes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Even if you Especially just if try them on for a month, it's <laughs> – even if you just try them on for a month, you know, you've invested a month of your time in your training, and uh, it's, uh, it's not a good deal. Get the right guy. Let's talk underwear yeah. real quick. Think about it. Underwear is the first thing you put on and the last thing you take off. Why would you settle for anything less than the best feeling underwear on the planet? MeUndies focuses solely on producing the most comfortable underwear you've ever experienced. My friends at MeUndies sent me a few pairs a while back and now I can't imagine wearing anything else. It really makes each day that much better. For the price of two cocktails, MeUndies will deliver your, free, your, uh, your new favorite pair of underwear right to your doorstep. Better, uh, better day guaranteed. Uh, try them on, and if you aren't the most comfortable, if they aren't the most comfortable, best feeling undies you've ever had, 
They'll refund you and let you keep your first pair for free. Included in the price is a sweet touch of Modal, a special fabric from the uh, best-in-class raw materials that are scientifically proven to be three times softer than cotton. These uber-crazy, these uber-cozy undies are, are sold exclusively on MeUndies' website, where you'll enjoy free shipping to the United States and Canada. And for a limited time, everyone in our audience here gets 20% off your first order. But you have to go to our special URL, MeUndies.com slash PKA. With the MeUndies Better Day Guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So don't wait any longer. Go to MeUndies.com slash PKA right now for 20% off your first order of underwear. It is uh, fantastically soft, supportive uh, underwear. It is the best underwear I've ever had. It really is. It, uh, it cups. It lifts. It, uh, it, it positions. Presents. It presents. All right? You, you know, it put, puts everything out there on a silver platter made mm-hmm. of Modal. So soft you can't even fathom it. So check them out. It makes a medium. It's, it's like a miracle bra for your penis. Yes, Never have that feeling of hot summer scrotum, like an egg yolk laying there, or like like silly putty that you used to leave out in the sun too long. Did you guys ever do that as kids? And you come back yeah. and it's lost all of its viscosity and structure. It's not silly it's just, anymore. It's just oh, putty. It's, it's it's just standard putty, and and you try and lift it up and it's just gross. That don't feel that scrotum feeling ever again. And you won't <laughs> with me undies. You won't get that feeling in the middle of the summer, that that swampy feeling. So. You know, you can't put a price. Well, they did put a price on it, and it's very reasonable. So, so keep the silly in your scrotum. There it is, tagline. Feel free to use it, no charge. No, the point was to get the silly out of your scrotum. Wait, no, you said that if you put the sun in there, it. We have to prevent the the silliness. No, no, the the silliness is lost by this bad thing, right? And and so you want to keep this. That's true. We want silly balls. Yeah. You don't want. To ever pull your balls out and a girl to go, that's but, silly. But, but see, the silly putty is, <laughs> loses its silliness with the sun, so... So you want to yes. keep the silly in your scrotum. You want to keep silly balls, yeah. I, th- I think we've gone off the rails. What is that underwear like? like it's what, super, what, super what kind soft. of What it, kind of um, shape is it? Like boxer shorts or briefs? They do all three. In like, like all, they do boxers, boxer briefs, and uh, briefs. Uh, I like the boxer briefs. They don't like right up your thigh. They uh they just mm-hmm. kind of they're kind of clingy and uh almost they're not they're not compression shorts by any means but um I don't know oh, they're nice. tight and they're fit they're they're like uh, form fitting and uh, I like them a lot I really do like exactly. I'm not bullshitting if there is some sort I, uh, of relaxed compression short I guess that's what boxer briefs are right yeah yeah I've replaced all my underwear with now I think I've got eight pair something like that um so yeah really dig the Meandies they're it great is. check them out I had a top I'm sure Richard Ryan will. Check it out, because <laughs> he's. Uh, uh, dude, I, I guarantee you, ordered? it's it's gonna. I, I'm waiting for the sock ad, so I'm gonna debate. I'm gonna I'm gonna I might have to go me undies and the socks because I haven't done either one of those. <laughs> um. Oh, I've been thinking about getting a motorcycle. Like, that. Here's the whole thought process. This is like it from beginning to end. So I did this pair vlog, and to be honest, like. When I was like learning how to paramotor, it wasn't everybody's favorite vlog. They were excited when they saw me fly for the first time, but that was it. But the um, the live com stuff, like I got a lot of good feedback on it, and I've done two of them now, and I got a lot of good feedback on the second one. And I thought to myself, like you know, this is not that far from what worked really well for me on YouTube. You know, it used to be gameplay, but I would just talk about it, right? I talk about it, stuff, whatever, while the gameplay sort of visually stimulates you in the background. And then I was like, yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm doing with this paramotor stuff. And that's kind of what the motorcycle guys do all the time. They just pick some topic that they rant about with occasional like crazy drivers or whatever to, to in a, 
intersperse in there. And uh, I'm like, I could be a moto vlogger and mix that in with the paravlogging. And that might be fun for me. The downside of paravlogging mostly is the weather. I, I like here in the fall, I feel like the last four days in a row, I haven't been able to fly. And that makes it tricky. And today I was thinking about flying so I could get a vlog put together on a day that wasn't a good day to, it wasn't an ideal day to fly. It was. I want you instead to put a motocross track in your backyard and get one of those. There you go. There you go. Hmm. I you here's the thing. It's kind of tempting. Then you could call you in one of those little things too. The best motorcycle area in the country. Deals Gap is is like the Dragon's Tail is like is is probably one of the best locations in the country to be able to ride a motorcycle. It's so awesome. Uh, do you know where that's at, Woody? I, I'm trying to quiet these dogs down. One moment, please. Oh, you're fine. I don't uh, know where so, so so look it up it's called uh it's called deals gap or the dragon's tail um and it's just an insane amount of turns in a few miles and any given weekend you'll see a, a ton of motorcycles out there and everything the only thing i would say like i'm i feel like i'm the old man who's like cautionary tale everything like well, let's talk about guns but be careful now don't don't even you know <laughs> well, this would be my fourth but, motorcycle but what I'm, what I was going is like I've noticed like in that. So I started I started a wingsuit um, logbook channel, mm -hmm. and every jump I do I log and I just from start to finish upload the video, and I'm not even vlogging in that. But I feel like because there's a camera observing, uh, it's 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 even if it's in a small smallest sense possible it's distracting to some degree mm -hmm. and that comes at a cost of safety um and when you're on the road you may be the most safe dri driver out there but if any of your situational awareness for other people on the road comes at that cost i feel like oh woody i just don't want to see you getting a motorcycle accident because you're like you're like talking and you had a thought and then somebody just like cut you off or something or whatever. Um, but you're not wrong. You know, motorcycles are dangerous and they're mostly dangerous because of the actions of other people, right? That's yeah. that, that's the typical accident. Somebody else does something and then of course the motorcyclist pays. Yeah, in my head I kind of mitigate that like, oh, but then days like today I wouldn't be tempted to fly when I could just hit the bike and you know, it would be an yeah. ordinary motorcycle day, clear skies, beautiful out, just a little breezy. Um, Super interesting. Yeah, and I, I guess part of it is I've been enjoying motorcycle vlogs too, uh, so that makes me like inspired to do them. I don't know. We'll see how it works out. Right now, Jackie's in the no. Google camp. it though. Deals Gap or the Dragon's Tail. You'll you'll you'll. I mean, you'll enjoy is even like North cars Carolina? go out there. Like, there's a place. In yeah. A, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know about that. I've driven it several times. Oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, what's a wonderful place to meet up with dudes just to cruise? It's just far. Like, I want to call it, like, is it? four or five hours from here. Like, it's it's not like, oh, wow. you know, you just pop on over there and, like, you know, drive around. So, but, uh, yeah, it is good. It's something, did you already say this? I was trying to try to quiet the dogs. Like, it's hundreds of turns and so many miles. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. It's just super turning. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, I've been thinking about getting a motorcycle. I kind of want one. Jackie kind of doesn't want me to get one. And that has been buzzing around in my head, too. I'm like, 
Should she be able to say I can't have one? Is that like, uh, where's healthy in this thing? This I, is so many steps back from a paramotor that I think that you can say, ah, if you will check the record, Jackie, you will notice that a precedent was set in March <laughs> of last year that you let me get a flying machine, seeing as how this is lesser on that, you know, document of danger, so to speak. I should be able to get this, no problem. Statistically, if she, if you have higher. a paramotor, you add, don't, don't mention that to her. Yeah, there's nobody to run into up there. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah. just the ground. Yeah. <laughs> I Three, actually know 318 someone. curves in 11 miles in the Cherokee National Forest. Y'all. I, I won't mention names in this because it's, it's like in, in the paramotor community kind of on the down low. But there are two people, men. One guy was launching and another guy like had sort of all the time in the world to just sort of like go left and casually not and i'm not sure what the thought process was but instead he went right and kind of smashed him uh, uh, go left in the in his own paramotor or he was on the ground they're both flying one guy's just launching and the other guy had been flying so uh um and then as he sees the other person launching he could have done like a casual sort of steer out of that area or he could have done an aggressive like maybe try to cut behind him or i don't know uh, what the thought process was, but rather than do the casual leave that space that you know you'd want, he did the other, and the guy who got hit went down. The other person, I, I'm not sure, but I know that like, he was fine, so I, I think he might have flown on. But the launcher fell out of the sky, and uh, when I first heard the story, I'm like, oh yikes! You know, like you know what happened? He spent months relearning to walk, and uh, it's like. It really. How high was he up there when when the collision happened? I don't know, but from like the tone and vibe of the story, I get between like thirty and sixty feet, you know, something Yikes. like that. And uh, um, it's like, so now, like, whenever I look around, it's like, how dare you be in my space? Come on, <laughs> I'm just going straight yeah. here. You need what an you air horn up there. Well, the I one that's in a safe space is pretty valid. Yeah, right? So right. You, just, you just realized like the the like thing that a lot of people don't understand about skydiving related um, injuries and fatalities, the bulk majority of them don't come from skydiving or wingsuiting. They come from canopy piloting. It's like once they're already under canopy, either collisions and stuff along those lines, malfunctions and, and things along those lines. And that's honestly where everyone's like, oh, you wingsuit, that's so crazy. Man, I am like I am I am the biggest sissy. I am such a chicken sure when it comes are. to stuff. <laughs> like like uh skydiving is like you jump like when when you're getting enough jumps to be able to wingsuit, you do different types of disciplines of skydiving. So there's free flying, that's the head down, sit, stand flying and stuff like that. And then there's relative work. Or, or belly flying where people like do like formations and they'll like, you know, they'll do like a circle or a star and then they'll, uh, they'll break off at a, a designated altitude, say 5,000 feet will break off. Well, when you're on your belly, you turn and then you just track away. You don't get a crazy amount of distance away from each other compared to when you're wingsuit and you say, Hey, we're going to break off at 5,000 feet cool i'm gonna fly like two thousand feet away from you because mm -hmm. <laughs> i'm in a wingsuit i can and and that's the thing is like skydiving and stuff like that all those dudes they get under canopies and they do these big formations They're like hey do you want to be a part of this world record not really <laughs> i don't want to fly with a bunch of people i don't know because that increases the chances of there being some type of 
canopy error and people are like, oh, you know, we'll plan, we'll do this. Yeah, but you don't know how many people uh, react differently under and pressure or do stupid things like that turning it, late. It's not hard to find five good pilots, but if you want to break a world record, you have to find all the pilots and lesser skilled guys must slip in. You know, some yeah. guy who's some guy's friend. Um, yeah, so, I mean, that comes to the, like, to your your situation is like like me being the casual wingsuiter at the drop zone. Um, you know, I'll go there and maybe there's a new guy that wants to wingsuit with us. Okay, cool. Well, if that dude starts flying like an idiot, chances are he doesn't know how to wingsuit. So I'll I will I will pop up on him and I'll fly above him and just keep my distance and I'll break off and fly as far away from that dude and I'll never fly with him again. But for you, like, yeah, if you're, you're, you're trying to launch in a public area, you definitely like want to be on the lookout for these guys. You don't even know who they are and, and stuff along those lines. That's the, that's the kind of things that worry me because it's, it's not, it's not, it's not so much me. I, I, I've, I've been in scenarios before where I was like, okay, I, I handled the stress pretty well and I kept my wits about me I, I was I used the the moment to become more focused and not lock up and uh, so I'm not too worried about me but the other people are the big X factor huge X factor that lock up thing like so I've been in scenarios where I thought I was brave right like if, 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 if bored my people to death now with all the lifeguard stories but that's like real danger stuff and i got out there and i was the best version of me my house has been robbed face the guy whatever best version of me um lots of motorcycle like close calls and whatnot where i acted appropriately Ooh, you know, tell me tell me tell me tell me one. Oh well shucks one time uh it was the first time i had ever driven in the cold morning and uh i didn't have gloves on or anything because i'm young and i'm dumb and uh i get up to 90 miles an hour or something like that. And my hands don't work. Like I literally can't extend my fingers. Everything's just frozen and it's not going. So I'm hitting the, all I can do is use the foot brake. I go across some guy's front yard, like into his garden and stuff. And, but I kept it all cool. And I finished like a foot and a half from his front porch and just kind of <laughs> got out of there and, uh, and drove on on my own. And then there's been, you know, like other people who are bad drivers, you know, like it's, you know, when you drive, You've probably had a situation where you stomped on the brakes and avoided an accident. In a motorcycle, you know, you grab the crutch, you let go, you use a foot brake, you use the handbrake, and like it, all that happens at once on instinct, and I've done it well. But in a paramotor, I've had issues, like I'll say my second flight, the motor went out. I am over a landing strip, and people have seen this on video. I'm over a landing strip, my motor goes out, and I don't have any ideas. Like, I'm, I don't know what the fuck I'm going to do. Fortunately, my instructor had a radio on me, and he's like, all right, this is fine. We're going to land right here. And I'm like, ah, oh, clever, clever. I didn't even think of that, you know? It, it, heck, it wasn't long ago, probably five flights ago or something. Um, my buckles were wrong. And it, the, the buckles were wrong in such a way. There's just one was routed in front instead of behind. So when you land, you slip out, and you're kind of suspended by these buckles. And... Um, it was in such a way that my wing was kind of like tilted. I'm a good enough pilot to handle this. And uh, you know, all you need to do is compensate on the brakes and such as you land and, and, and handle it. But I got spooked a little bit. And uh, I landed on my feet, but it wasn't as smooth as I thought it was. And I didn't realize the problem was my buckles were wrong. I thought it was that the strap couldn't slide past my keys. So next flight, I leave the keys in the house. Same thing, though. The buckles are, like, the buckles making it so that my leg straps are supporting me unevenly. 
which of course makes you kind of weight shift, which makes you turn. And this time I'm like, all right, Woody, you wanted a rematch, you know, like we're about to fucking do this. And this time we're going to kill it. And I did. I just, I came in gliding in like a, like a butterfly with sore feet, but it's on my mind that like, all right, you know, it seems like you're still gathering experience, Woody, because you did get spooked the time before this. And, you know, there'll be something that happens next time, and you need to be the best version of you every time. Like, stop getting spooked. You're whatever, 40-some flights in. But I'm still working on it, I guess, if I'm honest. Yeah, I think that comes with a little bit of um, uh, time and experience in those those scenarios. I mean, I think you've kind of imprinted on yourself the consequences and the situation. Um, I'm much improved. In that whole formula. Just not done improved. I mean, I, that's my own evaluation, you know? Yeah. Dramatically improved. I mean, like, the motorcycle thing is, is interesting for me because I, I really, like, I, I don't know a whole lot about, like, the um, the procedures for for paramotoring. But, mm-hmm. like, the motorcycle thing is interesting because, like, uh, I, I, I like listening to the guys tell me about motorcycle stories because I've, I've had a few myself. And I used to race bikes. And um, I had a few scenarios where you always – you bust people's balls if they slide out in a, a corner or something like that because they went too hard and, and then just gave it too much rear. And I've, I've been in a few of those situations. That's why I always, like, wonder if guys, like, they break that down. Like, I, I had this one scenario where this trailer pulled out and in front of me and, like, it turned out onto the road and there was another car coming, so I had no options and I had to brake really hard. And so I'm hammering down on the rear and the uh, front brake. And so the bulk majority of your stopping power is going to come from your front brakes because the two larger rotors. Um, And I feel, yep. And I feel the, the rear end start to break. So the tires starting to slide a little bit. And so I start tapping off of the brake and uh, the rear end starts coming up. And so I feel the rear end and the the subframe starting to push up on my butt and everything. So I start arching back, and I'm starting to come up into an endo. So I, I give it I give it more going back, and um, yeah, I mean I ended up getting right up onto uh, their their tailgate on that uh, that trailer and everything, and then the bike fell back down, and uh, I was like, wow, like all that all that happened probably within two seconds max and it's like you probably had like a thousand different micro thoughts just going on firing and it's really interesting to see how people they 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 use that energy to hyper focus or they just like fuck (laughs) i can empathize to that is like if i'm on my phone and i'm like walking down a big flight of stairs and i like start to trip at the top and you kind of like stop paying attention to your phone and you almost like sprint horizontally down the <laughs> stairs for like four steps to like catch your legs up to your body. And then I get that feeling of like, oh, I almost made a real fucking ass of myself. <laughs> like, like, oh, just, and you know, I, so I, what I'm saying is I, I get it. One of, <laughs> one of the dangers that I had, a, I was on a motorcycle, I met a red light and I met a red light for a while, call it a minute, doesn't matter. Just, you know, like fully stopped waiting. And then it turns green. And like a beat goes by and I start to go and I only go like a foot or two and I see a bus coming and I hit the brakes. I just lock up. I didn't do anything special, but you know, cause I had just started, you, you stop immediately and the bus comes zooming by. He couldn't have been two feet from me. He might've been one. And it was like a, like a city transit bus that missed me by a foot because it ran a red light. And that's sort of the like, damn, 
you know now of course you can minimize your odds by looking both ways at a green light but i didn't and i nearly got hit and you know it would have not been my fault but it would have been my problem so that's motorcycles yeah but i want one. well you should get one i think <laughs> what do you ride what Nothing kind of now. bikes do you ride? Uh, I don't have one at the moment. I've had a, oh, you ride? I had a Honda Suzuki Interceptor. Suzuki 6200? <laughs> that would be a big bike. <laughs> that would be like a truck engine. Um, go bigger, go home. Uh, I had a Honda <laughs> Interceptor 500. I had a Nighthawk 250 and a Ducati 907 IE. Okay. Yeah, in that order. So Yeah, there was a time when I didn't have a car. I just drove my motorcycle everywhere I needed to go. And I lived in New Jersey. That- it was cold. Is that the style of uh, bike that you would you would go for now? You go for like a truck bike in New Jersey. <laughs> that sounds fucking horrible. Oh, yeah. For years, like every single ride isn't just oh it's going to be twenty minutes. It's all right. Do I have my first coat, second coat, third coat? <laughs> oh yeah. First hat, second hat, third hat. I need the helmet for warmth. And then, you know, you hop on there and you just shiver your way to your destination. Dude, I, I drive terrible. to school and it'd be like not even raining out. It'd be like icing out, right? And and my mom had this great idea that like cowboy boots were somehow both fashionable and like protective in a slide. The thing is, there's nothing worse <laughs> than cowboy boots in the snow. So I'd be, nothing worse. <laughs> I'd be on like this. you do that? I'd no tread. On, I'd be on the <laughs> slightest of tiny inclines, like hand on foot on my knees, because I can't go anywhere. And these are like public places, like the university parking oh, this is lot. Humiliating. Oh yeah, and it's just like look <laughs> you at got this off fucking that idiot. Fucking you, were, you know what you're having to do? You were. I bet you were because I've been in situations where my feet are too slippery, and I like with dress shoes, and then you mm-hmm. go out and it's yeah, snow, yeah, yeah. and you have to get back to your car or whatever and you have to almost goose step your way back to your car like a nazi to get that big dig in from the <laughs> just, you have to go like that back to your car and you uh, look like a dick and, i wish like, i thought of nazi, that but that's what you have to that's do that's why bike? you need your concealed carry when you're goose stepping back to your car <laughs> my bike was no, uphill. It's, it's my, no, no 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 it's my shoes my shoes are slippery. My shoes are slippery. In like, jeans. <laughs> I'm literally crawling like a baby in hey! jeans because the know. shoes were too slippery. It couldn't be done. Yeah. And it's very, I was embarrassed. But it was like, what the fuck? Like, it was also embarrassing to slide back down the hill on your feet like you're wearing skis. And uh, and then, of course, I would ride my motorcycle on that same dirt. But that I was good at. Walking in the snow, I was bad at. So, yeah, I've got a lot of hours on a motorcycle. But they're all old. So, to what would I get now? Ah, oh, shit. Some sort of naked, sporty-ish type thing, like a Kawasaki Versys. Uh, I think KTM makes a 650, like the Duke. Um, I was looking at a... I'm trying to remember the other one in my head. I forget. But um, I've always had sport bikes myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I did have, like, one cruiser. Uh, it was, like, a CB750. Um, but, I, uh, I like, here recently, I was, like... I kind of wanted a supermoto just to rip around the city on, um, just because I think it'd be fun. Like a uh, like the DRZ four uh, hundreds, like the supermotos. Uh, they're like dirt bike hybrids. They're more they're more dirt bike, but you put like the the street profiles on them, and they're just so much fun, so much fun to rip around on. But I think it's called a Versus. The Versus six fifty. There's an inexpensive one in my area right now. I'm like I could do that. It's uh, have you ever seen those? A little sorry, more streety than a dual sport. What was have you seen of? the Kawasaki KLR650? Yeah, that those Let things are so up. fucking cool. If I, you I want one, let me know. How much? 
Uh, I, I don't know. I'll find out. I'll, I'll, I would I'll love order, to know how much. So my FFLs hmm. and FEL and everything's tied to our shop is a power sports dealership. So we sell Polaris and Kawasaki. So. <laughs> is, now, is it? I'm looking for one of the old military ones. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, oh, you're wanting to use one. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah. one of those like things that runs on the diesel. The Dakar Rally style? Yeah, I, I think I found a... Let's see. Do you sell thing. motorcycles? I don't know. Wait. But my like all my stuff's in a shop. Oh, so okay, I see. Managed, to manage a power sports dealership is like Yamaha Kawasaki, and then now it has Polaris. I'm talking about that bad boy. That looks like yeah. some Mad Max shit. Yeah, yeah, that would be so much fun to like mess around around the farm, and then uh, I would I would like that a lot. I saw I saw that a while back, and I was fascinated by you know a military bike like that. I think I think I think what I saw was that Tom Cruise movie. Where like oh what is it? It's where he's like, it's him and a woman. They're like the last people on Earth, and they're like monitoring the robots or whatever. But but he's riding this futuristic white motorcycle, and I oh. think it's based off of one of these. I think that's yeah. how I got into the Beyond like Earth? searching for the spike. Or is that the um, Will Smith movie? No, that that wasn't it. That was the Will Smith movie that was just. I I, I'll find the name of it. Dude, I, I started with dual sport in my head. Like that's that's where the original idea came from. But. Uh, I thought Oblivion. about it, and I'm like, I feel like you have to live out west to have a lot of dirt that you can drive on. Like, out there, there's tons of land. You just go to the mountains or some, like, Bureau of Land Management space, and you can fuck around on the dirt. Here, the only dirt belongs to somebody's farm. That or power lines, which are not that Yeah, legal. but you just need one friend with a farm. But that's the same farm. Like, I, I don't know. To me, the, the perfect use for this is like as an adventure bike where you like go from the highways out there in New Mexico the... on that BLM land like you're talking about mm -hmm. like it would be so cool to yes. take this thing out with a small backpack you know with some water and stuff and know that you've got enough fuel for all day and just go out there and explore yes. I mean you can drive for hours in one direction and it's just more New Mexico desert it's just it's cool out there yeah that that would be a perfect use for that and that's where I started with my mindset like what should I get I should get a dual sport because I think they're in my like between my ears probably the coolest thing and then it was like all right let's try and make it i guess a, a little more practical because i don't see myself finding much time in the dirt yeah so. see the supermotos really are more street even though they're a dirt bike uh frame but yeah. you can you can rip them off road if you wanted to um that's that's a, a picture of one there yeah that's really like cool that. that looks nice I wish I could find like a, a used one that, that the Marines had used and was really shitty and, and just build it back with spare parts. We're working on a 67 Chevelle right now. Like hey, that would be a fun trip. You guys did that um, that uh, camping trip. You guys should do a bike rally. You guys should go like do a uh, off or like an off-road biking trip, like load up some off-road motorcycles and do like a Baja or something like that Dude, for I like a week. pushed for that several times. At the time, I was the only guy excited about it. I don't know. It sounds like Kyle's uh -huh. got more interest than he used to. Um, and you can mix the camping no, and all not that more stuff interest. on your... I don't think he has any more interest. <laughs> uh, Based on I, that frantic eye darting. You know? you know, it would depend on the scenario. Like, like I would like to be... It, it's just as important... Uh, you know, what we're driving as where we're driving. Like, if we were somewhere that I wanted to be anyway, um, doing stuff... Coast of Mexico? Yeah, sure, maybe. You know, down there on the wall site. Uh, maybe do a little riding around down there. 
um, or, or in Colorado. The wall site. I tried to. F- I didn't <laughs> understand your words at first. I'm like, where? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> if they ever, if, if that wall ever gets built, and it, it it would have to look good. Nobody wants some eyesore. You know, we want if an illegal immigrant comes and sees it, we don't want them to be dejected. More of like, a, oh wow, this is a really cool wall. I'm I'm just gonna file my paperwork and then and then wait, I guess. See, uh, but like that'll be like a Route 66 style thing to drive along the wall. If uh, aside from all the parts that are just empty and fence, I don't that know won't if be everyone very neat. thinks this, but I grew up by the Trump casinos, right? The Taj Mahal, the Trump Tower, not the Tower. I forget the name of his different casinos, but Trump owned like two to four casinos in Atlantic City. I don't remember how many. And while most people I think now think of him as a New York City real estate mogul or one in general, for me, he's the casino guy because that's who he was like when I lived there. And uh, I still picture the wall having like flashing lights, you know, blinking and such that it looks like they're going somewhere. Trump in either neon lights or in like cheap gold spray paint. Yeah, because those are the options. And... uh, I, it's, I just picture the wall with like lights, and it should say Trump every. He said it was going to be mile. a big, beautiful wall, and it was going to have a big, beautiful door in it, so they could come through legally. He also said it was a fence. <laughs> yeah, he's it, it, like it's going to have a big, beautiful door right in the middle of it. That they can come through legally. It was, well, that's yeah, a good plan. I like the door. Uh, we don't need we'll want to that. spend all this money on a wall when a very long moat would do just as well. Is it cheaper? <laughs> Oh, it's has cheaper, to, cheaper. to dig a hole than to make a wall or a pole or something. You're making a lot of sense here. You can't tunnel under a moat. Uh-uh. You spend you send so. a couple can. million dollars to Cambodia. Yeah. They send us their most dangerous crocodiles. They have to put send them in the moat. Send to, to, to get underneath that fucking moat. Yeah, and you put yeah, some wild animals the in there. Too. Yeah, the sappies. <laughs> Bunch of British guy with those those like pan hats, those like shoveling helmets. underneath this thing. Those Mexicans will never get under there. They Cambodia is not sending their best the crocodiles. They're sending their dangerous crocodiles. Their worst of the crocodiles. Well, but yes, we we want Cambodia's <laughs> worst crocodiles. You know, I would support a moat, and I think if we could get that to Mr. Trump, he would as well. Um, he would get it done ahead of schedule and under budget. Now he's way too garish and gaudy to go along with a moat. Be like, well, where's my name going to go on the moat? You can't write my name on the moat. How is anyone at the uh, 2,300 going to possibly know that Donald Trump had something to do with the construction of this wall unless it is labeled every 60 feet, as I've discovered, is the appropriate amount to have it there. I've spoken to a lot of people about this, a lot of very smart, very intelligent people. I respect all of them. You would too. They'll, no, do, like they'll do studies like Disney did with trash cans, right? Like every people will hold a tra- uh, like a piece of trash, an average of like twelve feet. So they put trash cans every twenty five feet, so that yeah. you're never more than twelve feet from one. <laughs> they'll do that. like people can see sixty feet. It's got to say Trump every sixty feet. They'll be covered. That'll, I, 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 I wonder what it, what it, what's don't count our against future. the billionaire who keeps winning every time he says he will. He Stop also, counting like, him out. He's you, going to do it. You're talking to the guy who bet against, well, not bet, but, you know, chose against Conor McGregor. I'm obviously not smart. <laughs> yeah. Those, uh, oh, something with Trump. Like, people are giving him way too much credit for this carrier thing. Oh, I don't, what like, is the they, deal with that? Uh, do you know any? So the carrier thing, like, it came out and it's like, oh, I'm saving a thousand jobs. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, let's w- wait and see how these jobs were saved. Because what, you know, and, and even like conservative people are rallying behind it, being like, oh, whatever, this is good. You know, he's already keeping promises. But then it's like, no, it wasn't a good, like, basically what happened is Carrier is in Indiana. 
Mike Pence, obviously governor of Indiana, Trump president-elect, has a lot of power to basically threaten companies. Uh, they offered a few million dollars as a tax cut for Carrier, but Carrier's parent company has like $6.77 billion in federal contracts. And so obviously they were like, um, no, we're not going to do that. We, we don't need that little pittance. And so Trump went to them and said, hey, wouldn't that be a shame if all those federal contracts went away? If you shipped jobs out of Indiana and they went, oh, we, you know, when you, our big multinational conglomerate is way bigger than just carrier. So, yeah, just keep those carrier employees there. We can siphon some money or whatever to, to put it over there. That's just that you can't be in favor of that and also be someone who's like, oh, yeah, but when Obama bailed out the auto industry, that was really ridiculous. It's like, no, that was the same thing. You were threatening businesses, crony capitalism, uh, corporatism. And basically having the government pick favorites. And that's not good. Like what you want is for him to go, hey, ev all these businesses taxes, including carriers competition, all of your taxes lower. That enables you to keep your business here because you're, you're able to afford it. You know, that's what you want. What you don't want is someone going in like Trump and saying, hey, carrier, you get a bunch of these taxes, uh, all this special treatment, and you keep these jobs here. You know, and everybody will go, oh, carrier, you know, good for them. Good for, you know, Trump for doing that. Nobody cares about all the carrier competition who is now like, oh, are you fucking kidding me? How are we supposed to compete in this realm of heating and air conditioning production or whatever when you're giving clear favoritism to one company? So it's like you like I just don't get. I they think kind of rewarded for Can I just to work out a thought with you guys? Because I, I, this is a little weird. It's a weird for me, but uh, I don't really have like an opinion on this, but I feel like. You know, like a lot of people are very firm in their opinions and beliefs of like say, oh, yes, capitalism or yeah, no, we need we need free free tuition in colleges or whatever. Like everyone is like very passionate about these issues, but don't necessarily fully understand them. Right. When it comes to the firearms industry, I'm so ingrained in regulation and understanding it as far as like the legal aspects like it's hard it's hard for somebody to have a biased opinion and really like have this conversation for, with me and try to convince me otherwise but here recently i've been trying to like wrap my head around where does the country go in the future right as far as the economy's concerned i just went up to ford and did this um this thing up there uh, filming a, a bunch of videos um for rated red where we went and did some stuff at the truck the Dearborn truck plant and everything. And I've just been in so much in my world that I haven't really paid attention to things outside of like Elon Musk, right? When it comes to Tesla and everything else, like, oh, autonomous cars or cars have like uh, parking assist and stuff like that. Oh, okay. The things are moving along in the world of autonomy, drones, whatever, blah, 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 blah. When I went to Ford, I was blown away. They have like vehicles, like drone vehicles that will drive from station to station with like, and, and they have camera sensors and everything. So they're, they're not just like on a track, they're freely moving around the facility and, and navigating around other vehicles moving and stuff. And they'll transport their trailer to another station that has raw materials and a machine will take and load that stuff onto there and it'll drive around the plant to another one where another machine will pick up the supplies and put it on a thing where it's being moved to create uh, whatever part and everything. And all this stuff with Black Mirror and Westworld and everything else with like technology 
going as fast as it is. Like it's like how does how does the world keep up with the pace of it? And I see this stuff like here recently, the fight for fifteen stuff in California and in New York and everything. And I feel like all this stuff is 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 coming together in this one big um, issue that we have potentially in the future when it comes to automation versus like jobs like like people doing jobs and i know like certain things like magpul when they left um um colorado uh, Colorado because of the regulation of Mm -hmm. like the 30 round magazines they legalized weed and they had this whole new industry that spurred up and it's like oh we got plenty of money now who cares about those few jobs we just created all these other jobs and i understand that there is give and take here and there but at some point there is going to be a breaking point so is a form of socialism like a living wage actually a good yeah. thing? Have you seen it's what's the coming? Video? It's the humans need not it apply. Has, to be. has everyone here what's seen that? humans need not apply? Have you guys seen that video? I haven't. No. Oh, I wish we could watch it, but it's like 18 minutes long and it's amazing. Okay. It's by CPG Gray and he talks about automation. And if I could sum it up in 30 seconds, he talks about horses first. And says, like, look, you know, every time one of these machines came along, horses' jobs got easier until eventually horses were put out of work. You know, at first it seemed cool. These are cushy city jobs with nothing that's left. And now there's just pretty much nothing we do that we can't do better without horses, you know, ATVs, cars, etc. And he says, that's where humans are going. There's going to be a point where humans need not apply. And one of the first big things is driving, which you mentioned. Driving, I forgot where I got this stat from, so call it my ass. It's a huge percentage of jobs is like transportation. 40% 3 million truck drivers. It's like 40% of jobs. And you might and truck drivers is a big part of it like you said, but there's other jobs that are considered driving and those people yeah, operate pilots, bus drivers, forklifts, all sorts of warehouse type jobs. Um you know, the, the guys who take the the little trolley things around to get luggage from your plane, you know, like there are lots of jobs that are driving, farming that uh that you might not think of as driving jobs. So that's like 40% of the jobs and it's ready to be automated in a hurry. Like, you know, shucks, if there was some national push to it, you'd think we could get it done by 2020 and then 40% of our jobs are gone, right? And it won't be that fast, but you know, work with me. And then he goes on to talk about how it's not just that, that computers are learning and they get so good at this that soon they'll replace our lawyers, our creative people, our this, our that. And and he's like, at one point, like halfway through the video, spoiler, he's like, this song you've been listening to is background music the whole time was written by a computer. And you're like, oh, fuck. Really? Like music? Okay. <laughs> and uh, um, so anyway, it kind of tied in with what you were saying. Like, wow, you know, we're entering an area of tech now where like it seems like tons of jobs are going to get automated out of existence. Like lots and lots of jobs, and I don't have a solution but then, like, for it. The, like I, I totally understand that, and I think that will happen to some extent. But then there's like other examples, like in, you know, 1650 or whatever, 95 percent of people were farmers. Like that's just mm-hmm. what your job was. You were a farmer. You know, in 1850, 1890, whatever, the you know, industrial revolution is happening now. 30, 40% of people are farmers. You know, you get to 1930, it's way more efficient. 1940, even more efficient. Soon in the 50s and 60s, you're down to like single digit percentages of people who are now farmers. And those people just didn't, you know, go, we're done here. We're done farming. You know, I'm retired. Like they moved into different avenues. They they started new lines of work. They started working with computers, which yeah. wasn't a thing. Like they started. Yeah, like, devil's I just, advocate though. 
Yeah. Devil's advocate, though. I mean, you like. I thought I was uh, being devil's advocate back then, right there. <laughs> back, well, back then, well, I'm just I'm just trying to work out the thoughts, right? Like, yeah. I, I'll play pros and cons to any argument. I just want to try to work, Can work I add a, to an Taylor's opinion argument? out, right? Because I want to jump well, in. Well, that's quick. what I was going to say. It's like in the 1800s, a farmer could still provide for his family, right? Because even if he didn't have that money coming in necessarily, the, the consequences for disrupting a, an industry wasn't nearly as significant as disrupting an industry now. We're, we're, we're like, I mean, to an extent, right? I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. What, you mean. What, what do you mean by disrupting an industry? Well, like if you, if you put, if overnight, like with, uh, well, it wouldn't be overnight. It'd be over a few years. But if you put all the truck drivers out of business or whatever, right? There's mm-hmm. a difference. Somebody who lives in an apartment in a city like they're they're very limited in the amount of time that they have to develop new skill sets to adapt to the workplace and going from a a living wage of x amount of money be it $40,000 a year to jumping down to working at McDonald's in Georgia for $7 an hour is a significant drop and if they have debt or whatever life choices that can make for a really volatile economy right? i learned about so this like, in college you... right so, so the example yeah. they used for us there which was so simple it made a lot of sense to me was fishermen right so you've got you've got whatever 12 people on a deserted island and they, they fish with spears right so eight of those 12 people are just stabbing fish all day long right some guy comes along and he invents the net and now one guy can do what the eight would do previously are seven people unemployed no, they go to new industries. They start making huts. They start making shoes. They start doing whatever. That's what happened when the farmers got unemployed, right? They, did farmers just, like, was that the stop of it? No, they, they, this population of people that used to be focused on growing food became focused on other things, and they built cities and electricity and, you know, who knows what. You might say, ah, oh, they could never be retrained to do electricity, but there's jobs there for them. You know, people can pull cables and but figure sure. it out. And, but so when they stuff truck you're, drivers, though, you're saying 40 40 percent of uh, um, of of say the u.s works 300 300 million people that's 120 million people out of work looking for jobs that's an extremely competitive it is but it sounds like 95 <laughs> percent were farmers it was even worse at one point and and kyle's point there scares me too like there's nothing for them to do like uh, is he right because that's but that's, because, because here's the thing as the automation continues prime go up they, all of a sudden your muscles are worth nothing and all of a sudden your brain is worth less too because the machine can now do that as well you're going to have to go through a star trek style utopian society where there is a a basic living wage for all of the citizens and if you're a citizen who wants to go above and beyond and do this business, if you want to become, I, I, I like Star Trek as my example. I always say they've got a perfect system. We're just not evolved enough to use it yet. You know, like uh, the captain's father wanted to open a restaurant. So he had to petition the government like, hey, I'm a pretty good chef. I've got this business plan. And then they give him the credits. They just give them to him to start his business. Holy shit, that's have to fucking go to terrifying. That you have to requisition the government for the ability to start a business at that level where they well you could deal credit? with a Ferengi, but who wants to do that? They're a tricksy bunch. <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know Ferengis. <laughs> they're the ones with the big ears. I, yeah, and the uh, the they're the I, I mean, what about one way this could play out like that, that's though. scary to me is you could have a, a society of have and have nots, right? So let's do this. Let's take everything and make it cheaper because we've automated driving right now all of a sudden transportation is next to free and warehouse work and everything just gets easy to buy you know in the same way that like offshoring made things cheaper 
So now 40% of the population is unemployed. Do we have a collection of people with servants and people that are servants? When you have maybe a have I, and I, have yeah. not society? Yeah, probably. probably. We, yeah, maybe, maybe it's like Zardoz and we end up with a really evolved uh, class of society. That, and then we've got the, uh, the brutes who are living off and being manipulated off to the side. Maybe it, The Morlocks. Split off. Yeah. The Morlocks. Yeah, there you go. Well, that, well, that's the Time Machine movie, right? That's, uh, I just, it, it was just it, a it, word I recognized. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the I Morlocks, thought it applied, so I threw it out there. <laughs> yeah, the Morlocks were, uh, were underground. And like the people up top were like the Slee Slows. Or, no, the Slee Stacks. That's what we're down. That's what we're underground. Yes. In, uh, yeah, those things were fucking lost, scary. And I just caught up. Yeah, now. or maybe you got a futurist future where some sort of EMP weapon goes off. We all go back to an agrarian style economy where everybody's you know muscles are now worth three times as much as they were before, and and that balances the world back out. We're gonna get reset at some point. Like we've we've been we've been on this nice incline for so so long, and it's so fucking steep. We're gonna get knocked down a peg at some point. We just have to. It's never we're gonna happened do it. throughout all of human history. Sure it has. Look, look when Bubonic Plague like, happened. Mm. The Dark Ages. I mean, there's Maybe been bad right. periods of time. But even, Roman Empire, even, right? Even, yeah, yeah sure. even the Dark Ages. It started with the fall of the so. Roman Empire, and it, that's when the Dark Ages began. And you've got all these medieval jackobs yeah. fighting for territory and fiefdom. Meanwhile, the Arabs are over there curing Bubonic Plague and learning astronomy and algebra. Like, yeah, I was going to say, like, at that same time, you mentioned, like, the Arab world. Like, China was doing shit. Like, they weren't... Uh, totally crumbled to the bubonic plague or anything i think they came from china or it might have like on some sort of caravan or something it had something to do with china Maybe still trade, perhaps the spices i don't know it was fleas on rats on boats that was what was spreading it around and you know tens of millions of people from from different countries throughout time it took us a long time to figure out the bubonic plague bring out your dead I just feel like people just get so like so caught up in their day-to-days right now like i i'm sure there's plenty of people that talk about this in general conversation but it's like i feel like those should be initiatives like we should be figuring out these incentives and stuff like that for people to either pick up trash and do community service or whatever these things are to help out and and just start these whatever the, they are i don't know because the thing i feel I like don't like too many about people. the, the, the uh, guaranteed income or whatever is that like just thinking like chain of thought like once it's implemented most people, when they're given resources, are going to choose not to go pursue something. So if you're given, you know, an amount that you can live on, a lot of people, a lot of people are just going to use that. And of course, if you say, all right, now everybody's going to vote, who's going to vote for more living wage? Everybody votes for more living wage, a small, aside from a relatively small contingent of people who Peter are trying to Paul really, argument. really build stuff up. And eventually... The scary part is, is, first of all, for all this, you have to give a centralized government a huge amount of power. And then if that government ever turns full corrupt or something, they can just siphon back all of those resources because they control every single person's ability to purchase, eat, drink uh, to an extent, or at least a large percentage but of the I population. With your it just seems premise, like it could be though. dangerous. Like it, of what? The notion that human wants are not insatiable, right? That's, that's like a fundamental economic premise, that human wants are insatiable. So that means that people are never satisfied with what they have, right? The, the first thing you laid out there is like, all right, if I give a guy, and I'm inserting numbers, 25 grand a year, enough to live on but not enough to live well, then most people will stop right there. We turn his living so. wage off this, at the point where he makes 26 grand a year, right? So like, it's, it, what, what I'm thinking is you're just going to get in the scenario where not everyone, of course, but just human nature is going to produce this percentage of the population that makes the system not work. It's like, well, shit, 
28% of these people aren't even look aren't even turning the electro wheels we gave them. Yeah. You know, they're not even they're to produce electricity every yeah, they're cool they're, they're cool yanks or whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're Rick and Morty. You know, that's what it's going to have to go to. We're like like that's going to be your fucking job is pedaling an exercise bike all day because that's all you're going to be good for. You're going to be a battery. But yeah. but it's what's the alternative, be- right? If there is no if there is no uh, living wage or whatever, the alternative is we or get to that point of full of full well you get to the point of full autonomy uh, in certain industries uh, or really efficient autonomy. Um, and then you have these corporations, these big, you know, umbrella corporations that have like, you know, like there's like three pharmaceutical companies that have all the smaller ones. There's like, you know, all these big groups and industries. And then they're just going to, they're going to have everything autonomous. So there'll be an even smaller 1% of people with that, great amount of income so then then it's completely just like out of if balance you make them, if, so if your point is that basically that will result in all of the corporate power so to speak being relegated to a few top companies because basically if you're a layman like me or you you're gonna go well i got my basic income do i want to start a small business well i have no fucking chance of that taking off like i i can't compete in this climate like there's, there's just no way. There's no way Richard's a layman. I don't know. He just had like three or four jobs like, for as long as I've known him. Like for his, like, forever, yeah, it, this guy doesn't make less than half a million in. ever. Yeah. <laughs> Lumping him in with me is very unfair. I'm much more layman <laughs> than, than Richard Ryan. I just mean, I meant layman as compared to like J&J or P&G or like those big, big companies yeah, yeah. that already control like the entire detergent aisle and shit. I'm, but, I'm 99% sure Richard Ryan's rich as fuck, but still only wears free t-shirts. Like, <laughs> oh, I, I, I had to, to tell you guys a, a story. Uh, I'll tell it right now. I'll okay. tell it right now. Okay. Um, um, so, one of the guys, um, uh, uh, Black Baker, he's like, uh, he, he's he's one of my buddies from um, Kill Cliff, and he introduced me to like these different athletes. Uh, Andy Stump, who's a uh, wingsuit pilot. Um, uh, Aaron Lavoy, who's uh, the Lumberjill champion and everything, and it, he was he was just talking about how frugal I am about uh, things because he was like he's like you work more than anybody I know, but yet why why do you do it? And, and I, I I kind of like stemmed it down to like you know whenever I was living in L.A. like I was at the point of like sleeping in my truck and. Um, you know, I, I never wanted for anything as a kid, but I've always like, you know, we, we, we didn't have extravagant things growing up. I never wanted for anything. My mom busted her ass and, uh, I, I love her to death and that's what drives me. Cause I look back and I see the sacrifice that she made and being able to provide so that we could have clothes and, and food on the table and everything. So, um, but whenever I was like really, really not hard up for cash, but I mean, I was, when I was doing stand up, I would, I would count my change so that I could get enough gas to get to La Cienega so that I could walk the mile up to the comedy store to do my sets and stuff. I mean, I was like, I was really like counting my pennies. And now like, I just, I, I, I always feel like the carpet's going to be pulled out from underneath me. So I'm just trying to make sure that I'm planning for the next thing. Cause I feel that my skill sets of whatever it is that I do in the digital world isn't really like something that people will will be able to put on a resume and 10 years from now I'll be like, oh, yes, I will hire you because of that. So I'm trying to save money and everything. But anyways, long story 
longer. Um, I was like, I, I was wanting to buy an espresso machine for the for everyone at the office, right? Because I, I just went to the coffee company, um, Black Rifle Coffee in Salt Lake, and uh, we have an espresso machine there. And uh, it was so good. I was hooked on it for like a week. <laughs> So, so I get back here, and they're not cheap. They're not cheap. I was gonna buy like a Black Friday deal, a single group one, and it was it was it was fairly it was fairly it? expensive. People want to know seventeen hundred bucks. Okay, seventeen hundred bucks. And I was like, uh, I I ended up I ended up pulling the trigger on it, <laughs> and I woke up at like one o'clock in the morning in a cold sweat. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I like I woke up in a cold sweat. I was nauseous. I opened up my phone. I was like, "Fucking cancel!" Did you cancel it? Yes. <laughs> you know, you can get a little espresso machine that takes the K cups, and it's like a hundred bucks. I know, but it's not as it doesn't it doesn't taste. It's not as fresh because I like like, like Richard. Grounded, if I took seventeen hundred dollars from your bank account, you wouldn't notice. Uh, it's a rounding well, error for you. Is, it's not even that. Honestly, honestly, it's not even that. It's that I don't know, like, because of, like, for legal reasons, I, I probably won't go into it. But, like, you know, my employment is uh, based off of a contract with my employer here in Nashville. Mm-hmm. And that contract is coming up um, to its term, not necessarily renegotiation, but re- renewing. And I don't necessarily know if I will be here in a few months and not having that security of being here i'm like this is not a good long-term investment (laughs) i see so you didn't know if you were just gifting that gifting a machine to somebody else (laughs) yeah oh i take that with me i it would be under the condition that like this is my machine that i keep here just so everyone fucking knows yeah hey this is my name's on it if you look on the back here i welded (laughs) it on it's when, there. when you consider whether or not to renew my contract i want you to know the espresso machine goes with me Dude, counting change for gas money to go do his sets at the comedy store, like to buying a, an espresso machine for the office. It's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah. I've All never right. had. So tell me about this stuff. I need to buy some stuff. Is you guys got that ad coming up soon? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you you mentioned that. There's a, there's a bit of uh, a discussion with Woody. Hey, Woody, what kind of socks you got on over there? You know, I don't have any socks right now. I am sockless, and I desperately need some. I know you've normally got those boring black and white socks. Mm-hmm. If your socks are an expression of yourself, what do you say to the world wearing those? I'm not we need proud to fix this with our latest sponsor, Stance.com. Stance has turned one of the world's most boring accessories, socks, into its most exciting by turning them into a canvas for self-expression. By underpinning its creative roots with a relentless focus on technical innovation, Stance has redefined what socks should feel like and the role they play in personal style. Stance is headquartered in San Clemente in Southern California and was founded in 2009 and is over and is now is sold in over 40 countries. Stance has had amazing cultural influencers like Dwayne Wade, Rihanna, and Willow Smith drawn to the brand, and they're also the official sock of the NBA and Major League Baseball. Check out their insanely popular Star Wars collection. I've got the Yoda socks myself, as well as their holiday socks that just recently dropped. Those are uh, very fun and festive. Uh, go explore the newest and best-selling collections for truly amazing gifts that will make your loved ones smile. Or shop yourself at Stance.com. That's Stance, S-T-A-N-C-E, dot com. Stance, nice. the uncommon thread. The uncommon thread. Check them out. You know what? I, I liked how they said 
that they're relentlessly working on the socks because I really, I, it's funny to me to picture someone in Southern California, in the U.S. of A., you know, just bent over like a workbench, just exhausted, trying to make this sock Blackboard perfect. behind them with all you sorts know? of sock equations going yeah, on. Yeah, just <laughs> that, that all didn't the work socks. out. Like different like uh, uh, combinations, like 67% cotton, question mark? The like perfect just angle out the right mixture. His wife comes in, you know, <laughs> Zach, honey, you gonna be you gonna be having dinner with the family? Get out of here, you meddling bitch! I'm working on my Shut sock. Your this sock is not going to make itself. <laughs> this isn't Hanes. This isn't fucking Gold Toe. This is Stance, and I can't go into work tomorrow with this sock and expect not to get fired. You work at a different level. Whatever I said, my wife's name was. Well, no, I was gonna like, ask <laughs> Sanstica. <laughs> like, was, <laughs> her name is pretty much Swastika. Yeah, <laughs> in this scenario. Well, so just step your way on over to stance.com and get yourself a pair today. I've got a. Uh, How do you spell that? S T A N C E. Stance, like your stance. Yeah, that- I've uh, I've got four pair. Um, they have and, some uh, I, I love too. them. I, I strongly recommend that that uh, anybody out there who needs some new socks goes and buy some now. So these be two of my current criteria and what I need from socks. One, I'm I'm low on warm socks. I'd like to try that, and uh, they're also easily matched. You know, they, I, I have this thing. And what I don't like in a sock is a thousand pairs of nearly matching socks. Or even yeah, if, that's disgusting. Even if they did match at one point. Because they've gone through different life cycles, now you've got like a thin one that's not that elastic and like a new one that somehow has just been hiding on the bottom of the sock drawer. That doesn't match. I know they're the same kind, but they're not a match. These things are unique. Um, and they're, they will uh, live life together like an emperor penguin. I need to talk to Chiz because I really want some socks. I don't Chiz want socks. Chiz, uh, Chiz got four pairs of socks, he said. Um, so... I need to complain to Chiz so and, and get the swag, uh, get my share of the swag again. Kyle's, yeah. Kyle's locking it all down. He's got food and socks and underwear and and who knows what else. Yeah, all kinds I of things. I can't properly and review it's... these socks if I don't if I don't get a nice, wonderful pair. I mean, I trust Kyle. So, you've seen I'm my videos. At their, uh, snowboarder are... socks and they're made out of merino wool. That's awesome. Wool and Thermalite were the two warm options I saw. I've got freezing feet dangling in the sky, thousands of feet off the uh, off the earth, and and old. Is it cold up there? Yes. That is perfect for you. I get icy They're feet. Like I, I I I sit in this chair for four hours doing the show, and then when mm-hmm. I get up, my feet are like bricks really? of ice. They're, they're so yeah yeah totally. There's like no circulation. So they're, they're just, they, they go numb every couple minutes because my, my legs cross. It can't be good for, for I them. I think but, my uh, feet sweat more than most people. So when I buy shoes, I look for specially ventilated shoes. And now that mm. we're in the winter and I want to be cold, it's just blowing right through my crappy socks. Yeah, I like wool socks so much. Um, mm. every t- like, last time I went to Colorado, I went sock sh- uh, shopping before I went out there. And I went to Timberland and, uh, and got some really big floofy uh, wool socks. Mm-hmm. I really like wool. Yeah, so check out the wool ones that the uh, stance makes there. Should be pretty cool. Yeah, my yep. friend Brad wears wool socks all summer. He swears by them. He says they Oof. just breathe better and that they're better for him and whatever. And I'm sure that the subreddit is about to go fucking nuts on how I put his personal business out there because they always do. Like no matter what I say, like he stores his uh, un- the things he doesn't use very often in boxes. Oh my god, do you think Woody's revealing too much? That's fuck you. Oh my god. So, uh, yeah, they just go ballistic. But, yeah, he likes wool socks. So now you guys know. 
His, uh, I guess they're considered underwear preference. I, I put it out there for you guys. Go bonkers. I shouldn't have even mentioned yes. him. <laughs> anyway, they got under my skin. I let it happen. It's my fault. Um, uh, there's a picture of a motorcycle oh, to my left. I got a. I'm putting this thing in tomorrow. I got my 1080 uh, uh, ASUS Strix graphics card. Uh, I'm surprised we are, you haven't done it yet. Is yeah, it a difficult process? I had to, no, it's super easy. It takes five minutes. I just don't want to crack the case open, and I didn't do it yesterday because I wasn't going to be gaming at all. Um, I think I'm going to put it in tomorrow and then play a lot of VR stuff. How long um, did, does it really take? Do you need to update the driver? I bet you do. No? Yes? Because I just spent 20 minutes updating a driver tonight before the show. <laughs> yeah, I'll have to update the drivers uh, now that you mention it. Yeah, I'll have to get the 1080 uh, NVIDIA drivers um, mm. for sure. Yeah, that's right. But, I, but I, doing the change... It's you know it's taking the it's taking the thing apart, pulling the thing out, and just taking a couple screws and putting it right back in. So it'll yeah. be easy to to then, physically change out and then put the drivers in. I don't know if it uses more or less power. Like sometimes there's six wires, sometimes there are eight. It's eight, I believe. I think um, I I don't remember. Uh, I remember like planning it all out and making sure that everything was going to be compatible when I mm. went from the 980 to the 1080. So everything will be good. Okay. Uh, it's just a matter of doing it. Yeah, yeah, so the 1080 is... Is it still the boss, or is there like a 1080 Ti out there now? Or? The Ti is, is coming out in uh, January. I think my plan is just to sell this one for, I don't know, 400 bucks, 350 bucks, whenever the Ti comes out, and just uh -huh. get the Ti. I got this one on a Black Friday deal for like $500. I, I thought that was pretty awesome, because it was right at 700 for months now. What, so Did it release at 1000 or am I crazy? No, it released... It released it oh. released at like 600 but the supply was so limited that mm -hmm. everybody was jacking their prices up. And on Amazon, or not on Amazon, but, well, yeah, on Amazon, eBay, places like that, it was a grand, 1100 People were pulling the trigger at 1200 sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I used that website that, that updates your phone. It sends you a text message when they're available on a variety of different stores. And I got so, I mean, I watched this thing for days trying to get, the, trying to get my graphics card. And I ended up, like, one time I got it in my cart clicked buy and then it was like your card is empty because someone had scooped in and taken it before swooped in and taken it before i could even click buy fast enough and i'm doing like paypal checkout lightning fast i knew the steps required right uh, <laughs> it was a nightmare trying to get that graphics card because of the supply issues i'm hoping the ti they learn from their lessons and make a few fucking more hmm yeah i don't know my card's old and I'm kind of happy with it. I, the, the only current game I'm playing at all is Battlefield 1. I haven't played that in a bit. But uh, I have an OG Titan. It's about a 780 Ti, for those that know you with their graphic cards. And eh, it seems to work. I'm not in a hurry to upgrade. Yeah, I, uh, I, I want to max out my settings on raw data. That's my favorite VR game. Uh, it's terrifying. You're surrounded by robots. They keep coming in waves. You've got a handgun that you have to manually reload by grabbing the mags from your side. Um, you, you can relocate by just running around the room here or by like warping around with a thumb click and point and uh, it's, it's really overwhelming and scary because it's got great audio that really gets you into it and it's there'll huge. be drones flying around above you shooting lasers down there's a big tank thing that's coming really slowly and occasionally shooting missiles at you that you have to literally dodge and then there's a never ending army of like robots that are just running toward you and by the third level they don't have legs. They're crawling around with their hands screaming at you with glowing eyes and like launching themselves by like, like doing a pulling maneuver with their arms through the air. It's horrifying. It, can it's, you play as long? Like, it, like you can play. Excuse me. You can play COD for 
like a four hour stretch, even a six no. hour stretch. Yeah, you can't play nearly as You'd long. You probably get disoriented, right? Yeah. Like if no. you stay in there too long. Why? I don't get disoriented. I don't get uh, motion sickness. That was the big thing that Valve worked on was getting rid of the motion sickness. And that, to do that, they had to get rid of any and all input lag between where your head is moving and mm-hmm. what your eyes are seeing. It has to be perfectly synced up. Your inner ear fucks up and you're vomiting in 10 minutes. So I mm-hmm. never get that. I can play for, I play until I'm sweaty. If I if I'm playing long, I, I play until my forehead is so sweaty that the 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 um the goggles are uh, are a little gross. Yeah, and and I'm just like, oh, this is kind of gross. I need to take a break. So is because I what makes you stop? Like, are you exhausted? Like you're shoveling or something? Or yeah, yeah, uh-huh. I just physically worn out and sore. Uh, my back gets really sore from crouching. It's like playing paintball. Lots of crouching right. and popping up and down. And um, yeah, I get tired and sweaty, and especially with the archery games, because there's this constant repetitive motion of grabbing an arrow from the quiver, knocking it, and drawing and firing. And it it requires zero actual muscle, but your brain forgets that. So I'm flexing the whole time, just like I would normally drawing a bow, mm-hmm. and I'm just fucking yanking it back and letting it go as fast as is humanly possible trying to rapid fire arrows at multiple targets. I bet there's some eleven year old who's awesome at that game is not burdened with your archery experience. He's just like no. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it really makes your reach I've tried that. I'm like, can I cheat this? Can I flick my wrist like this and do it? But no, it really tracks your motion. It wants you to draw that arrow, uh, knock it and fire. It's I, I like the VR thing. I, I hope that more cooler games come out. And what I really love about it as a like an early adopter that makes me feel like I got my money's worth is the developers continue to improve their games and uh, along the way they'll often bump the price up a little bit as they add more content to it but I bought this game when it was ten dollars so this ten dollar game is is now worth like fifty dollars because they've added so much shit to it they keep the graphics are always better now there's multiplayer now there's instead of three levels there's ten and uh, and then they they make it look better as you go as they go to they keep making it better and better so I'm digging it. I, you, I like it a lot. It's, it it's such again? a silly toy. Raw data is the game. Raw data. I want to find a YouTube video or something. I can get yeah, that or um, that or there's a zombie one that's more of a horror one. It's called the Brookhaven Experiment. And the premise of the game, like the story of it, is that some scientists opened up a... Uh, a they were trying to open a peephole into a alternate dimension. And they accidentally tore a door. And all these like weird monsters came through, just like that Stephen King movie, The Mist. Um, so you're fighting like really disgusting monsters that, like I said, you're in the dark. They're coming in waves. You've got a handgun. It's uh, the first few levels. You're just trying to be accurate and quick. And you're like, oh, this isn't so hard. I'll just keep my wits about me and be accurate and quick and slow is accurate. And I'll be good. But I get freaked out by like the fourth or fifth level and there's spiders coming at me and things are screaming in your ear and they're crawling on your face like when they get on you they're on you and it's it's awful when they're on you you want them off you're punching them with your gun and you can there's blood in your eyes it's uh it's like you're there what system is that the the vibe oh okay so raw yeah. data doesn't it's futuristic when, when you described it as being frightening i pictured it a little more um shit slender man ish it, 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 that's not the aesthetic at all. The it's... Brookhaven experiment is much more like Slender Man. You're in the dark, and uh, you hear crickets chirping, and uh, the uh, the enemies are coming from the darkness, and you really have to peer into low light to see them and use your laser sight or your flashlight. And your flashlight battery is always like it drains out like a like an hourglass. You're 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 like shit. Turn it off. Turn it off. You'll, occasionally, you'll forget to turn your flashlight off, 
and you'll just wail away on somebody emptying your pistol. You're like, God, it was running the whole time. Because once the light's out, then you're in the dark with the monsters. This raw data looks pretty. Right now, I'm showing it to people on the screen like this somebody's YouTube video. Uh, so, Jin, <laughs> go subscribe to him so he doesn't copyright me. <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there were drones shooting at him, and he was blocking the laser to like send it back at the drone. And I think he'd throw his sword, and then like a new one would pop in his hand. If I saw it right, I'm not sure. So what was the yeah. other one called? Um, Brookhaven Experiment. Brookhaven experiment. That one is uh, that one really scares me. Um, I like I get to, I was playing that the other day and I started screaming a little bit and I was just like I don't like this and I took the mask off and, and like quit. <laughs> it, I, I was like that's unsettling. I was like that was too much. I was here for like an action movie. Like I was here for aliens for aliens like aliens two and all of a sudden it hit me with alien one and it, it got it turned into a horror thing and I wasn't I didn't want to be part of it anymore. Huh. So and th I always lock the door because I because like you're in your own. I wear these as well for the audio, so someone could come in and grab you, and it really throws you. It, it's a weird experience for your brain to be in a whole other world and then have somebody grab you in this world. It's, it's pretty jarring. Brookhaven experiment. This game looks appealing to me. So this is sadly it's Bradley. Go subscribe to him so he doesn't copyright strike me. <laughs> and uh, and like Kyle said, it's in the dark in this particular video, and it, I could link it for you if you wanted to see it. I'm just bouncing around. Um, you can see his hands and where he's playing, and then you can see the game. And and like Kyle said, the game is it's it, it's mm. like they use the Slenderman map almost, you know, in terms of like trees and leaves on the ground and trails and stuff. And you just, uh, that's uh, I think that's the second level or the first level he's in right now. As you advance through the levels, you you get um, uh, better handgun, better ammunition, and better uh, equipment. And uh, and it's a different setting in any in each level. So he, in this one, he's kind of in the middle of a field or like a park in a city. Uh, and uh, later on, he's in tunnels, like an underground sewer system with tunnels that go in uh, five different directions around you and one above you. Uh, you're in a laboratory at one point, so it's always a different setting. But the the deal is that bad guys come from every every possible direction, and you kind of sound whore them. Huh? Yeah, this is pretty neat. He doesn't seem to change setting very much. I'm way ahead. I'm like 12 minutes into the video, and it's still roughly the same place. Um, yeah, it's it it five waves. It says. Oh yeah, he's. I don't. Maybe he's playing a different game mode or something. He did but get a I better gun. Story mode. He has a laser sight on it now. Yeah. And, but. Yeah, it does look interesting. That's fun. I, it's 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 just different than anything else. It's just so different than, and it's such a different experience than getting on and playing COD. Like I'm in a completely different mindset if I'm gonna come and like, you know, you got to put the right shoes on to play this game. It's not like COD sitting down and like just popping in for 20 minutes. You got to get ready. It, it, just think of it just like if you're gonna go play, you know, hand tennis or something. I don't know. You're you're actually doing something. I've been thinking about a new computer more lately. I mentioned it like a month or two ago, but I'm having trouble with this one. I don't even think it's hardware. That It's just that when I get a new computer, I f wipe out all the software too, and it tends to fix problems I had. Like This thing boots way slower than it used to. It's the same hardware. Like It's not that the computer got slower. It's just that it got loaded with shit somewhere along the way. I try to be yeah. diligent about not doing that. Factory, but... factory reboot that thing. Restore it to factory conditions. I do that to my shit like twice a year. But don't you miss your stuff? Like I put the stuff on a thumb drive. But I, okay, like for example, uh, twice a week I'll FTP a file over to Podbean so that the audio version can get on, uh, um, you know, up on like iTunes and whatever. Yeah. Like 
I don't know if I even know that password anymore. I'd have to go look that up or something. And and yeah, I, that's part of I'd it. I'd have to get FileZilla again, the FTP program I tend to use, and and the, I don't know, like the outro on my videos that I use. Like there'd be a million things I think I'd discover over six months that were missing. Well, there's a lot of cool hardware out there. That AMD stuff is really fancy. That that 480 graphics card is so cheap and yet so powerful. And then the you know the the 1080 uh, Titan's about to come out. Speaking of gaming, apparently Boogie won gamer of the year, the right? um, most trending gamer of the year, most influential gamer of the year. I should have had this up before I said something. Taylor, you <laughs> fucking idiot. Um, it is the I, ha- I have no idea what the award is, but it he won an award. Trending gamer, gamer trending yeah. gamer of 2016. Well, so, that's awesome. Good for him. Congratulations, Yogi, awesome. friend of the show. I hope uh, I consider. Yeah. I should say another cool thing. Now I want to talk too much out of like out of turn because I'm not deeply informed. But Total Biscuit just got medical results back, and his cancer hasn't spread, and it has shrunk. So yeah, C- continues oh, to great. get good news. It, wasn't his cancer the sort of thing where like he has like a 25 or 30 percent chance? Wasn't it like low? I'm like, really. Wasn't, oh man, I don't want to say anything that would upset anybody, but no, I, of course I thought, not. I just don't know exactly yeah, what it is. I, I, I thought. What kind of cancer is it? Or does he not say? I don't know if that's. I have insensitive. to Google it. No, I wouldn't. He think said it's just been a while. I'm not really plugged in. I, I just catch the updates on Reddit occasionally because it's always voted up. But good news. Good news for yeah. him. Yeah. It, I remember it was one of the really dangerous ones, like pancreatic, maybe colon, bowel. Pancreatic is bowel so painful. Same thing as colon? Um, I don't remember what he had, but it, it wasn't a good one to have. And and his kind of idea was, look, this takes five or six years to kill X amount, uh, X percentage of the people who get it. I'm going to fight. Uh, that, that was kind of his opening statement about the whole thing. But continues to get good news, good results. It it's is, good to hear. It's definitely put out there originally as terminal cancer. And I don't know if it's not terminal anymore. I just know that it seems like every time he talks about it, there's been good news. And not the kind yeah. of good news that is like... I'm just only talking about the good parts. Like it seems like it's genuinely going well for him, and I was mm-hmm. pretty, uh, I was really happy for him. I'm sure everybody is, but it was like, it, yeah, you know, I like this. I guy. never really watched his stuff, but that's great. We used to talk um, more than we do now. But you know what it was? We were both like the two of us, uh, the primary targets of this guy named obviously Jesus. And uh, he would make these hateful videos. That is a blast from the past. Yeah, right? <laughs> Obviously, Jesus would, like, every video, he'd just rail against Total Biscuit or me. And uh, we used to, like, I don't know, goof back and forth, like, you know, as if it was a point of pride. Like, ah, you know, I'm his favorite now. <laughs> and uh, um, But we haven't talked in a while. He was on the show once. Um, but I'm, I'm just happy to hear he's doing well. I don't know. I, I follow wanna- him a little bit. I, I noticed that – so a couple of things happened. Um, Conor McGregor, like he said, won both, ha- held both belts. He had what, 145 and 155, right? Is that that's correct? That's right. That's right. And, uh, and then uh, Cormier it got injured, right, mm-hmm. and couldn't fight, so they needed a fight. So they made an interim – they took Conor's belt away, and they're having an interim fight between Anthony Pettis and – Max Holloway. And Max Holloway for Conor's belt – which is probably at his house right now, I would imagine, right? Like that's what that's my question here is where it the belt is 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 sort of it's a physical thing, of course, but then there's this idea of who holds the belt, which really doesn't require the material belt itself. 
I bet you, though, he still has that fucking belt. I bet he's got two UFC championship belts at his house, and they really will have a hard time getting one away from him. He I bet he four. shows up to the next press conference with, oh, really? If I'm counting right, he should have one from when he won the interim championship, right? Because oh. Aldo pulled out. He beat Mendez. He should have another one from when he beat Aldo. And he should have another one from when he beat Alvarez. So he should have three. Oh, okay. I was mistaken. Well, that's I, I like that they don't take him. So, the, so, my ne- so my next thing is, I haven't heard anything out of him about how he feels about this. Initially, he said, you know, they'll have to fucking come and take it from me. And the Dana White was like, yeah, we're just going to take it. And uh, and now now I've read that he's applying for a California boxing license. Was he is he applying or was he approved? I don't know. I, I could be wrong. I thought he was approved. Uh, yeah, Al, uh, Connor hasn't said anything straight up. Uh, Connor's current fight, I feel like, is with the UFC, and it's happening behind closed doors. Yes. he's like, I'm not fighting right <laughs> now, so they're negotiating contracts. He wants equity. He wants equity in the UFC. Um, he wants a lot of money. Right, just recently. Oh, I hope I can get the fighters right. It was Cowboy Cerrone, GSP, Tim Kennedy, uh, and two more guys, I, I, I don't recall, um, that all came out. And they're trying to put together what seems like a fighter's union. I don't think they called mm. it that. But um, GSP has been negotiating with the UFC to have another fight. And he feels like he's not being paid fairly. And he went out and said, you know, no one's being paid fairly in the UFC. Even Conor McGregor isn't getting paid Conor McGregor's worth, which is quite high. He says that in other sport leagues, athletes tend to make about 50% of the revenue. That's right for hockey, isn't it, Taylor? 50% of the revenue? I don't I don't even know. Every I'd time have to look that up. It I'm seems sure. to land between like 45 and 50%. Or 45 and 55%. So GSP's right. Players, athletes tend to make about half the revenue in their sports. And in in the UFC, they tend to make about 8%. Um, Really? According to GSP. Yeah. So, um, and then the lowest fighters get paid very little. It's like eight grand to show and eight grand to win. And then there's some locker room bonuses, which is a neat thing. They're so bonus driven that it makes the fighters really strive to please the UFC, right? You know, they'd much rather win by knockout because they're more likely to get a bonus. They're much more likely to not say bad things about their boss because that impacts their bonus money. Well, you know, if they just say, I love the UFC, the UFC's greatest things in sliced bread, they treat me so fairly, that helps your bonus. So uh, they, they keep fighters in line by keeping them bonus-oriented. And, uh, um, and they keep them bonus-oriented by underpaying them. And making it so that even if you are like a journeyman, yep. even if you are the kind of guy who goes out there and like wins two out of three of your fights for mm-hmm. eight years, you're still kind of scratching by and trying to like work other sources of income because it's just not good enough to go beat people up for the UFC. Yeah. You're right. That's if you not win even two just out of three fights and go eight years, I'm sorry, Taylor, talk at the same time, um, then it's like you're probably doing well at that point. But not so well that you never need to work again, right? Not so well that eight years in, you're probably thinking, all right, I may have, I don't know, two to four years left. How am I going to, like, survive the rest of my life when this income stops, right? That's not what football players think oftentimes. Football players are like, oh, shit, I got $8 million. You know, if I can't get by on $8 million savings, then I'm pretty silly. Um, but fighters aren't like that. Fighters, you know, at the end of this have to figure out what's next. So, yeah, UFC is currently, you know, fighting the U- uh, Connor, and we're going to see where that comes. He wants a piece of the company. He wants, like, Mayweather-type money, $100 mm-hmm. million, dollars, you know? And, yeah. And he might be right. Who could blame him? Yeah, he is right. Oh, he's yeah. definitely right. From what you told me, because my question to you, because I didn't really know, is 
What's the normal uh, income gross from a regular pay-per-view? Let's take one that doesn't have Conor McGregor in it. Maybe, you could even compare him to maybe a Rousey pay-per-view event. Like, what, what, how much more is he making? Do you normally make, let's say, a million for easy math, and now you're making 1.2 million for easy math? That's pay-per-view, gate, all that stuff. Of course, the numbers are much, much, much higher. Right. If, so if, if you're getting an extra 200K when there's a Connor, when Connor's on, you got to pay him a big percentage of that if you're going to keep that guy happy. The number they that report is usually pay-per-view buys, right? So a good event will do like 600 to 700,000 buys. That'd be like a Ronda event. And mm -hmm. a Connor event will do like double-ish that, a million, a million point two. That's huge. Yeah, yeah. All also, of our billions. But there's another thing. Buys. Connor events cost more, you know, like some of these things cost 50 or 60 bucks a pay-per-view. Connor's cost like they, they seem to be $10 more. And so not only do they sell more, but they $10 more. And that, that, that's a lot of money, you know, on, on the yeah. other side of it. Suddenly this thing costs 20% more. That's a huge revenue boost because it's not like the expenses are 20% more. Yeah. You know? I don't see that as selfish at all. That's just him wanting to get paid or what he is worth. Yep. And if he's only making that percentage, then he's getting ripped off. Like, he's such a big name that, I mean, I, I made a joke that, like, all of Ireland buys the pay-per-view. But I bet that's not far off. I bet a huge number of people in Ireland are buying. Can you buy it there? I think that's the difference. I think they offer it on TV in England and like some oh, of these places. Oh, so you don't even have to pay like for it. Russia, I don't think it's pay per view. It's really Americans that get fucked the most. And if they do pay for it, okay, I know sometimes mind. people use like wacky VPNs to buy the Czech Republic version. It's like $8 instead of 70 or something. You know, it's like way better. So, Eight uh, kroner. <laughs> Eight kroner. <laughs> yeah. So I, I might be mixed up. I don't know if Ireland is Money one of the companies that gets it on TV. I'm pretty sure Russia doesn't have pay-per-views, but um, I know the prices are different around the world. But the point is he brings, he, he sells tickets to places packed with Irishmen. He brings people to the city. He, he's, he's like Floyd Mayweather. He should be making Floyd Mayweather tight money, and he doesn't. And um, the UFC's got a real thing on their hands here to negotiate with all the fighters. On the other hand, I've heard Dana White talk about it. And he's like, I don't care if they unionize. He's like, these fighters won't like unions. And of course, this is what he wants them to think. But he's like, you got to understand, half of these fighters get managers and then the next fight, that manager's gone. Like, you know, they just, he's like, when they get a union, they're just going to have a manager. I need someone to negotiate with, so it's all good to me. And uh, the way it works right now is the guys at the top are very richly rewarded, which you could argue is fair, because it's really the top of the card that sells the tickets. And yeah, most of the yeah, rest it just is fair. kind of fills it, right? And, you know, like, I, I buy fights... Like, I'm kind of more into it than most. So I might look at, like, the top third of the fighters. And then the bottom two-thirds are all kind of inter interchangeable to me. But, like, the top yeah. third draws matter to me. So uh, Dana's like, yeah, you know, GSP, Connor, like, the, the champions and stuff, they make tons of money. And then these guys making eight grand, like, they're interchangeable as far as the UFC concerned. You know, they could just grab yeah. some other no-name guy. And that guy who they're paying ten grand, he's not there because they're like, oh, we need Jeff P Peterson there tonight like we need that like no you could just throw in you know lloyd smith or whoever the hell just go down to the gym grab you, uh, somebody else do you have do you have fight pass i was just gonna say i bought fight pass because joe lozon was fighting <laughs> yeah card on fight pass joe yeah joe um, moves some tickets fight he's pass in the top great. Okay, we were talking the other day about pass? how many organizations i don't know we were talking the, about how many organizations the ufc has bought out it's like a dozen. Like a lot of them were small. Maybe you've never heard of them. But but all of their library of content is on Fight Pass. I scrolled down the other day and I'm like, 
the Tough Man Fighting League of Arkansas. What is this? <laughs> and you go on there, and there's just some good old boys like, come on, come on. <laughs> like, 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 who knows what the rules are? They're kicking people in the face on the ground. Like, like it's just like a dozen different like random minor league fighting. The Appalachian uh, Wrestling. It's crazy you say that though, because that's like that's like the the one thing that a lot of people don't realize about Fight Pass. And I'm not trying to sell it. I'm just like as a fight fan, they've got Glory, Invicta. Like they've got like everything on there. It's like they did a huge licensing play by getting all that stuff. And it, in my opinion, if you like fights, it's definitely worth it. Now it not, it may not have been worth it when it first came out, but for me, I love going through that. Yeah, even better deal. Patreon.com slash PK. <laughs> I'm just fucking. I've heard that. Blows out of the water. It blows fight pass out of the water. You get. Uh, yeah, there's a access. ton of content on there. I've been watching a lot of fights lately. I, I watched because I've got uh, I got FS1 recently. I didn't have that channel before. I, I didn't understand at first. I was like, I've got Fight Pass. Why is it blacked out? What does that even mean, blacked out? And I know what it means now. It means that you got to buy FS1. They want to squeeze you a little more. Uh, but now I got FS1 and I get the pay-per-view event and I got the Fight Pass. So the fights on pay-per-view night start at like 6 p.m. and don't end until 1 in the morning. So I've been watching a lot of fights lately. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I follow, of course, I follow the UFC fights, but I also follow like all the other UFC things. I can't. I, I'm almost embarrassed to be into it, but I'm like, ooh. You watch the reality they're, show? They're forming a union. They're doing. Uh, it, not every season. I used <laughs> to following watch. Following their union discussions. I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're interesting. I, I, I'm into the union discussions too. I that would fascinate me to see how it how, how it all plays out and what that would do right. to you know and us the viewer. How is it going to change? I wanted to talk about. What is he? I think he's like the 100, 110 pounder, 120 pounder. They call Demetrius him Mighty Mouse. Yeah. He's the guy who's going to fight the winner oh, of the Ultimate DJ Fighter, right? 125. Yeah. And yeah, yes. isn't he like 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 unbeaten or something? Does he have some fantastic record because he's such a tiny guy? And I guess there just aren't that pound many times. He does, yeah, right? And it's it's tricky to figure out how good he really is. Like there are a lot of people, maybe me included, I'm a little confused, who say this guy is the best we've ever had. Right, I think he has more title defenses than anybody. Although I, I, it's near the most, if not the most. Anderson Silva had a bunch, like teams. He did. Uh, I don't think so. Not title defenses, and he also okay. had a bunch of fights that weren't for title. Like he went up to two hundred five and stuff. So his win streak wasn't all title defenses. But um, uh, DJ has done all title defenses. He's beaten all comers. And he's so much better than the other people in his division. And this happens across all of sports. It almost seems like, like, oh, okay. Well, he just dominated at a time when other people weren't good. You know, like, I don't know if that happens to Tiger Woods or, or whatever. But it seems like in sports, people are only considered really, really great. Like, would Muhammad Ali be considered as great as he was if there wasn't, like, Frazier? Um, Tyson, they say Tyson was a great fighter, but didn't he just beat a bunch of bums? So what, you need Tyson to be not as good so it looked like the fights were harder? I, that's kind of the spot that DJ's in. And he's going to fight soon. Is it a week from now, I yeah. think? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I, that, that's why I was wondering. Because I just watched one of his fights on Fight Pass to see what he was about. And then I saw that the winner of the Ultimate Fighter was going to fight him. He's and I've been watching out, a little bit of that. He cleared out his division so completely that there's like no challenges. So they built yeah. a reality show and they're like, the winner of this show gets to fight DJ because who the hell else will? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and when you see him in the ring, like Joe Rogan's 5'9 or something, 5'8, mm -hmm. maybe he's a short, short guy. Yeah. Joe's like, 
He's holding the guy's hand up and looking down at him. It's like when it's like when you hold a little kid's hand and the kid's like reaching straight up, but you're still reaching down to hold his hand. <laughs> like it, Joe Rogan's like 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 interviewing a child out there. They, that guy is so tiny. I feel like Mighty Mouse should move up. If he fought at 135 against Dominic Cruz, who is Mighty Mouse again? Demetrius. That, that's Johnson. what they were talking about. Super fights. Demetrius Johnson. Okay. Dude, if he setting if up he, super fights. Like right now, he's like the greatest champion nobody's ever known. If he gets two belts then you know, I feel like he gets elevated to a level that it's hard to reach without that. Because I don't you know. know what the competition is in the next weight class and how that would counter what he does well or anything, but maybe going up, maybe go, maybe it's a big difference between going from where he is up a weight class than going from like 145 to 155. Yeah. I don't know. I think you make a good argument. The next guy up is, um, he beat him before, Cruz. But that was so long ago, it feels like DJ's a better fighter now and Cruz is an older fighter, and I don't know. And um, But d d uh, the next guy up is especially elusive. Like, that's his thing. He darts in and out. He controls range super well. He just pop shots you all night long. It seems like he's got a, um, a range attack and nobody else does. And that's how he fights. He just kites you all night long, and then you lose a decision. And... I'd love I'm to see him try. To it. I, yeah, I, I most I really want to see Ronda fight as well because she's going to lose. Uh, I'm gonna. I, 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 look, I looked at the, the the odds. It looks like if you bet a hundred bucks on Ronda to lose, you only win a hundred and forty. Um, so I guess the odds weren't as good as I thought they were. They said two to one on their on on the on ESPN at one point, but maybe they've changed. But you win a hundred and forty, so you come back with two hundred and forty, right? Oh yeah. No, yeah. you bet a hundred to win a hundred and forty, right? Yeah, I think that's the case. I think you bet a hundred to win a hundred and forty. So I, I that think would that was the case. Be like she was the favorite, right? Like, so, uh, see, the win a hundred and forty is. What I'm betting on Ronda to lose. I'm betting on Nunez to win. If you bet a hundred for Nunez to win, you win a hundred and forty. If she does in fact win. And and so oh, I'm so, not an experienced. So Ronda, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong because I don't. I, no, no. Then, that, then Ronda would have to be the underdog if you were betting a hundred. Okay, to then win I'm wrong. Then I guess you yeah. are getting back 140, so it's 240. Oh well, I'm right. definitely doing it, and maybe I just misread it the first time. That's that's amazing odds then, because she's gonna lose. I, I, you're talking to the guy who was equally confident that Hillary was gonna win. <laughs> so like I, I'm real shaken at this point. I, I went out and told I, I, everyone. I'm saying you're due. You're due for a good one. <laughs> you know, you've 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 made two dreadful, terrible, totally wrong calls. <laughs> That would have lost you a huge sum of money. I was going to bet 10000 you got that bad luck out of the way. Now you're on the straight and narrow. I uh, say go hog, whole hog. I, you know, <laughs> go I just, for it. I looked at the style matchups. I was, you know, as an expert in my field, I really knew that Eddie Alvarez was going to beat Conor McGregor. And Eddie Alvarez, I love you, man. But, you know, everybody knows that. That you came out scared and didn't fight your game and got 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 like freaked out by the the moment that you were in and didn't have it together. Meanwhile, Connor's been there like five times before and was cool as a cucumber. For whatever reason, Eddie didn't fight his game and uh, he was scared. You what, could see it. He was what I was gonna say nerves. is, it's yeah. hard to find 15 seconds in a row that Eddie Alvarez looked better. Like that. That's yeah. the level that. Like oh, I'm not saying he never got a punch fight. in, but like it's hard to find 15 seconds in a row where Eddie looked better than Connor. Did it end it was like Connor had a secret. Knockout. It was like they're playing Mortal Kombat, but only Connor had the manual, so he had the special moves <laughs> memorized. Like, yeah, like up, up, down, down, why, why, you know, he did yeah. all that. Yeah, he and, was he was throwing fireballs and stuff. And what Eddie I was got right is I predicted Holly Holmes would beat Ronda, and a lot of people didn't see that one coming, but I I did. More right. accurate boxing. I, I think uh, Ronda's oh. hands just seemed like 
it didn't look good. When she came out against, I can't remember the, Beche. When she fought Beche, her oh. hands looked so bad. She mm. came at Beche like a drunk husband comes at his oh, wife bitch? after, a, after, yeah. He went at, he went at, she went at Beche like a drunk husband goes at his wife after a long night at the bar. <laughs> like, there was, it wasn't the Except the less style. Because very yeah. rarely does the wife get the good one in and then come back, <laughs> you know? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Is it, it Kohea fighting on this next card? Is she? I don't know. I'm not sure. She's fighting up, coming up soon, I think. She's one of my least favorite fighters. Um, I just find What's her. What's her name? Brazilian uh, getting booed in Brazil. That was nuts. Beche Correa is her name. Do I, I'm sure I pronounced it wrong because that's my thing. I just hear it as Betch Correa, but. Yeah. Betch, you think? Is, I think it's, yeah, it's Beche. Uh, okay. I, don't go I, by I, me. I, 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 <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. One one of us has it. So yeah, I'm sure. Out there, lend us a hand. But in any case, um, Ronda didn't look good beating her. Ronda looked. She Ronda beat her looked in like, like 19 seconds or something, right? Sure, she did. But but when Connor beat Eddie Alvarez, it was like a clinic in accuracy. It, it, it he was out there like trying to use it. He beat him using so little effort. Seemingly, it looked like he could have easily easily fought another man. Right afterwards, Connor could have went ahead and fought another man right after that Dude, fight and won that one too. His post-fight interview, it it was like, it wasn't like he was trying to be cruel, but it was cruel because he was like, man, you know, like you have to get someone with something special, like a special attribute. He could be Gotta really tall or really strong. He has to have an advantage. Like, it, Give him like, a stick or something. He, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he could have said that. Give him a stick. Because he was like, you know, when it's a, a fair fight, a guy Sweet. who's my size, like he didn't belong in here with me. He, he said it like it really wasn't fair to the champion to be in the yeah. same octagon as me. I, I feel a little bad for how I dismantled him. And I liked it, and I agree with him 100%. Don't you? Because what he's saying is like, how look. How can you not? He's like, look at this guy. He's the same size as me. What a joke. You want to come beat me? Any, basically saying, any man my size, I'm the best. At this size, at, at this model, nobody can touch this. I'm as good as it gets every day of the week. How do you You got to come at me with some height. Or some length. Look, I'm, you got to weigh. I'm all for him. that. I'm all for being confident and everything. But him talking trash to Tyron Woodley is fucking <laughs> stupid. Have you seen him next he to each other? He would destroy him. There's Woodley not a lot of money would... to be made betting against Conor McGregor. I bet no. Woodley <laughs> would destroy. Tyron Woodley point. would destroy. Wow. <laughs> because Conor, because Tyron Woodley is used to getting hit harder than Conor McGregor can hit. Like, like he, he, he's been hit by punches the, as hard as Connor could throw, and he's just taking them. He's Look, just bigger. There's a good there's chance you guys You know what? Right. I, I should take that back. I should never say that because when it, when it comes to, like, the, the fight <laughs> game, who knows? Dude, did you <laughs> see? Now, how many, which of you two saw Rory McDonald fight Tyrone Woodley? I did. You did, yeah. So Rory McDonald implemented a perfect game plan. He used his range. He just hit him, hit him, hit him, hit him. And Tyron Woodley does the thing he always does. He puts his own back against the fence. He's not engaging his wrestling. And, and it just seemed like Tyron Woodley, if you were to see him next to each other, like in a lineup, you'd be like, Tyron Woodley is completely going to win. Look how strong he is. But then you watched him fight and implement a game plan, and he lost. And I can totally see, like... It's Rory not crazy. Rory's hard like, what, 6'2", 6'3"? He has, like, he has a significant reach compared to Conor McGregor. Conor if McGregor's anything, got, like, Woodley? albatross he's arms, though. Yeah, yeah. His, his arms are longer than they should be. Yeah, Woodley he's got, is 5'9". Uh, is he? 
Well, yeah, those things yeah, are like often inaccurate, but it's footer's arms or something like that. Yeah, oh, Connor's... I don't know. I, I, I want him to win. It looks like this guy would win. I it mean... does, but that doesn't mean him. That, that doesn't always like lock it in. I, I'm telling he's you, he's got his figure like like he's a great fighter in his weight class. Connor, he just like he has he, those attributes that Connor's talking. Five nine one seventy. He spans an overhead right. He do, he's a great wrestler who doesn't seem to wrestle. Like, did you see him take down Wonder Boy? I don't remember him taking down Wonder Boy at all. I love watching Wonder Boy fight. I, I just, I like, yeah, that's who. Who's Wonder Boy? Next fight. He, uh, Steven Thompson is his real name. And um, yeah, I just, oh, dude, I don't see why. If Tyrone Woodley fights dumb, which he does half the time, Connor can beat him. That that's my I stance. You know a lot more about the sport than I do, but I don't think so. I hope yeah. they fight. I hope they fight. I used all be... my expertise when I predicted that, Conor that would lose would be to Eddie. Epic. <laughs> he, I... He's like, you know what? I'm going to take you out of the belt. Yeah. Three. <laughs> and and <laughs> it, it stops there. Money too. At 185. <laughs> he did say something about Jones at one point too, right? Dude, Jones yeah, is so it, dude. big. Dude, Jones is a bit of an overrated champion. I mean, so people think of Jones as one of the greatest fighters of all time, right? I Just, thought you said that. I might have, but I've come to think oh. about it lately. And I was reading on Reddit, and a guy sunk in with me. Some I of Jones is... because, real quick, I, I get all of my MMA knowledge from you. <laughs> and so the only way that I would have in my head that he was, like, one of the best ever is if you said it. And then I was just like, yeah, well, he, he probably knows. You, you know, know how I dismissed, like... Uh, Demetrius Johnson's competition because you know they all look bad compared to him. Jones mm -hmm. has title def he's like five title defenses. Making that up, but it's something like that. And one of them's over Machida, who's a 185er. Another's over Rashad Evans, who's moved down to 185. Another one's over Sale or Chael Sonnen, who's now you know who's always a 185er. Um, shucks. DC. Okay, DC's legit. And um, guess. Gustafsson, I can't say his name. Gustafsson, yeah, Gustafsson, right. Gustafsson. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, he gave Jones that a run for his money. Yeah, that was kind of a drawish. I thought Jones won, but um, yeah, that guy's not like a world beater. It's not like he's had a good career outside of Jones. Uh, he's got some wins and losses, like, like you know, it, like, and then some other guys a little washed up. Like you know, I, I think he beat Shogun. Um, mm -hmm. it, it like. Jones has dominated one of the weaker fields. Now he's dominated, so good for him. But like when you look at his defenses, I just uh, you know kind of like I don't Mike like Tyson those thing you were just saying. Yeah, you know? I don't like those guys that fight dirty. I think he he intentionally mm. eye pokes people, and that's just so scummy to it. me. It's yeah, he, he said it. Yeah, why would oh, he yeah. do that if he's so he's good? A, that's why he's so good. He blinds <laughs> the other guy and then kicks him. It, Step kicks one. Him all night. <laughs> How does that actually happen in an MMA fight? His like, natural like response. Would be, so, so looking he, for it. So you, you just, you just—that's the difference right there. What you did. He does, he's not making a closed fist like this. He's, he's like this the whole time. And there's lots of this. There's lots of this. And he's, he's poking with his, his fingers extended. And if you think that Connor is long, you got to see John Jones. Because his arms, he can reach across the fucking kitchen and grab some salt. Like, it's outrageous. So he's he's poking you with these long fucking fingers on these long fucking hands. And was it him that got the guy and there was blood coming out of his eyelids and stuff? It's just, Could it's hard been. to look at for me. I hate it. Thing, I hate it. Nasty so, he has gross fingernails. Most fighters, when they're eyes. getting hit, they cover like this and start moving, right? Jones's arms are so long. His natural defense mechanism 
is to extend his fingers and put them out towards like your face. And sometimes he'll just put it on the, like your forehead and sometimes he'll have it here. And fighters will run into his fingers with their eyes because that's where he's putting them. And they're out there doing these pre-programmed moves. If you wonder why boxers miss so much, it's because they're they're pre-reacting, if that makes a sense. Yeah, you know, they're, like a video game. They're hitting buttons. They're going into a combo. They're going yeah. into a combo. Right? When I throw this left, I expect your reaction to be that, so I'll throw the right. I'm not watching your reaction. I'm throwing a combo because this is what people always do when I do that other thing. Yeah. Anyway... Uh, so they're doing their programmed response while his fingers are out there and they get poked in the eye. And uh, I saw an interview with him. What a piece him. of shit. I saw I an really interview like with him guy. recently and they're like, you yeah. know, he's like, yeah, they say I poke in the eye because um, that's what I do. I poke him in the eye a lot. Uh, it's kind of illegal, but I'm winning. Did you see the John Jones Vitor Belfort fight, though? Yeah. That's yeah, the one where he nearly one lost. Of his Oh, another that 185 was pounder. He got he got arm barred mm-hmm. and his arm was jacked. Yep, yep, up it was and hurt. couldn't couldn't throw punches and started using his elbows. That's that's the thing that I would say what makes him so great in that sense is that like his game plan definitely adapts. It definitely adapts. You're like, right. Where v- some guys stick to. Vitor is another guy who fought his whole career 20 pounds lighter. Well, that's not true. He did some 205 too. But Vitor is a 185 pound fighter. That's like that's where he belongs. And while Jones looked great, Jones is a guy who could fight heavyweight. Like, he's gigantic. And yeah. Vitor's a guy who could fight 185. He just has a lot of wins over small people. I, I don't like Jones. I don't want to see him win. And I don't want to see what he's going to do to his opponent. I don't steroids. like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He absolutely uses tons of steroids. Yeah, yeah absolutely. He's yeah. suspended he's one right of now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, he's, he's suspended for a number of things. He's always doing something scummy. I don't know if you saw his... Uh, when he got pulled over for doing something crazy in his Lambo it, and, and yeah. he was DUI. Do you see what he's saying? He's like, he's, he's like calling the cop a pig. He's like, pig. He's like, fucking, like, like just talk. He's, just, he's such an entitled, scummy piece of shit. Like, mm. like I hate that guy so much. I don't like Chael Sonnen or Michael Bisping either. Or, well, Chael's okay. I, I don't like Michael Chael. Bisping anymore either. Yeah, Chael's okay. <laughs> uh, I, can, I can tolerate <laughs> some hijinks out of Chael. I am um, I don't so... Like Dude, I am such a crazy that hypocrite with Chael. with Rogan where he's like, Rogan, I just want to congratulate you here for being here tonight. Like where he's like witnessing Chael Sonnen and Chael's <laughs> being, being interviewed by Chael. Dude, <laughs> did like, you see like Chael Sonnen? I, I forget. Joe was interviewing him and he's like, I'm the, I've got the strongest arms. I've got the greatest charms. I've got this. I've got that. And Rogan started to end the interview and he's like, what? No, the interview doesn't end here. I've just beaten a former world champion in the UFC. If you don't think I'll add an over-the-hill 50-year-old comedian to this list, then you're crazy. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> he threatened to beat up Joe Rogan and called him a 50-year-old I, I want to find it. That's funny. Uh, Joe could hold his own with, with Chael. I would watch that fight. I want to see Chael's yeah. son and fight Joe Rogan. Oh, he's about to fight Tito Ortiz, you know. I mean, Chael's oh, really? Yes, yeah, yeah, over on, on Bellator. Bellator. Yeah, he's uh, Tito's the favorite, I think. Although we've already proved I'm not good at, re- at That's uh, not reading like better guys. Connor, though, too. He kind of brings the element of Chael to the fight, but actually, like, sure. close to the fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 the mouth and the show, whereas Chael, to me, seemed like the mouth. I, I love that fight. I was at Woody's house when he fought John Jones at that at that pay-per-view thing. And, uh, of course, Chael got pummeled, just slammed at will, I don't know, five, six times, which is, which is Chael's thing. Oh. And then that toe broke. And there was this moment where it was like, man, if Chael had survived that round, and, it, and he could have Ten easily, seconds. he got called. 
10 seconds or something, then he is the champion yeah. of that thing until John's toe is right. Yeah, Chael would have been champion. Yeah, I if wonder what Chael would have said. Would he have said that he was chosen by God to be champion? Yeah, he would that have. God would have John, broken? God, fee-fi-fo-fum. He'd have something about his toe breaking or something. Uh, he'd, 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 have, he'd have been really funny about it. But his toe basically like went to the left. Like Imagine your right foot, your big toe, just to the left till it tears degrees. the skin and the webbing and there's blood everywhere and the bone is broken. It was nasty. Can he we, could not continue to fight. Can we watch this post-fight interview? Please. I have it time stamped. I loved it. I hope it's yeah. the right one. I wasn't able to watch it all. but I, all right. I've got a three-second ad to skip. Okay. All right, I'm paused at the uh, at one minute flat. Yep. All right, me cool. too. Ryan. Yep. Ready, set, play. Bet now, right here on the UFC's new home, Fox Sports. He always hooks up the UFC. Mandalay <laughs> Silva, six feet tall and 205 pounds, boy. Until I met you, I didn't know they could stack crap that high. He never curses. Ever. Whoa, 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 whoa. I will let you know when I'm done, Joe. I just got done with the world champion. If you think I want to add a middle-aged comedian just for the goddamn pleasure of it, you better think again, man. Like someone, you're the bad guy. Chow Sutton, ladies and gentlemen. I just got done beating the world champion. If you don't think I'll add a 50-year-old comedian just for the pleasure of it, you got another thing coming. That's <laughs> great. You make a good point. A joke. Yeah, you know, all right, then. Yeah, here you go. He's so good. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like him. He, he, he promoted the fuck out of that John Jones fight. It was... It got to the point where it was kind of like when it was kind of like pre-election, how, how we were like, Trump might do it. And everybody's like, no, of course he's not going to do it. And that's how we, it was with, with Chael. I was like, he might. He's talking <laughs> a big game. Maybe he can back it up. Yeah. And like Woody knew better. I, I think Woody was like, I, I don't think so. Because John's <laughs> like one of the best there's ever been. And Chael's just real good at talking shit these days. Uh. It, it wasn't a good matchup for Chael. Well, I thought that that was the case with Connor and a lot of the stuff where he wasn't proven at the time where he was really vocal about his abilities mm -hmm. and it and I felt like he hadn't been tested yet until like maybe the Chad Mendez fight where even Aldo like don't get me wrong like a knockout's a knockout, right? But right. I felt like I was like, "Oh, was that just something that was just kind of like was that just a flash knockout which is like he like timed it right yeah he did his timing is really really good and that shouldn't be like construed as luck i guess and that's yeah. what i was kind of seeing it as and, and he proved that time and time again that his timing isn't necessarily luck and but i felt like the chad mendez fight it was kind of showing some holes in the game and everything it was like oh, okay well not I'm, holes the in the game happened but, like, to me he was being tested where i hadn't seen him tested before and him him like coming rising to that i was like oh okay all right so all right I'm, I'm, I'm coming on board i i didn't know how good he was like he beat poirier and that was when i was convinced he was a really great fighter but the question of the american wrestler wasn't answered right so it was like all right so he's a really great fighter let's just give it to him he's one of the best strikers in the ufc but he has this kryptonite you put him on his back and what can he do when he fought mendez i didn't know who was going to win i was pulling for connor i think i said connor but i didn't really know and uh when he beat Mendez, it was like, holy smokes. Like, this guy is a juiced-up, steroid-taking American wrestler, and Connor beat him. 
And that was the question we couldn't answer. And when it was like, so you're like, hey, Mendez exposed some holes. I, my takeaway from it was, oh, those holes aren't as big as I feared because he just beat this guy. And then when he beat Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, it was like, well, there it is. And um, yeah, if, if, if anyone exposed holes, I guess it's Diaz. And he struggles with length. Well, no, that's that's exactly what I was going to say is like, I felt like he was getting gassed in certain areas with Mendez. And that was exacerbated against Diaz where he was like, mm-hmm. he would walk away from him. And then Diaz would be like, what? Dude, Diaz, I think, and this is a question that I have myself: is was Diaz a special case? Was it what was was Diaz so hard to knock out because he's Nate fucking Diaz, or was he so hard to knock out because Connor just doesn't have enough pop in his hand for someone that's that size of a man? I don't know which, really, but 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 I I, I like to lend it toward that's Nate fucking Diaz. That's what he does. He's kind of a wild man. He likes getting punched in the face. That's why he's here. You know, I, well, I think they, that's what's they going on there. They definitely play that strategy where they, they like both Nate and Nick's do uh, do like in their fights get hit a lot early on. You know, wearing guys down in that sense too. But um, cardio is not Connor's kind of strong point. And, and to me, as like a non-athlete on the outside looking in, that's the one thing that I think to myself like, man, that's just reps. Like, like that's where what I would be strong at. If my job was to be a professional athlete, cardio is one thing you wouldn't have to worry about. It's like, man, if I just need to run more, just run more, more, more. But whereas, like, you know, accuracy with boxing or something is some sort of muscle memory slash talent slash ingrained, you know, genetic skill that you have that you just have to build and maybe you're lucky enough to have. You might be right, Kyle. A lot of people would agree. GSP would disagree. GSP, like, he tells a story and he says, look, it's not really about cardio. He's like, everyone that steps into that octagon has run their miles, has put in their reps. They have great cardio. It's about efficiency. Joe doesn't run. Not much. Yeah, yeah. actually. Joe says he hates running. <laughs> but um, they've, they've put in some work that gives them cardio. Joe doesn't use running, but he uses sparring. And, he, you know, he has a... Yeah, when sparring he grapples, has to be great for it, but... you know, He'll have, like, five people rotate against him. But it's not worth but, championship but he, cardio, let me get cardio to, form. The, so what GSP says, he's like, I've got this guy, he's a, um, a Muay Thai instructor, like a world-class Muay Thai guy, and um, he smokes like a chimney. And he's like, but he's just, you know, he out-cardios everybody. He kicks everybody's ass in the gym at Muay Thai because his efficiency of movement is better. GSP feels like it's not about how big the tank is, but it's about your you know, miles per gallon. I feel like he's self-promoting. I think he, I think he's he's like, and if you use the GSP system, you too can achieve this level. <laughs> That's but, not how uh, I read it. Level- level of precision movement because in the end though like okay if we were standing there throwing perfect strikes the whole time your Mm -hmm. fuel efficiency might be better than over fighter b because you're fighter a and you do do it the gsp way but what happens when they start wrestling what happens when when we're in the clinch for up against the fence for three fucking minutes when we're, we're on the ground and there's blood running in your eyes and he's rubbing it in your face like you're just getting gassed the fuck out i feel like there's some guys that have like a world championship like an nba player level of cardio stamina where you just can't run that tank drive and in those championship fights especially you see a lot of fighters get gassed connor definitely has gotten gassed at least two or three fights i've seen it yeah there's probably just guys who we lost kyle in a hurry <laughs> there he is. He's a drop the mic moment. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah I, but people have different philosophies on that. I don't know what's right. I'm not a world class fighter. I just think it's interesting. Yeah, some guys, like uh, Corm- Cormier, Cormier. I'll I like Cormier. Yeah, yeah, Cormier. Okay. Um, he he feels like he needs. That's why he's hurt. So before he fought Anderson Silva in his last fight, he was sort of toning it down a bit. 
uh, trying not to get injured going into the fight. His gym has a reputation of fighters getting injured too often. Is that America's top team? Uh, AKA, I think. Right? Am I right okay. on that? I'm not positive. I think it's AKA. And um, but he's it, it's Kane. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, Velasquez and, and, and all that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, yeah. Uh, anyway, they have a reputation of getting hurt before their fight, so he tried to like pull it down. And then when he fought Silva, I don't know if it was physical or mental, but he's like, I haven't put in the work. I haven't put in the reps. He didn't feel prepared against Silva. So this time he's like, I'm just going back to the way that I like to do it. I like to bust my ass before fights because that makes me feel like I put in the work that it takes to, to win a fight. And he got hurt. So those guys are with Kyle. Reps, reps, reps. Other people have a different philosophy. I don't know. Well, I tell you, if you want to put guys who like don't seem like they they got gas, if you really wanted to put like Connor in that fight, I would have loved to have seen like TJ Dillashaw from Dillashaw Brow two against uh, Connor McGregor on any one of his fights. I just like I think that fight would have been would have been great. I mean, great. You're looking at different weight. Uh, sure. You know. Oh no, they're, different they're weights both one forty five. No, he's well, 135, I mean, depending on, what am I saying? Yeah, 135, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, it, I mean, again, it, it, I just mean, like, that was just, like, a good example of somebody who did not even remotely look gassed, mm-hmm. and he was moving the entire time. The it, entire he's time. He's elusive. Yeah, I'd love to see Connor fight uh, either Dominic or Dillashaw at 145, because, you know, Connor has a crazy knack for hitting people, and these guys have a crazy knack for not getting hit. Let's give it a go. Man, his timing was so good, so good. I know, it, it just makes watch, it look right? like it was like, luck. But you, Dominic because, because Cruz's so many timing UFC is just fights, as good. There's something really satisfying about about watching the combos land. It's like in Call of Duty when you're shooting somebody and you get that hit marker response. Yeah. How satisfying that feel and sound is. It's like that when you've got an accurate striker. Um, uh, Win, um, what's his name? Ben Win gives mm-hmm. me that when I'm watching Ben Win fight. And he's throwing these really weird punches that come, seem to come from all kinds of angles. And you could hear him smacking the guy's fucking face. These aren't glancing blows. It's plop, 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 plop. Three, three punch combos that just all land. You don't see that a lot in the UFC. There's lots of glancing blows and these awkward fists that land kind of like flat and stuff like that. But when someone's a great striker, it's really entertaining to watch them work. You know who's coming back that I know you'd love? The Korean Zombie. I don't remember his real name. It's, it's a hard name to remember. This guy does two things. One, he never quits. He never, ever quits. When he fought Jose Aldo, um, his shoulder came out of socket, right? So it's obviously, like, fucked looking or whatever. And he's, like, throwing one-arm punches and trying to get it back in his championship fight. Then he does. And Jose Aldo broke his foot, same fight. Neither of them stopped fighting. They did, one yeah. guy fought with a dislocated shoulder. The other guy fought with a broken foot. And on it went. The other thing, Korean Zombie hits submissions from, like, these weird places. Like, I don't know, you're bended over turtle position. He just, like, triangles you the wrong way or something. It, it's neat to see. Like, submissions that, like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess that is a thing. I, I didn't even know. Yet, there it is. It looks awful. So, <laughs> what are some rule changes that was, you think would be good? Because I've been thinking, I, I would, I would take, uh, I would take elbows completely out of the mix. I don't like elbows. Mm. They just cut people, make them bleed oh, out, blind them, and stuff. I would I take elbows. elbows out. I would, especially mm. the elbows that are meant to cut. Um, and, and it's not about that twelve to six thing. I, I found mm. out maybe we were talking about it. The reason the twelve to six elbow is banned is because someone from the Nevada Athletic Commission watched those videos of guys breaking like a bunch of ice blocks with a down with a twelve to six elbow. So it's complete bullshit. I would allow 
kicks to the head on down down opponents though because they've had it in plenty of other fighting uh, organizations with no injuries and what's the difference between that and a head kick where you're where you get kicked in the head and then your your brain falls six feet to the mat like no you wouldn't have elbows but you'd let people get fucking kicked in the face with a shin yes because all that happens is boom you're knocked the fuck out whereas those elbows you get your your eyebrow laid over onto your eyelid skin deep in the other but if they're on the ground you can if you're on the ground you can just tee up that head like it's an actual golf ball and just swing for the fences. That's how you know. Yeah, who you won. look at like the Russian bear fight, uh, Russian bear Tektorov fighting um, Dan Severin, and just the knees that were going to the head and like no knees though. I'm his taking knees out. It's like knees eyeballs so like don't coming like out of his socket. Changes. I, I I like the elbows the way they are. I'm kind of glad there's no kicks to the head, or, or I, I would even be okay with like some kicks to the head, but not soccer kicks. What about stomps to the head? See, Ooh. like I don't know about stomps. I need to think that through. But like like for example, I, like no a, no a, of course no stomps. A what knee about to the head. Okay, now here's a, here's a change I would make. The gloves, right? The gloves are very flat. And they keep your fingers straight unless you bend them. I'd like to see gloves with a natural curve in them. So you have to kind of work to straighten your fingers. And that way, a guy like John Jones, instead of doing this all the time, might be doing this. And I'd like to see that. I, um, or I was he would just go like this. Today. He could. Here, let me show you. Bellator just changed their gloves. Here's what they need to use. This, uh, they need to take this stuff right here. And every fighter pre-fight should have their their fingers coated with this stuff that that rubbery shit that they put on tools so you get a good grip and it's soft like the stuff they put on like a baby's spoon they 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 should have something on the tips of their fingers that doesn't mess with their grip they need to grapple and if they can't open their hands all the way then they're not effect, as effective as that it's it's, it's going to be bad for grapplers and Here. not as good for strikers but eye pokes are bullshit check this out look how bellator just changed their gloves and think about what that would do to eye pokes Hmm. I, I need to see a fist in it, though. Hmm. I can't because I, I need to see the fingers and how far they extended out, out of it. it. It's just the curve. I, I, a fist would be ideal, but those oh, I see the come... difference now. I see the difference. Yes, you're right. That's that's much better. Yeah. So the the new glove you know, being on the left, everyone can see. Uh, I feel like that change would reduce eye pokes a lot because instead of flattening the guy's hand out, it puts it in a mostly fist, and it shouldn't hurt grappling at all. So th- I hate eye pokes. That's the change I'd make. Who was that guy? He's got he's got a really difficult to pronounce and remember name. The guy who wouldn't let um, release submissions. Oh, his name is. It sounds something very close to Paul Harris. Paul. No, I'm afraid not. Um. It, it, it's, it's a difficult <laughs> name. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> I remember, tra- like, I, I, I saw his name and I was like, let's uh, let's put this to memory. And, and then I was like, wow, that's a difficult name to even spell. It was like Ricardo or Ricardo, something difficult. It's um, Rosamir Paul Harris. Rosamir, yeah, it's fucking. So that, you were pretty close. Actually. That yeah. guy's a scumbag. Yeah, I, I, that guy is such a fucking scumbag. Oh, Rusamar Palhares, where's he from? Like Brazil? I don't know. On the forums, because his name is so difficult, they call him Paul Harris. P A U L H A R R I S. That's like his forum nickname. That is a little pet peeve of mine because the only sports forum that I go to is uh, the hockey Reddit, mm-hmm. and Ooh, it's, it's pretty good. You know, they have the the game day <laughs> threads where you can go in and check in when people are saying they always get like the gifts up faster than everybody else. Except they put it on they they just link to Twitter because a lot of them are lazy 
internet point whores, which is so fucking annoying. <laughs> but I get so uh, I know a lot about hockey, a lot. I really follow it. I enjoy it. Like when someone says a name, it's very rare that if they've been in the NHL for more than a year, I'm like, huh, I've never heard of that person. But I fucking hate every time I go into a thread and it's a bunch of people using just obscure, stupid fucking nicknames for all the players. The worst offender far and away is the Chicago Blackhawks with Artemi Panarin. A Russian guy. His last name is Panarin, so they call him the Bread Man, which makes my, <laughs> my fucking. That's not even mind. helpful. It makes my teeth hurt. It's so uncomfortable and cringy. The and Bread bad. Man. It's horrible. And like, I wish I, he would do. I wish everything. Every time he got a goal, he'd do this like miming thing of opening the oven and putting the bread in and <laughs> watching his watching his watch and then. <sighs> It's ready! <laughs> the bread man is here! If he was not Russian, he might have some fun with it, but they don't do that stuff. But, man, it's just, that one I don't mind as much, because I immediately go, okay, bread man, ugh, stupid. But I know that means Artemi Panarin. The worst is when it's like, I'm looking at like a Vancouver Canucks versus Calgary Flames thread, or versus Philadelphia Flyers thread, and they use just ridiculous nicknames, like, oh, that's a... You know, fucking Old Man River, great goal from Old Man River tonight. And it's like, who the fuck are you talking about? How are we supposed to have a conducive conversation if you don't actually say, oh, no, this is actually like we call him Old Man River because we're the fucking Carolina Hurricanes and we're crazy with our nicknames and we just like to have fun. It's like, well, I can't respond to you. I can't have a conversation with you if you don't write these people's fucking names down because then there, I, there was one time, oh, man, this actually upsets me because I'm <laughs> that I was going through a thread. And I was trying to figure out, like, I couldn't see from the clip the name of the player. And I didn't know the number. And the whole thing, it was like a guy getting hit. I knew the guy who was hitting, didn't know the guy getting hit. And the entire thread was just looks like, uh, looks like Dr. Mesh, you know, got his clock cleaned on this one. And it's like, I kept scrolling and it's like, there's 200 comments here. And not a single one of these assholes has written down this fucker's name. <laughs> Nobody has said, Dr. oh, Mesh. Logan Couture really got lit up here. No, it's, oh, you know, um, you know, the, the, the revenge monster, whatever the fuck, you know, uh, stupid, stupid nonsense. And it, oh, it upsets me. Uh, was, it, was it a newscast? Oh, I mean, or, or like a sports cast? Or was it on no, TV that you were? No, no, no. It's on, oh, it's on, oh it. no. Uh, okay. Reddit on the forum, they do a very okay. bad job of of continuing. That's Reddit the though, in some ways, because I mean, you know, if you're not in on the joke of a particular subreddit, you can really get left behind. Like, like, I mean, take Trebuchet memes for an example. Oh yeah. So I just want to read about hockey. Well, I don't you better have to, get like, more plugged What's Crosby's into the nickname? You're a real hockey. What's player. Crosby's nickname? Please tell me it's like the sissy Chris boy, Kringle. pussy man, uh, great kitty cat. Mm -hmm. what, what 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 is his name? The professor. I think it's a uh, Sydney, a goal per game, Crosby. Oh fuck so you! This oh my God, suck a dick! <laughs> That's a terrible name for Sydney Speaking Crosby. With, uh, Flyers won an OT tonight. Yeah, three to two. Didn't Blues I choose won. the Blackhawks to win their division preseason? You did, yeah. How was that prediction going so far? Didn't um, you call them the Blackfoots last <laughs> time or something? The Blackfeet. Black I picture their feet Proud black, feet. sooty, and filthy yeah. like a child who's been in a grocery store barefoot all day. <laughs> and every time they win, I just imagine them like, like, like squeak, like, like just rubbing that foot in the, in the, like the, the, the wet, goopy, drooly face of their opponents. Just, just really stomping them good and making them sooty with their black feet. <laughs> the Hawks are doing well right now. Uh, Blues are on a pretty good streak. Uh, they won tonight with a nice hat trick from Tarasenko. Sweet tea. 
Oh. Is everybody? All, dude, St. Louis is on fire. Are they still on a win streak? Or did they lose uh, one I yet? think they've won seven of their last eight. That's think. incredible. Yeah, so they're doing, they're 14, seven and three now. Um, so yeah, they're on, they're on a pretty good streak right now. The only thing that's kind of troublesome is tonight we had to win five to four because it seems like every time we got a lead, our goalie gave up a soft one, which is kind of disconcerting. Oh, I know what, did you see that high school game? I didn't see it, but I saw about it. His team won 12 to zero, but it wasn't just the goal scoring. He had 98 saves. I saw that. I that's remarkable. Like if you don't know anything about hockey, if you have to stop thirty-eight shots, forty shots in the game, it's like big. wow. He could have said thirty-two, big. and that's a good amount. You know that the most shots I've ever had to face in a game of hockey was I think it was seventy-six. And it was I gotta when, say that's high school athletics for you though. You know sometimes you get like you see it in football a lot. Sometimes there are, there are high school football teams that that would beat a small state college almost. One hundred and twenty-eight like, to three. But the, if, yeah. if his team got twelve goals, why were like? Did they not play defense at all? Did they just send five men deep well and let up? Like, because if I get twelve goals, I assume I'm possessing the puck a lot. We're spending a lot of time in your zone. How do I get twelve goals and my goalie has ninety eight saves? The only way that can happen is if your offense is if you don't have defensemen. No, you, you decide to ice five forwards in your goalie. Yes, the five forwards move up the ice flawlessly twelve times, <laughs> score. And then immediately skate back to the bench for a three-minute juice box and orange slice <laughs> treat. And then they skate back out onto the ice after the goalie's been down there like, oh, Jesus Christ, come on! Like, I don't know how... Think about that. There are there are 60 minutes in a hockey game. And he faced three hours this, worth no, no, of shots. This is high school, so there's 45 minutes in it, I think. That's two shots a minute. For the entire game. They must have had They're five forwards and no defensemen. Not time, even up right? at, like, to have 98 shots against you, it seems like the entire game would have had to have been spent in your defensive zone. Yet they got 12 goals, which, if you don't know hockey at all, that's a tremendous amount of goals. And it, it, it's, how did they score four times as many goals as you might expect in a hockey game, yet give up four times as many shots as you might expect in a hockey game? It, that is, that's like a math problem. That is baffling. <laughs> can't imagine a way that would happen like that, that well, I, you look I at the box score and figure it out goals. like how many attempts were there how many so they scored 12 goals how many shots did they take to to accumulate 12 goals that would tell know. you something i mean it had to be a lot of shots they, unless their goalie the is just terrible and, and you know how the goals were spaced out throughout the game actually and the only way this, could, maybe they had to dress somebody else who doesn't usually play goalie <laughs> I don't know. High school athletics can be so one-sided. Yeah. You know, it can our football team used to get our shit pushed in. Like it would just be embarrassing. Like I, I would ask my friends who were on the team. I was like, "Let me. Do you? Aren't you? Aren't you a little scared to go?" And they're like, "Yeah, a little bit. They're big. <laughs> they're bigger than us. They're bigger than anybody what, else." What play. county were you guys in? Franklin. Um, the uh, okay. The Berkeley. I was in Walker, so we we, we travel down towards the uh, Atlanta metro-ish areas sometime, like Murray County and stuff like that. But the, uh, the there's um, a football team here, like the, I think if I'm not mistaken, the best high school football team in our area is Berkeley, which is the county uh, directly next to Ferguson. And every once in a while, like I'd have friends like back when I was in high school and I'd go to their games or hang out at the games and watch and be like, oh yeah, we're playing, you know, our school's playing Berkeley tonight. Gonna be rough. And it would be like a small private school against this enormous public school with so many people. I think it's pretty big public school. And they would just, it was like watching 
a D3 college team play against high schoolers. Dude, LeBron James, when he was in high school, do you remember the birth certificate controversy? (laughs) People were asking for LeBron James' birth certificate in his uh, his senior year. He was dunking on people from the the free throw line. He was so in high good school. at basketball. We don't believe you're yeah. a kid. We had You're a swimmer like yeah. that. He he wasn't LeBron James by any stretch, but he was like six four at twelve years old, and uh, there was a an age bracket that ended at twelve. And they're just like, what the? Like he's obviously eighteen. He's six foot four. Yeah, but he, he wasn't. <laughs> oh, by the way, we've been wrong this whole time about this hockey game. Uh, he blocked ninety eight shots and let twelve in. So ah, he was getting that makes peppered. More sense. He was getting peppered all game long. If he gave up twelve goals and made ninety-eight blocks, or, it's or, not a good save percentage. Yeah, and he's. Yeah. It, it turns out he's like, yeah, I always face a lot of shots. He routinely makes 40, 50, 60, and sometimes seventy stops a game. His four. I was about but, to give that guy credit. That, because that like, guy's got good cardio. When, <laughs> when I faced seventy-six shots and I was like sixteen or seventeen or whatever, it wasn't a high school game, so they were actually better quality shots. But mm-hmm. I had better team in front of me, so evens out. I let like five in, and at the end of it, I was like, it was the only time ever. I'm like, Whew, five goals, not too bad, you know, <laughs> like uh, pretty good. Did but, you guys lose, man? Uh, oh yeah, we ended up losing because they like their team. It was one of those things where our coach, I must have been 15 or 16, yeah, mm-hmm. 15, I guess, because I, I had to be driven out there. Our coach was like, well, we need to get some ice time. So I know you guys are in this league, but uh, there's a team that's like two leagues above us and maybe a little older, but I think it would be some good experience. It's like, okay, well, let's go just get our shit pushed in. You know, this is going to be a useless endeavor. Just like when we played, uh, when we were 14, or when we were 12 and 13, we played the 18 and under, like, girls team. (laughs) Oh, okay. I didn't see that coming. uh, We, it it was a bloodbath. Did Did you crush them? In what direction? We crushed them. Really? And uh, you I could guess even, so. Know, we, yeah, yeah. We were probably 13 or 14 because that's when hitting comes around, but you're not allowed to hit girls. And so all of the, like, I, I, I was watching the players on my team. It wasn't a concern for me because I'm a goalie, but I was watching them, like, go up to, like, square up for a hit and then be like, oh, shit, 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 shit. Like, I forgot <laughs> about it. Like, I'm not, like, because you just see that long hair and you're like, oh, okay. Dude, as a Yeah, girl, that's yeah. the other thing. They're in hockey gear. You could easily forget muscle memory takes over and you just fucking deck the chick. As a <laughs> girl, that must be frightening, too. Like, I, I played no check. Almost all no, my games were no check. <laughs> if some checker were to come right up to me and just be like, Hurt! and like, I, that would frighten me. That might knock me off my we game. We were watching today. It was it was NHL players mic'd up and maybe some beer leaguers too. It was really fun to hear because you have no idea what they're saying down there, right? It's remarkable how polite they are. Like He'll be like, oh, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? You do that? You did this and that? And then you pinched me. You what, what kind of man are you? You pinched me. He's like, it's all I had. <laughs> <laughs> it's such and an I honest conversation the... between these pro athletes. He, they they got to be like, that's bullshit. You stop fucking hitting me. How would you like it if I hit you like that? And he's like, he's like, we all got jobs out here to do. You know, we all got our job. He's like, well, do your job and stop hitting me. Hitting you's my job. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, I like, like just then. how how like because you don't you imagine it like when you're watching it you. You always imagine that they're both pretty furious, but then yeah. when you get them mic'd up, like they're squaring up on the face-off, and it's literally most of the time just be like, "Hey, you want to go away?" Yeah. Yeah, all right. And then they just both oh, look at each well, other and 
throw all their stuff down immediately and then start fighting. Like just like overhear it and he'll, and he'll like skate out to be like why he's like all right yeah let's go let's go and then the fight will be over they'll hit the ground they're on top of each other the ref comes over good fight boys good fight come on now up and at him let's go <laughs> and the players always tell each other hey good fight eh good fight uh, good eh? one yeah yeah you got a couple of good ones there. They like, went down early in one of them, and he, he's like, that's not good. The ref was like, come on, boys. That wasn't much of a fight. Get get back up. Come on now. Like, he he did. Yeah, there's one where they're, like, they're, one of the guys clearly, I think the guy who dished the hit out wasn't paying attention, I guess, that a guy who was bigger than him and willing to fight was on the ice. And so they get in that fight, and the guy was kind of like trying to you know, do the pull-in really close, and then kind of like the, the disoriented, just the please don't hit me kind of fight. Like, that guy's too big for you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and then the ref's just like, hey, boys, come on. Let's get a real fight in. Come on, let's get this finished, you know? Like, like he was telling them, step up, get each other, get it done. Dude, so I'm playing ice hockey, and it's early in my ice hockey career. I'm not very good. I'm not even that great a skater at this point. And, uh, but I'm, like, next to a guy, and it's a playoff game, and this guy's smaller than me, but he's, like, really scrappy, and he's missing teeth and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> but he's smaller than me, so I'm feeling, like, kind of feeling my oats, and, and it's on the face-off circle, and we're both, like, I guess trying to have our stick closer to where the face-off is. It's not even that important. But the fact is that my stick was where I wanted it, and then he moved it and put his stick there. So I'm like, well, I won't fucking be pushed around. So I move it in his hit. And then, like, so all of a sudden, now we're, like, shouldering each other and, like, waiting for it to start. And he offers to fight me. He's like, you want to fight? Let's fucking go. And it ruined me. It ruined me. I was terrible. Like, uh, uh, like, what? I, I really thought I was the tougher guy until he wanted to fight. And, and now I'm looking at him and I'm like, fuck, this, like toothless scrappy bastard might kick my ass and uh and he wants to fight and i'm like no no i'm good i'm just gonna play hockey and uh and then like off the face off he kind of like i don't know cut me off or put a shoulder into me and did what he intended to do and it was like well fuck can't have this happen all the time one of the one of the (laughs) best fights on there like i guess what had happened was the the goalie's uh uh water bottle fell off and then, or maybe the ref knocked it off accidentally, but then the opposing player like flicked it or something, and it was a whole meltdown. Oh, He's yeah. like, "It's just a fucking water <laughs> bottle." He's like, "Yeah, but it's our fucking water <laughs> bottle. You don't touch it. Don't you touch it?" Like, it just, really, I think they fought over that water bottle. Like it was. Taylor, well, do you know I'll, I'll buy you a new water bottle, eh? You know, I'll <laughs> buy you a new one. Yeah, you will. You will buy me a new water bottle. You. You will. You don't, you're not buying us a new one. That's our water bottle. You stop touching it. You're not going <laughs> to shoot it if it's on the ground sliding around out there. But uh, here's a good one, too. It's called 14 Minutes of Pissed Off Goalies. We can't watch that. And it's 14 just, minutes no, 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 we're not. No, no. This is this is one for, for you guys after the show, if you yeah, wanted yeah. to. Mm. But it, it's just another funny one. That's what I like. Man, I've watched I it before. Hockey. It's half uh, half Flyers goalies. Just fucking Hextall yeah, and Snow. and Hextall and, and um, uh, Patrick Waugh. Oh. Just freaking out. Dude. Did you see this meme I linked? Let's see what we got here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a picture of Donald Trump and Mitt Romney sitting in that very uncomfortable position. It says, go ahead, tell them your name. And it zooms in on Mitt Romney and says, my name is Reek. <laughs> looking at the face of like, I don't know if this is real or if I'm in uh, store for a big humiliation. Like, and then Trump is over there giving the most devious smile. <laughs> Trump's smile in the background is so great. I hope part of me hopes that Trump is is rolling Romney out to humiliate him publicly, to just be like. 
to, 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 to just give him a, you know what, he didn't really have, he couldn't really hack it. You know, I, I gave him due consideration, but he really doesn't have what it takes to play with the big boys. That's why I went with insert other choice. Like, maybe he just wants to roll him out, make him apologize publicly even, and then humiliate him for all Romney did. Or maybe he just wants him on his team. It's hard to say here, but that smile on Donald's face is so entertaining that he's made politics so entertaining in general this is going to that be is the face of, of a of a seven-year-old who just got exactly what he wanted for christmas yeah it is <laughs> oh my god moon boots i can't believe it i was i never went from such a high to a low than when i received moon boots <laughs> when i was like seven or eight years old because like you watch the commercial and these kids are fucking flying like you guys don't remember i think they don't sell them anymore because a lot of kids broke their ankles there's but it was just shoes, a, right? a trampoline with a big hollow, like a big plastic cutout around it, and it was basically that you, you jump off of this trampoline that sunk down and hit the floor, kind of, and you used it as like a, it was like a little slingshot for your foot, like bouncing <laughs> you, and it did not work at all. What exactly what happened is you took one bounce on one foot and realized, oh, this isn't even enough to get me off the ground. Well, I'll try and do, <laughs> and then you jump up with both feet and you come down, but the 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 elastic, the the, the shocks just bottom out. Don't go straight down. They go like, like all <laughs> eat shit, and you're like, my god, really bad. So, so wait, these are shoes with little springs that you're like that form platforms. I need to look these this were up. All the rage. Have, I, the, the Nike uh, mags or whatever, the ones that that auto lace, those are pretty fucking cool, man. I think they're like seven or eight hundred dollars though. Hmm. If you can find them, I think they're selling right. for way more than that. I, I think they, I think that was like the suggested price, but they're in like super limited quantity. Yeah. Really fucking cool. Like I, I didn't know what they did until I watched a video, and I, I don't even understand how the technology works. But it's got some sort of uh, engine in there that's tightening these shoes up around your feet, man. It, it looks pretty nifty. But I mean, what am I gonna do the first time I get those shoes muddy? <laughs> like, like, this is gonna feel so bad if I get some like thousand dollar shoes muddy. I don't, I don't think so. Oh, this is exactly it. This is exactly what I got. Colin got even the terrible. Yep, I had those. Yes, the purple and green. Yep, Dude, Nickelodeon. They Colin were got these, and he kicked ass on them. He fucking loved these things. He would bounce around, and they worked for him. He had a knack. I tried it on my own feet. Maybe um, it's because he, he weighs less. He probably was the right weight when he got them, whatever that yeah. was. It was a few years ago. It was uh, I must have been too big of an eight-year-old. It could have been. Yeah, well, would I, be because that's about when you yeah, hit yeah, puberty. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. <laughs> yeah, he was shaving at that point, fucking Taylor. <laughs> but uh, yeah, when Colin got those, he had his father's genes. He won't hit puberty until he's twenty-seven, and yeah. uh, <laughs> so you've got a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, so those boots fit him fine. Uh, you guys want to call that show? Yeah, I think that works. Got, uh, I think you got all my ad reads out there for everyone. Be sure to check out Stance Socks, our brand new sponsor. Me Undies, ZipRecruiter, Lyft, and Casper—all wonderful, wonderful services and/or products, and uh, we use them all and love them. Richard, is there anything that you would like to tell it, tell the people about? Somewhere to direct them so they can check out your many wonderful videos or, or other services? Yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, worse. I, I like gifted I, 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 I hate. I hate. I hate. Plug in myself and everything. I just like name. I. I really appreciate you guys inviting me on. Like I like every time you guys reach out, and I'm like, oh, really? You guys have so many cool guests. Like every time, I, like I, I'm in the lineup, I'm like, look at this month, how stacked the list of people are on PKA, <laughs> and then oh, there's Richard Ryan. <laughs> okay, oh, we love go it. hit him. I like having you on. Man. 
Well, I appreciate it because it's, it's like like because uh, Woody followed me on Twitter. And, I did, I and still so do. like I get I get all of these people like constantly hit me up, and be like, "Hey, why is why is Woody following you?" Did you adopt yeah. T Mart? What is this? <laughs> yeah, would you would you do with T Martin's mom? T Martin's like, mom I... left Twitter during that um, CS:GO Lotto controversy. She just yeah. she closed Uh-oh. her account. So he, he, you needed a new one person to follow, and yeah. Richard Ryan drew, drew the correct lot. <laughs> I, I feel honored. I appreciate you, I appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, so, yeah, anytime, man. It's always fun. Okay, PKA episode three eleven.